Hello and welcome to a very, very, very special edition of Neither the Time Nor the Space. My name is Matt and there's no David with me as per usual when we've been putting together these compilations of the A to Z. This one, of course, being the biggest. This is the full A to Z, ladies and gentlemen, running from the beginning of the year, I can't remember the exact episode number, to Sunday... Well, it's Sunday the 17th of July today. It's probably a week or so before this. Full compilation. I think uh, last time I checked, it's about five and a half hours long. I'm going to put in, at some point, a little edit point where people who are listening to this full thing will get the opportunity to enter a very special prize draw. So I'm not going to tell you more about that. This is your challenge to listen to the entire thing it could be right at the beginning it could be right at the end and when i drop back in with a question for you all just send us a quick message on twitter or email with your answer so without much further ado here it is i know some of you have waited nearly well not nearly all year because we finished it halfway through but you've waited six months or so for this ladies and gentlemen here it is the complete definitive a to Z of Doctor Who. Um, what was your suggestion then, Matt? Right, well, back over the last 12 months, David, whenever I write my notes, I have a set format. Yes. Um, I don't know how often you've actually seen my notes, but... Often enough. Title of the episode in the middle. Yeah. Episode number and series number beneath it. Date of release beneath that. Top right of the page is where I put the writer and director. But then top left of the page is where I have my little tick list right. for the pod. So, for example, I've got one here that says MOTW. Mm -hmm. That's the initials of Meal of the Week. WBQ, Wheelie Big Quiz. You know, so I would write initials. Yeah. Although here it says Fox. I don't know what that stands for. <laughs> oh, it's because I told you about that Fox that my mother-in-law oh. gave us. Yeah. Right? But, like, for example, here it says M-O-T-W, Soup. That's when Soup was my meal of the week. Yes. So I'm going to read you the new initials to see if you can work this out. Okay. N-T-T-N-T-S-A-T-Z-O-D-W. Okay, so the first part is neither the time nor the space. Yep. Unfortunately, I, I do recognise the initials of our own podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so what was after that? A-T-Z-O-D-W. At the zoo on... Dinosaur wings. Right. Well, I thought this year, David... We would put to together the comprehensive neither the time nor the space A to Z of Doctor Who. Ah. Okay. Why did I get so, DW will be Doctor Who? <laughs> it's only been three years, mate. So, I thought we could maybe start this next week because that okay. gives you a bit of time to gather your thoughts. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because I thought it's focused, it's Doctor Who. Yeah. It's got a bit of longevity, because we can do every letter of the alphabet, but it's, you know, finite. We're not going to be doing this forever. Yeah. Okay. 
And each week, so next week we'll start with A, obviously. Yeah. And I just want you to tell me your favourite thing about Doctor Who, starting with A. Oh, I'll have to have a really big think about that, Matt. David, his, his surname starts with A as well. It's Anthony Ainley. He's <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. You really are smitten, aren't you, Matt? David, I've got a picture of him on my phone that I just look at sometimes. <laughs> Is your wife aware of this? Uh, no, because I've got, you know, I've got, like, nice pictures of me and my wife and, <laughs> you know, different things. But then... Yeah, just like a nice picture of Anthony Angley. Mm. Have you? Do you do that? Do you do that thing of uh, that some couples do of like you know, um, you where you have certain celebrities on a list of, um, like a sort. I, I forget what what's the term. There's a term for it, isn't there? That people. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Where, is she aware? You know, you're, and you're allowed extra marital relationships. Yes, exactly. A list of set celebrities. Yeah. And so, one, do you do that? And uh, two, if you do, is she aware that Anthony Ainley has shot to the top of your list? I don't know. She doesn't really, like, listen to me when I tell her <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> You know, she'll she'll occasionally ask me, like, what's for lunch, and I'll tell her. But then when I'm like, oh, have you checked this guy out? He played the master, and mm. I just think he's beautiful. And she'll just be like, uh, have you got anything on after work today? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. No, like, this is just one aspect of my life I don't think she has any interest in. But That's fair enough. It's a perfectly reasonable response. My partner's much the same. Yeah. Yeah, but at least we've got each other, hey? Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, like I say, just every week, we'll just prepare maybe like a five. Because I'm sure yours will be things that I'm probably unaware of. Potentially. You know, like if we go for A, you might go, oh, this is uh, Adam John, and he was the director mm. in 1962, blah 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I have two on my list. Anthony Ainley <laughs> and Amy Pond. I couldn't think of anything else. I mean, I'm surprised you're not thinking about Absorbaloff. Oh, yeah. I'll just add that. There's three on the list. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought week by week, because then it gives us little talking points. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's a dry week, if I haven't fallen down the stairs or anything, and then we'll just have a little topic of chat. Yeah, lovely. Looking forward to it. Um, so that'll start. You say that week. now. You used to say that about meal of the week. Then you told it outstayed its welcome. I mean, you were clambering did. for the end of. Would I lie to who? Uh, um, well, but, but as you say, this is finite. Yeah, we get from A to Z, and we're done. So that's. I don't know nice. exactly when twenty-six weeks away is. Will it lead us all the way up to Wheelie Big Quiz? I doubt it. Uh, probably not all the way, but a good good chunk of the way. I think it'll, it'll certainly see us through the remainder of our Whitaker era reviews. Uh, it will be... Uh, 26th. It'll be the 9th of July. Mm. For some reason, it said that will be the 8th of January, 2022. <laughs> I was like, that is a year away. That's miles away. 
And then I was like, oh, that's today. <laughs> it is. It was like, I, I listened back when I was editing last week and I was like, oh, it's 2020 this episode came out. We're within a year. And I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's not how that goes. Like, yeah. But anyway, no. we've got exi- we've got exciting new segments. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do. Doctor Who related ones, you know. Yeah. I can't complain too much. Uh, which one are we going for first this week? Ooh. We haven't established an order like we had last week. Like we last haven't. Year, sorry, we haven't. Um, should we do the Should we do the alphabet one? Because I've, I've I've it's been nice. I've done a bit of actual thinking about this all through the week. Um, so does it have an official title? This segment. Uh, it's the neither the time nor the space definitive A to Z of Doctor Who. Oh, excellent! Just I mean, rolls I, off the tongue, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And uh, presumably, this is going to be our first Christmas tie-in book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, David. Yes, hello. I I was worried that I was going to overlook an obvious choice for A mm. for this week, right? So I did put a message out on Twitter saying, what would other people say? Do you want to hear it? I mean, it's technically a different segment. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. No! No! Never, (laughs) David! We got loads of responses. You're weakening. Uh, I am. I am. I should hold my nerve. Yeah. Stand firm against them. Okay, um, so Matt, what would be your pick for the letter A then? Right. Well, I actually the wrote, entire um, history of Doctor Who to 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 get through here. Yeah, I actually wrote a little list of ones. Right. So, okay. So my initial reaction was Amy Pond. Oh yeah, good choice. Good choice. That that was an era of the show that I really enjoyed. You know, I, Would you I, say I, that's that it has been peak Doctor Who for you? The, the Ponds yeah, and probably, probably, yeah, yeah. It was just when it was really fun. Like Capaldi's yeah. was really good, but was it always fun? Like that's there was sometimes when it was really, really tense and yeah, you know. I uh, have been watching some reaction videos of I, I it's a it's a terrible habit but I, I watch too far too many Doctor Who reaction videos on on the old YouTubes and uh one of the reactors I've I've been watching I've, I've gotten got up to the point where they're, where, where they're on series five and I, I know exactly what you mean there is just a, a, a joyousness to that series in particular that is yeah. kind of hard to beat yeah um other options I went for. Mm-hmm. Arachnids in the UK. That all-time classic. Yeah, where the Doctor just goes a bit non-Doctory for a bit. Yeah. There's an yeah. entire species. Yeah, uh, it doesn't sit well, does it? I went for Aztecs, which I know we haven't watched, but people seem to harp on about it quite a lot. It's quite, quite, uh, quite a highly esteemed early Hartnell story. It's one I would like us to do one day if we get the opportunity. Uh, I went for Absorbaloff. Yes, also on my short list. Yeah. Because you can't not. Favourite of the pod, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So much so you named your only son after him. Indeed, indeed. Okay. Uh, I then went for 
Anthony Ainley. You know I love him. Yeah. Yeah. He's beautiful. You're partial to a bit of the Ainley. Yeah. What did yeah. you think of my little trailer that I made for this week's show where I did a deep fake on Anthony Ainley? Haunting. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Deep, deeply upsetting, Matt. Uh, you do need to stop doing that. Right. Uh, I also did a Patrick Troughton one. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then my final choice, David, my selection for this week's A to Z. I'm going to go for the Autons. Oh, excellent choice, Matt. It was also on my shortlist, the Autons. Um, yeah. I'm just you turning wanna, to it. Ex- Show you working. Yeah, I'm just turning to a new page because I'm going to write down week by week what we went for. Oh, excellent. Uh, so I'll just put my name there and uh, your name. It is David, isn't it? It is David, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or vitamin D to your friends. Yes, as we established last week. Right, so I went for the Autons. Yeah. So obviously, like, that's where this project began. If you go yes. all the way back to Rose, like the very first villain I saw the Doctor yeah. come into conflict with was the Autons. Yeah. Uh, likewise, when we watched Spearhead from Space, that's probably been my favourite classic story that isn't, you know, like a big regeneration or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a... I know it's a first story for Pertwee's Doctor, but yeah, just a good fun. And I, I yeah. want... I wouldn't put them at the top. If we were doing one of those absolute douchebag YouTube-like tier rankings, I wouldn't uh-huh. put them in the god tier. Uh-huh. Like, But, you know, as an enemy, they're not really like that standout, are they? But I've liked every story I've seen of them. And like I say, it, in terms of my own Doctor Who journey, if you will, mm-hmm. they've been pretty important. Absolutely, and for a lot of people, because at the end of the day, they kick-started two really significant eras of Doctor Who. Yeah. You know, the the, the, the 2005 revival, and also the first time the Doctor Who was broadcast in colour. Yeah. You know, brand and... new Doctor. It, it, they, they, it, and I don't... It's, it's not a coincidence that RTD chose the Autons to kick-start his vision of Doctor Who. Um, you know, they for for a villain that has only featured as like the the primary antagonist in three stories, they are very they are iconic. They are very Doctor Whoy. Yeah, you know? and it it's not to say that they're not scary. You know, I if anything, I found the old ones a bit scarier than new ones because the oh, uh, yeah, definitely. the costumes were a bit crap. But yeah. like. Yeah, no, uh, every, every time I've seen them. What's the other story they're in that we haven't seen? Terror of the Autons. Who, who, which Doctor's that? That's another Pertwee. Ah, right, well, maybe when we get back round to him. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I, th- I think there's a very high chance we might do Terror of the Autons next for Pertwee. Um, yeah, I, I, like I say, so my first induction is going to be the Autons. Now, before we get to your induction, David... Yes. Were there any on your shortlist that I missed that you think deserve a mention? The the ones that... The ones on the shortlist that um, 
I had were largely the same as yours, actually. I had Anthony Ainley, I had uh, Absorbaloth, I had the Autons. Uh, I also had the Axons, who are a personal favourite one-off villain that I would love to see make a comeback for the new series. We, we haven't seen them in classic, have we? We haven't seen I, I recognise their name, but I can't. No. Yeah. Uh, Claws of Axos was on my shortlist for last time we did Pertwee, but we ultimately went with Spearhead, which was probably the right choice. I don't think there are many people who love Claws of Axos quite as much as I do, mm-hmm. but um, I really, I'm very, very fond of that story. Um, so ultimately, I didn't go for any of those, though. I went with the one that really started it all. An Unearthly Child. Oh, okay. The very first... uh, I mean, depending on if you want to split hairs, first episode or first story. uh, Some people, you know, sometimes there's this bickering about that sort of thing because this was in the days when each individual segment of a story had its own title. Um, But anyway, I mean, that first episode alone is, I think... It, it it's it truly stands the test of time as a magnificent piece of televisual storing to, storytelling of that era um and is a key reason that doctor who managed to establish any longevity and i think also as if i'm allowed a little bonus mention uh, it's another a thing an adventure in space and time the uh, Mark Gatiss 50th anniversary um, docudrama, the way it gently mythologizes the making of that episode of television, I think is really, really well done and has only added to the already high esteem in which that particular episode is, is uh, held amongst fandom, you know, I think the story, this, the sort of pioneering spirit, which, um, which drove that, you know, the creation of Doctor Who, is very much embodied in that first episode. Um, so there's something kind of magical about it. I, I, and I, you know, I, 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 I'm denied about some of the other things, but ultimately, I think it that's got to be it, hasn't it? For, yeah. for, you know yeah it's a good place to start isn't it absolutely absolutely so Though maybe not if you're brand new to doctor who don't yeah. actually start with an earthly <laughs> child unless you have a high tolerance for tv as it was made over 50 years ago so <laughs> next week david we'll be moving yes. on to b b yeah is, I is there have anything to get my thinking cap that on. jumps out to you immediately um, Bradley there few, Walsh. But there's a few. I'm going to keep them under my hat for now, I think. Bernard Cribbins. You see, he's one of those rare examples of a um, of a Doctor Who actor who, who has appeared both on television and film adaptations of Doctor Who. Oh. Um, you know. Cribbins is actually not a bad shout at all. Um, (laughs) But anyway, we will have this discussion next week, Matt. Yep. All right then, Matt. Um, I want to hear your bees. Buzz. (laughs) Great joke.
yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I enjoyed that. Right. So, our newest feature, David. Yes. The definitive A to Z of Doctor Who. Definitive. We're up to B. Would you like to hear my also runs before I give you my of suggestions? Of course. It would be a very short segment otherwise. Right. So, I started... I've literally just scribbled some stuff down before we start talking. Mm-hmm. So, I wrote some names down, David. Yes. I've gone for Billy Piper. Right. I've gone for Baker slash Tom. Yeah. Also Baker slash Colin. Yeah. Bradley Walsh. Mm-hmm. Bernard Cribbins. Yeah. And then we got a suggestion from Luke from Who Can Convince You. Yes. Who said Barrowman John. Mm. Yeah. Not sure how I feel about that at this point. Yeah. Might might edit that one out. Cheers yeah. though, Luke. Um, <laughs> no, and then... to, be, to be fair to him, if you listen to Who, um, Who Can Convince You... He doesn't pull his punches when it comes to Barrowman. No, no. Uh, then I just started throwing random ideas onto the page. So some of these are episodes, some of them are other things. Yeah. Okay. So I went for Boomtown. Yeah. Beast Below. Yeah. The Byzantium. Yes. The Black Spot. Yeah. The Bells of St. John. Yeah. Uh, the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. Then I said Bonnie, and that's the Zygon version of Clara, isn't oh, it? Oh, gosh, you've got some deep cuts in here. I'll tell you. Right, are you ready for my top three? Yes, And I, I think this is going to surprise you. Okay. At number four, I've gone Bo, face of. Face of Bo, yeah. At number three, I've gone Blink. Mm-hmm. That does surprise me. I I assumed it would be your number one. At number two, I've gone Bill Potts. Okay, great. And number one, I've gone Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf. Because that was like the first mystery in Doctor Who that I really got hooked on. Of course. And, you know, such was its influence. It became the name of the production company, um... Of uh, Jane Tranter and Judy Gardner, um, who will be working with R2D to um, shepherd the next era of Doctor Who from next yeah. year. Bad Bit of course Masters. correction. Let's save this sinking ship. <laughs> but I, I mean, it, as in, like, in world, like the yeah. actual story and, you know, every season we talk about this is going to be the bad wolf moment didn't we i mean that's the thing it set the template and to a large extent that's never fully been deviated from um in in terms of new who it it has a long reach bad wolf as an arc you know certainly in terms of references going at the very least until the day of the doctor i'm trying to think if there's any post day of the doctor references there might be i'm not sure i'm not sure that's kind of the last i can recall but but either way, you know that in itself is it for something that is essentially meaningless. Yeah, boy, does it have a a a, a big, big impact on um, the shape of twenty first century Who. Yeah. So, like I say, like after last week where I went for the Autons, 
Yeah. It's kind of... I don't know. It's a more personal choice at the risk of sounding a bit soppy. No, no, no. That t totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. And I think a lot of people would, would uh, be right there with you on it. Um, so... A lot of what you mentioned, I also had on my not exact, particularly short short list. Um, I also had a, a bit more classic stuff. So in terms of Stop like classic calling stories, it classic, it's just old. <laughs> um, in terms of those sort of stories, um, you've got Brave Morbius, which we've seen. Oh yeah, I can't believe I didn't put that down. Yeah, Black Orchid, which we've seen. Oh yeah. Battlefield, which we haven't. And in fact, I haven't yet, but I'm hoping to get to within a matter of weeks. I'm, I'm sort of halfway through the Seventh Doctor era at the moment. And uh, Battlefield was the second story written by another B, Ben Aronovich. Never heard of him. Um, he wrote Remembrance of the Daleks, which we have seen. Okay. Maybe I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there was a, um, a New Who... Um, story that you didn't even mention, uh, which has surprised me. You know, in Chibnall era, uh, the the Battle of Randos and Coleslaw. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to you, uh, that. That, that does start with me because it's bloody bollocks. I'll tell you that, David. <laughs> it's not Doctor Who's finest hour. <laughs> I think even Chibnall would admit that at this point. Um. Uh, uh, some other Bs. You've got Nicholas Briggs, Voice of the Daleks, the Cybermen, the Jadoon, so many others. Um, and of course, um, the creative director of uh, Big Finish, uh, a man who's had an enormous impact uh, on Doctor Who in the 21st century. Um, we could have just said Big Finish. Well, that's the next thing on my list. Big Finish. Again, like, I mean, in terms of in terms of impact within the fandom, Big Finish is huge. I, I, you know, it, best one in the world to them. There, there's not much reach there outside of the fairly hardcore fan base, I would say, except possibly for the McGann series that was broadcast on BBC Radio 7, as it was at the time. We, we could have said BBC. <laughs> we could have said BBC. Where, would I don't know that a show like Doctor Who could ever have had a hope of existing without an institution like the BBC, which you know has been a bit under fire of late, and uh, I I would argue is ultimately very much a force for good in this country. So well, uh, yeah, very tempted to give it to that all of a sudden. Um, I'm, I want to mention some other writers as well that that have got surnames beginning with B. Um, You've got Christopher Bailey, who who wrote two of my favourite Fifth Doctor stories, Kinder and Snake Dance. Um, hope to get to those on the pod eventually. Um, you've got uh, Christopher H. Bidmead, who uh, chaperoned the, the very late period Tom Baker era and, uh, yeah, definitely has, has a bit of an impact. Um you got Ian Stewart Black, who wrote three stories in in the in the Troughton era, I believe. Uh, Mallory Blackman, who co-wrote Rosa. Um, Chris Boucher, who wrote 
some great stories, you know, Face of Evil, Image of the Fendal. Um, there's so many writers. It's <laughs> to begin with B. Um, but my B that I did go for is Baker. Because not only have you got Tom and Colin, two doctors, the, you know, the only doctors to share a surname, that surname uh, beginning with B. You've also got three writers. You've got Pip and Jane Baker, who were a married couple, who wrote um, some of the most infamous stories of the uh, Colin Baker era and uh, early Sylvester McCoy as well. Um, and uh, you've got Bob Baker, co-creator of K-9. Oh, big bad also, Bobby B. Yeah, also wrote... Um, uh, uh, also co-wrote uh, all of the Wallace and Gromit films after the first one. Did you see the announcement that they're making a new one this week? Yes, I did, yeah. Um, cautiously hopeful yeah. it'll be good. You know, it's never terrible, is it? No. Even when it's not great, it's... It's ours, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, a, 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 a great, you know, I, I would say... One of the more, un, I don't know, unsung's not quite the word. I really like Bob Baker's writing. It, some people aren't as big on it, but there is an irreverence to Bob Baker and his, his he co-wrote a lot of his stuff with uh, Dave Martin. The, they as a pair, I think, just had this boundless creativity in their writing, even when when it didn't quite all come together in the end. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about Doctor Who, boundless creativity. So I'm just lumping all of the bakers together, and that's my nomination for B. Right. Well, I'm going to introduce a new aspect of the A to Z, David. What's that? Uh, every week I'm going to ask you if you can recount every submission, and as the list grows it gets harder and harder. <laughs> so a little memory test. So you've got A and B, please. Okay. So, uh, did we did we just keep with our separate picks for? I, I have a table with two columns. One called Matt, and your your name is David, yeah. isn't it? It is David. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah. So there's four submissions so far. Okay. So, Auton. Yep. Autons we already discussed. Um. I can't remember what I said for A. <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? Was it Axons? No, David, you went for An Unearthly Child. An Unearthly Child. Oh, I did, didn't I? I didn't, I? Think, that was a I didn't think this aspect of the game would like die one week into it. But... <laughs> I'm not at my best today, Matt. I'm really not. I'm trying, right. but... Um... Yeah, a, a very worthy pick, wasn't it? An Unearthly Child, but yes... Um... Kind of had to be. Uh, and this week, Bad Wolf and uh, Baker. Yep. So there we go. So C next week. The letter C. Anything immediately jump out at you? Um, oh. Chris Chibnall. I think. Chibnall, yeah. I, I mean, that was the thing that I was thinking about earlier when I was thinking about this. Um, I think we'll save that discussion for next week, eh? <laughs> Let's start with the old A to Z, I think. The old A to Z? 
Yeah, Let why not? Just turn to the back of my book where I've been making my notes. Right, so we are up to C this week, David. I'm very glad you said that because for half a second this morning I was like, is it C or is it D? Did we do C last week? Right, well, and I've only prepared a list of C things. This <laughs> doesn't bode well for the little memory game we do at the end. You can't even remember <laughs> what it is before we started. <laughs> right, so this week, David, for C, I've got a little list yeah. of things. Yes, let's hear your list first, then I can maybe fill in some of the gaps. Okay, so a couple of episodes. The Caretaker. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, how did you, I can't remember how you felt about the case. It's one that divides opinion quite a bit. I I quite like it, but I, I think I remember it being okay. But the bad guy robot was a bit rubbish. Oh yeah, definitely. That's uh, that's not the draw with that episode. We're we're all you know the highlight of that episode is obviously uh, Danny Pink's incredible backflip. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. His military yeah. training. <laughs> uh, Christmas invasion. Oh yeah. First episode with the Tate's Doctor. That's pretty significant. Yep. Uh, and then I've got Cold Blood and Cold War. Yeah. I knew what there was an episode called Cold something, and I couldn't remember, and it turned out there was two. <laughs> Which of those do you, did you enjoy the most, do you think? Is Cold Blood the digger hole in Wales, and Cold yes. War were on a submarine with Gattis? Yeah. Uh, I think I prefer... I mean... G- G- Gators doesn't actually feature in it, but is he not in it? No. no oh, it's the he's... guy from Game of Thrones, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? He he wrote it though, so right. that's where you're getting that association from. I think it is one of his penned episodes. Yeah, is it Liam Cunningham that's in it? Yes. That's yeah, right. and and David Warner playing the scientist as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I've got uh, closing time. Yeah, yeah, not the best. May as well stick Craig in there as well. Yeah, oh yeah, I guess you know, quite quite unusual for a supporting character like that to come back for a sequel episode. Mm. Uh, I've gone Christmas Carol. Yeah. Uh, Curse of the Black Spot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a terrible episode of Doctor Who, but sure. Uh, I've gone. Crimson Horror. Oh, I like the Crimson Horror. Yeah. And then we're getting into, like, the... I've moved away from episodes. So, someone I've never met, but I know you keep banging on about him. Cushing Peter. Ah, uh, yes, of course. The original non-canonical Doctor. Yeah. And then we're getting into my top three here. Okay. Uh, at number three, I've gone Clara... Yep. Number two, I've gone Christopher Eccleston. Yep. yep. And number one, I've gone Capaldi. Capaldi. There is another one in my sort of top four, but I think it might be your number one, so I'm leaving it out. Mm. Well, we'll have to wait and see. So my number um, one, I'm going Capaldi. Capaldi. Good choice. Solid choice. Yeah. I mean, certainly a fan favourite Doctor. At this point, um, I think it's fair to say that for one reason or another, his era didn't really um, didn't really make a dent in the mainstream in the same way that his predis- immediate predecessors did. It's because he had two dodgy series and then one amazing series. 
<laughs> I don't think that's fair. This it's what one dodgy series and two amazing series is how I would put it. Okay. Nine and ten are both fantastic uh, for different reasons. Um, so I, I I've uh, I've been looking at writers for the series. I'm not going to list everyone with a surname beginning with C. It's a common letter. There's a lot to to go through, but but um, in particular, I wanted to mention Anthony Coburn who is the credited writer for An Unearthly Child. Uh, Paul Cornell, who, you know, was obviously one of the people carrying the uh, the flag during the wilderness years and also wrote um, two stonking good stories for the RTD era. Barbara Clegg, who wrote Enlightenment, who I believe I'm writing saying was the first woman to write for Doctor Who. That feels like it's worth acknowledging. Um and uh, another writer that we'll get back to in a minute. Um, in terms of monsters, you've got the Cybermen, obviously. See, I thought that was going to be your number one. That's why I didn't mention the Cybermen. Mm. Yeah, I mean, very nearly is. They're hugely significant um, to the entire history of Doctor Who. Um, and uh, in terms of stories... You've got uh, Carnival of Monsters, Caves of Androzani and Castrovalva. I've said those in the wrong order, but uh, respectively, they are the, the, the first and last ep- episodes with uh, Peter Davison, uh-huh. both beginning with C. Curse of Fenric, City of Death, which is a fan favourite. Um, there's loads of stuff beginning with C. Um, but if I had to really narrow it down and just pick one, it's got to be... The Carrionites from the Shakespeare Code. Oh, wow. Because they were so... <laughs> so brilliant. You know, they're witches, but they're aliens, Matt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that that period of Doctor Who where everything's just an alien. Yeah, we'll do every supernatural thing under the sun, we, but we'll just say it's an alien. We didn't mention thingy either, the Crefaeus, the big chicken alien. I think that's... Is that not spelt with a K? <laughs> it maybe is. It maybe yeah. is. I always thought it was, but I, I, I could be talking out in the arse there. Um, no, but in, in all seriousness, um, there's another writer that I think deserves this, the, deserves a shout out, if only because both their first and last names begin with a C. It's Chris Chibnall. Oh, he's gone for Chibbers. I've gone for Chibbers. Controversial choice, potentially. But if I can unpack my reasoning a little bit, one, he is a sh- the current, you know, incumbent showrunner of uh, Doctor Who. Um, he has stewarded the show through quite a challenging period in terms of a very fast-changing television landscape. If you think about where TV was, the back end of the Moffat years, to where it is now and the yeah, dominance like, of streaming services. Like back when TV used to be good and now Chris Chibnall's <laughs> put it in the toilet. Uh, yeah. And um, I also think... Not, not going to rise to that. I'm just going to move not. on. I'm not. But in terms of his influence in in 21st century Doctor Who and the Who universe in general, he was showrunner of Torchwood for at least a couple of series, I think. He is the only... Uh, one of the three showrunners to have written for every era of New Who. His first episode was under RTD. He wrote quite a few for Under Moffat. And here he is running the show himself. 
um, in the current era. So, you know, he is, like it or not, he has had quite a lot of influence over the shape of 21st century Doctor Who, um, as is evidenced by the episode we will be discussing today, mm. which introduces quite a significant new addition to the canon, shall we say. Mm. The return of Captain Jack Harkness. Yes. Yeah. There's another scene. I'm, I'm certain that who can convince you boys would have said Captain Jack. Yeah, um, possibly. They're, they're big fans. Yeah. They're big fans. Right, yeah. so, David, as we like to do at the end of the A to Z, yep. can you please... Recount all entries so far. Okay, so for A, it was Autons and uh, an unearthly child. For B, it was uh, I. I went with Baker. Correct. And you went with uh, <sighs> Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I went for Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf, that was it. Yeah. Um, and uh, today, yeah. <laughs> five minutes ago, I went with Chris Chibnall and you went with uh, Capaldi. Correct. Correct. There we go. I can't wait till we get to Z. I really hope the one time you get all the answers is when you just say, you know, and I said Zygon. And we'll all just go mad, just cheering. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to X. No. We're going to be scraping the barrel with that that week. Yeah. I can't even think of anything so far. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it, there'll be we're something We're going to have to be plumbing the depths of TARDIS wiki. I, I'm going to say the X-ray effect when someone gets shot by a Dalek. Oh, good one. Keep that in your back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have I got to talk about? Um, I think it's time to talk about the episode, David. Uh, uh, you're forgetting it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I how could I forget? <laughs> Why aren't they on my tick list? Who knows? What um, are we doing first? A to Z? Let's do A to Z first. Right, so it's D this week. It is, it is. Um, there, was a, there was a couple of rules that I've made, David. Mm. You know, last time I said that we are going to rate our listener tweets this week. Yes. Uh, well, I put a couple of rules together for their submissions. Okay, so if anyone sent in a message saying, I, I think D stands for Doctor Who because it's great, it's the show we all love just blocked them on Twitter. <laughs> just they're gone. Yeah. yeah. In the pit. Yeah. couple yeah. of messages that were like, I think D stands for David from neither the time nor the space because he's brilliant. Blocked. <laughs> Pandering. Trying to get in the Martin McLean Hall of Fame. Don't need that in my life. Blocked. Fine. Yeah. Right. So, no Doctor Who. And no Davids. Would you like to hear my suggestions? I certainly would. I'll give you a clue. There's absolutely thousands because most of the episodes either start with Dalek or Doctor. 
<laughs> yes, yeah. Um, it there is plenty to choose from for the for right. the letter D for episodes. Dalek. Yep. Doctor dances. Yeah. Doomsday. Yes, please. Daleks in Manhattan. Mm. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor's daughter. Uh, better than, it, than its reputation. Day of the Moon. I could not remember that episode at all. Uh, it's uh, part two of the Silence two-parter, series six. It Amy and Rory in their prime in that one. Right. You definitely enjoyed it at the time. Doctor's Wife. Uh, Doctor's Moving Wife. on. Doctor Great episode. Widow in the Wardrobe. Mm. We're not talking it's... about Doctor's Wife. It's crap. Yeah. Right. Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. I like it. Day of the Doctor. Yeah, if you're going for an individual episode beginning with D, I think that's the one, right? Mm. Deep Breath. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, got, it's a lot of good stuff, but yeah. Dark Water and Death in Heaven. Mm. Uh, Strong finale, I think. Doctor Falls. Yep. Demons of the Punjab. Yeah. Uh, would you like some aliens that start with D? I would. I can't think of a single one, Matt. What about Dalek, Davros, Dream Lord? All very good. All strong villains. What about Donna? Yeah. Danny Pink? Yeah. Someone I've never seen but you yak on about, Dodo. Yeah, she's not quite on the same level as Donna, it's fair to say. Right. What about David Tennant? Uh, yeah, he exists. What about Peter Davison? Uh, yes, absolutely. Davison's on my list. And what about Russell T. Davis? I mean, my pick last week was Chibnall for his contribution to, to the show's history. It's only fair that Davis... Should be my pick for the, for this week. Would Would you like my number one pick? Yep, go for it. I'm going for demons. Ah, oh, as in uh, from the de- the from planet Deimos, those yeah. demons. Yeah. yeah, just that little story, the demons. Yeah, which you absolutely did not. You you did not seem on board with it at all when we reviewed it. No, I I just said that because I thought it would make you go mad. But you, yeah, you're so reserved, like. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's mostly I'm trying not to wake little Absorbal off. We're recording quite late this evening. Yeah, quite late. Um, really late. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's not going to sleep um, on schedule at the moment. <laughs> he just gets... His, his general bedtime procedure at the moment is uh, starting out fairly manic, getting increasingly more and more manic until he eventually just gives up and with you know within the space of two minutes is asleep um his yeah. bedtime is later than mine yeah <laughs> honestly there is there is there there have been times in the last couple of months where there has been i don't know 15 minutes between his bedtime and me and my partner just clambering in and giving up for the day um, um, I don't know what yeah. I really would give my nomination to. There's a lot of strong picks, isn't there? There are. There are. I don't it's know. Doctor Dances. I liked that. That was a good episode. Yeah. What about just the Daleks? 
you know, iconic villains. Yeah. There from the, the sh- from almost the very start of the show. I might go Danny Pink. <laughs> In fact, I might go Danny Pink backflip. <laughs> That's your pick for D. Yeah. yeah, Danny Pink's backflip. That's locked in, is it? Nah, I'm going to go for Demons. That was a good episode. It was. It's a classic. What Lovely about you? bit of Pertwee. You got any suggestions? Well, as I say, I mean, Russell T. Davis, really, it's only fair if I pick one showrunner, I should pick uh, another when it's their turn. Um, but I'm not picking RTT. <laughs> um, that, I, I want to acknowledge some other writers first. Um, you've got Jerry Davis, who was a, a, a script editor and also um, credited for a few episodes as well. You've got uh, the one and only Terence Dix, you know, um, wrote some of the most iconic series, was um, responsible for a huge swathe of uh, the target novelizations, which is how an entire generation got to access uh, who from before their time. You know, a huge influence uh, in the history of the show. Um, Sarah Dollard, personal favourite. Um two absolutely banging episodes and not been invited back and that makes me quite sad i don't know maybe she has been invited back but she's been too busy i don't know what the reason is but um great writer i would love to see some more from her honestly i think she's future showrunner material so um you know fingers crossed for that one day um thinking about uh creatures aliens monsters things like that we've mentioned daleks we've mentioned uh demons i also wanted to mention draconians now you've not met the, the draconians nope um uh, they are a really cool um um, they're, they're one of the more nuanced races a bit like the silurians they're an, they're an alien race um, like a civilized race, get get involved in like sort of intergalactic politics and stuff, and they feature in a single third Doctor story, Frontier in Space, and are never brought back. And they are so high on every classic Who fans list of um uh, species to bring back for the new series. Um, if only because this show is kind of lacking in sort of other major civilized races who aren't evil you know that's they're often it often isn't room for them i guess uh-huh. especially in you who but i would love a story that features draconians at some point um and yeah in terms of like other classic episodes which you've not mentioned You've got uh, all the all the classic Dalek stories like Dalek's Master Plan and uh, uh, all of that. Uh, you've got the Deadly Assassin. You've got uh, Dragonfire, Delta and the Bannermen. Um, there's just there's so much for the letter D, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Absolutely so much. Um, it's been the hardest week, I would say. I think so, but I've. I've I've thought long and hard about this, and I'm very worried that you're going to think this is a cop out, Matt. But my pick is the Doctor. You, you're getting no, blocked. Hit, 
hear me out, I'm not saying Doctor Who the show, I'm saying the character, the concept of the Doctor. I think one of the things that I find personally fascinating that draw, draws me into the show and always has is the concept of this character that's always the same and always different, changing their face, changing the actors, you know, both in universe and out of universe. I find that whole concept of regeneration utterly fascinating. And and also the Doctor as a, as a character, because because they buck so many trends, they are not your stereotypical Hollywood leading character they're not a, a typical superhero you know violence is a last resort they are first and foremost a sort of super scientist if you like um and uh, yeah i just i i think the doctor as a character is such a unique concept, the way that character has evolved over the time and is continuing to evolve. Just a couple of weeks ago, we unearthed a, a brand new one we'd never heard of before um, in Fugitive of the Jadoon. And that, wasn't that an exciting thing? A thing that no other show on TV could, could pull off. Um, I... It's hard, you know, you can't, I can't imagine Doctor Who without the Doctor. So I, I nearly went for the Daleks because. If you, you want know, Doctor Who without the Doctor, may I present to you Lady Christina, Series 1. <laughs> Available now on five CDs. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, but you, you get my point, hopefully, Matt. And it doesn't come across as too much of a cop. Yeah. No, I think four weeks is a good length for this segment. So what are we doing <laughs> next week? Shall we, Matt? Should we talk about the letter E? Yeah, why not? Why not? Let me just flip to the back of my book. How it relates to this show we both love an equal amount. Yeah, well, after last week, which was, you know, a content-rich week... Yeah, I kind of struggled with E. Slim pickings, isn't it? Mm. It is slim pickings. Uh, I've I, I got some episodes, I've got a few characters, and that was about it. Okay, well, well, hit me with what you've got, and I can maybe uh, suggest some alternatives. Right. Episodes. End of the world. Yep. Empty child. Mm-hmm. Evolution of the Daleks. Yep. End of time part one. Yes. End of time part two. Wow. Eleventh hour. Yeah. Extremis. Yeah. Now, when I wrote that down, could not remember that episode at all. It's the Matrix one. What? Uh, Capaldi and Bill and uh, Nardo and there's the Pope and it, it turns out they're all in the Matrix. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Empress of Mars. Ah, a classic. Also could not remember that one. Can you want me to remind you? Oh, please. From the same series. Yeah, I know. It's the one where they go to Mars and there's uh, Ice Warriors and uh, Colonial Soldiers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that now. And it's like like the the ultimate Gatiss episode. Should we do the hat trick? Because I couldn't remember Eaters of Light either. (laughs) Guess which series it's from. Yeah, I know. When I was looking, I was like, did I even watch that series? (laughs) <laughs> you 
enjoyed that series yeah, as well. Yeah, it was good. Quite a bit. Like... <laughs> to be fair, um, it, certainly in the case of Empress of Mars and Angels of Light, they are probably the two most inconsequential episodes of that series. What? Which one's Eaters uh, of Light? Uh, that's oh, the is one that the Scottish Hill Ro- one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Romans and Picts. Yeah, I do remember it. Uh, yeah, it's a nice one. Good vibe in that episode. Then from Classic Who, yep. we've seen Enlightenment, haven't we? We have seen Enlightenment, yeah. Yeah. Personal favourite. Then for characters, and this is really scraping the barrel, I've yep. gone for Elizabeth Liz Shaw. Oh, that is scraping the barrel. That, that was yeah. as okay. good as I could get. Yeah. Uh, then I've got Elizabeth Sladen. Yes. And Christopher Eccleston. Eccleston, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to acknowledge it, don't, don't we, that at this stage I feel like Eccleston is the front runner. Yeah. Is that what you're going with, Matt? I, do, I don't do know. Part, part of me was like, I might go for end of time. <sighs> I mean, I guess you could. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I might, I might go Empress <laughs> of Mars. You know what? I know. I know which one I, I'd sooner be throwing on for a, for a comfort watch. <laughs> um, okay. So of ones that you things that you've not mentioned, I the, I always like to start with writers because you know writers is something that I'm particularly interested in when it comes to to Doctor Who. Um, but it's really slim pickings for writers. You've got three writers. They're all one hit wonders. Uh, two of them co-wrote their stories, and uh, they, they're all from the black and white era. So you've got David Ellis, who co-wrote The Faceless Ones with Malcolm Hulk, uh, which is what story I've not even seen, because uh, it, it was missing and has recently been animated, but I've not picked up the animation yet. Um, you've got William Ems, who wrote Galaxy 4, again was missing and has been animated and I've not picked up the animation yet. And then you've got Paul Erickson who wrote the arc. And fortunately those all exist. And that is actually one that I would consider us doing for a, a Hartnell story. We next come around to it. I, I really like the arc. Um, so that's the one that stands out of those three, but they're all, as I say, one story in the black and white era and then gone. Yeah, so didn't make the biggest impact, it's fair to say. Uh, in terms of creatures and monsters, it's a really short list, at least if Wikipedia's to be believed. I've not gone beyond that. I, I, I had a look and I didn't know any of them. I think they were so, all classic. You've got well, you've got the Echnodyne, who are from Amy's Choice, but who were actually fictional mm-hmm. because they're like the you know the ones that take over the the the, the OAPs. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's all part, but it's all part of the Dream Lord's dreams. So I don't know that they even count as real aliens. Um, you've got the Eminence, which is some big Finnish bullshit. It, like literally every reference to it is is big Finnish. So um, that's just something they play around with. Um, the big one is the Eternals, who yeah, but they're not relevant to today's episode, David. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, excitingly, they get they get quite a significant name check here, uh, in in this week's episode, uh, and uh, you know, again, come from another E, Enlightenment. You know, that was their their sort of 
where they were the main focal point. Um, so in terms of characters we've not mentioned, the big one for me is Evelyn Smythe, mm-hmm. who is a fan favourite uh, audio only companion. Re- the, the, the run of stories with um, the sixth doctor and Evelyn Smythe is amongst the best uh, runs in in Big Finish's history. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's wondering where to start with Big Finish, that's not a bad place to start going through some of those. Um, then we've got uh, the only other thing that I've got on my list, the only one which we've both written down, uh, Eccleston. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's my pick for me because, honestly, without Eccleston... I don't know that I would be sat here talking to you today about Doctor Who. Um, it That first series, the way it captured my attention and turned me from someone who was curious about Doctor Who and had watched the odd bit of classic to someone who was like, oh, I could stick with this. Yeah. When I first watched it. He really does such an amazing job of... Not just, not slavishly, he does, it's not a performance of like, it's not the sort of doctor you would expect, necessarily. In in terms of like what the public imagination was around what Doctor Who was back in, you know, the early 21st century, where everyone was just thinking, oh, it's like flappy coats and he's posh and he talks really fast and, you know, that was the sort of like, um, the the sort of what's the word I'm looking for? The the public construct of the Doctor, if that makes sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, and then in Waltz's Christopher Eccleston, with you know, stupid grin and a very serious frown, and very little in between. You know, no nonsense northern accent. Uh, you know, battered old leather jacket, and he's just commanding the screen every second. The camera's pointing his way, and I, yeah, I, 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 I think it. You've got to acknowledge what an impact that performance had. And, and how it really helped to get RTD's take on Doctor Who um, up and running right from yeah. right from the first episode. It became realised with Eccleston, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I just can't imagine if it had been like, you know, Bookie's favourite Alan Davis or someone like that, would it, would it have stayed the course in the same way? Yeah. Yeah. Or would it have fizzled out after a couple of series or something? You know, I just, I, I really think, even though he only sticks around for the one series, and in some ways, even that is a really crucial thing because I think by him only sticking around for one series, it, it exceeds the concept of regeneration in nice and early and makes it, it, it tells you as a viewer, look, this is, this is a key, key part of this show. Um, 
and that's something that that you who particularly has played around with more as a concept and we've had things like the war doctor and now the fugitive doctor and you know it uses it uses regeneration as a narrative tool so getting that that particular toy out of the box nice and early really works in you who's favor i feel like yeah definitely definitely um so yeah for all those reasons uh and more that haven't popped into my head my my pick is eccleston I, and i can't really think of anything that that's more significant than that no i'm just going end of time just because i like wilf <laughs> you know what that is the one one very legitimate reason to pick end of time yeah yeah when he's in his little when that little spaceship having his star wars moment yeah ah and you know there's a nice bit he's... where they're in the cafe yeah. And then there's the bit where he kills the doctor, so <laughs> oh. oh good fun. Oh good fun. Alright, speaking of good fun, or lack thereof. Yes. Yeah. Do do we just can the idea of you recounting every entry into the A to Z? Yes, please. Right. <laughs> Done. There we go. <laughs> right. Also, this week. A few people, when I put out on Twitter, can you send in what your suggestions are? What's the best thing about Doctor Who, starting with E? A few people put everything. It's great. I love it. So, uh, they got blocked on Twitter, David. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And I'm going to give people fair warning next week when we do F, if anyone says fan, blocked. (laughs) That's that's the banned word for the week, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, just yeah. every week now, I'm just going to pick the most annoying tweet and block that person. <laughs> it's one way to... Well, I mean, we would certainly wouldn't want to have too high a listenership for our podcast, would we? No, no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> I mean, apart from anything else, it's only fair so we can give some of the other... Some of the little guys a chance, you know, Verity and, and Radio Free Scarrow and uh, the like. Yeah. But we're they, not... they need they need the listeners more than us. We're not helping out you know who though. <laughs> no, we we of course not. It's been a while since we've mentioned them, but you know <laughs> they can stay in the dirt where they belong. All right then, Matt, hit me with some Fs. Oh, I nearly, I nearly burst into a tirade of swearing there. Oh, so... wouldn't have that been something? Definitive A to Z of Doctor Who, up to F, David. Do you want some episodes? Go for it. Father's Day. Good. Fear Her. Not good. 42. Uh, Meh. Family of Blood. Very good. Fires of Pompeii. Very good. Forest of the Dead. Uh, Yes, very good. Flesh and Stone. Also very good, I would say. Flatline. Well, a lot of good F uh, ones, aren't there? Yeah. Face the Raven. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Fugitive str- of the Jadim. It's a very strong showing for uh, episodes beginning with F. I had no idea. Yeah. And then I've just stuck Flux on the end, even though we haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. Are you excited for Flux, Matt? Uh, I don't really know. Not might far really off, good. are we? Might be pants. 
Yeah, we've only got like, what, ten weeks or so left? And then we finish for good. Yeah, we're shutting up shop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't it's, think we'll even get to the end of the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It can be like the great unfinished works. Yeah. Um, Do you want some monsters? Uh, yes. I've, I've got uh, Face of Bow. Sure. I think, did he not also pick him for B? Yeah, I called him Bow Face Off. Uh, the Fisher King. Yeah. Now, from the episode Utopia, there's the future kind. There surely is. Uh, from the... Uh, I can't even remember what episode. Friday, the last ice warrior. Oh, yeah. Ah. Oh. And from Mummy on the Orient Express, there is the foretold. The foretold, yeah. Uh, and then for cast and crew, mainly cast because I don't mm-hmm. care about crew. Yep. I, I have Foreman, first name Susan. Yep. And I have Fraser Hines. Ah, uh, good old Fraser Hines. Yeah. And then I've got two other kind of like out there suggestions. Okay. Let me hear your out there suggestions then. Uh, I've gone for film, as in the right. TV movie. Yes, yeah, that's a stretch, but okay, I'll allow it. And then, for a long time, this was going to be my vote. Finales. Yeah, I mean, it, Doctor Who certainly has them. Yeah, and they're usually pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, certainly New Who has them. Yeah. Uh, classic Who, uh, not so much. Yeah, the Doctor goes to bed for three episodes, then <laughs> regenerates. <laughs> That wasn't even a series finale when uh, Hartnell... Uh, it was, like, quite early into a series. Bloody hell. And then it was just, next week, here's Patrick Trout and get used to it, kids. Great. <laughs> uh, they made TV differently back in the day. Back in the day. Um, Anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, loads. Loads. I mean, mostly classic stuff that, uh, for understandable reasons, you, you, you've not touched on. Um, because it's all rubbish and boring. Mm, not quite. So, uh, in terms of uh, episodes, you've got things like the faceless ones, the five doctors. Oh, yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, it's a banger. Oh, that um, might be my pick now, actually. Four to Doomsday. You've got uh, Frontier in Space, Frontiers Full Circle, Fury from the Deep. Um, and... Uh, in terms of monsters, there's a personal favourite of mine, the Fendal, from Image of the Fendal. Okay. I really, I cannot wait to really I, watch Image of I the Fendal. I think I had one of those last time I went to the Indian. <laughs> uh, you got Fenric from The Curse of Fenric. You've got the Foamasi, who um, are a, a race from a story called The Leisure Hive. The Leisure Hive written by a writer by the name of... David Fisher. Okay. And genuinely, I think David Fisher is my pick for F. Um, oh, wow. In terms of, like, writer competition, there's not much. You've got Phil Ford, who did Waters of Mars and Into the Dalek. Both very good stories, but, you know, hasn't done much since for um, Doctor Who itself. Though, Wiki here tells me that he was the head writer of Series 2 of the Sarah Jane Adventures. So, um, that's made me even uh, just a smidge 
even more excited to eventually watch those. Um, so, uh, in addition, we've got John Flanagan, who wrote one story, Megloss, which... Uh, uh, and John Flanagan is that rarest of thing, a classic Doctor Who writer with no Wikipedia page. Oh, wow. So he must have done almost nothing else of note. He's made such an impact on the zeitgeist. Yeah, that says something. Um, but David Fisher... I think is one of the most underrated writers of the classic series. He wrote four stories, the stones of blood, the androids of Tara, um, the creature from the pit and uh, the leisure hive. Mm -hmm. He also wrote the first draft of a story, which would eventually become the city of death. Uh, but due to you know various reasons, he wasn't able to complete the script and it ended up passing to Douglas Adams and uh, Graham Williams, the producer, and it became a sort of composite effort with a, with uh, a, a sort of um, created pseudonym. So I think the story was, was it David Agnew was the eventual name. Uh, but David Agnew was, was essentially Douglas Adams, Graham Williams and David Fisher all rolled together. Um, right. But, uh, I mean, the the City of Death is held up in fandom as, like, one of the great stories. Some would argue the best classic story. I would argue it's not. Um, like, it's not even close for me, but it's good. Um, don't get me wrong, it is good. I can't believe you're absolutely slamming City of Death. I know. Hark at that. But I love The Stones of Blood, The Androids of Tyra and The Leisure Hive. Creature of the Pits, okay, but um, those three in particular. What I love about them is they are all so different, but they are all so funny and interesting and imaginative and well-written. They they all just stand out as real gems of the Fourth Doctor era. Um, but he doesn't get talked about in the same way as your Terence Dicks and your Robert Holmeses and your Malcolm Hulks and those, the sort of classic writers who, who get all of the praise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's David Fisher for me. What about you, Matt? What's your, what is your pick for uh, the letter F? I think I might go five doctors. Five doctors. Yeah. yeah. It, you it enjoyed that good one, didn't fun, you? Wasn't it? It is. It's a proper romp, that. That, that bit where Sarah Jane falls down the hill. Ah, <laughs> oh, as a hoot. Yeah, the tension really got to me there. <laughs> where do you what want to... What are we doing? A to Z on news. Mm, up to you, Matt. Up to you. Should we do A to Z? I don't know why I said A to Z. That was for our American listeners. Yeah. Enjoy that, listeners. Right. Uh, so we're up to G this week, we my are. G. We are. Yep. Uh, shall we just jump straight in? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, you you tend to go first, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you crack on. Do you want some episodes? Go for it. Do you want to rate them good or bad like you did last week? Because I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, sure. All right, then. Right. Gridlock. Good, but not as good as some people say it is. Do you know what? When we got to that, people were telling me it was like a seminal episode. Mm. It's not, is it? It's, it's I mean, it's, solid. It's nice at the end yeah. where they all like the sun comes out, but is it's, that right? It's it? I I think it's one of those ones where like if you are just super into 
what RTD does with Doctor Who. It's a very RTD story, so, you know, mileage may vary there. Uh, what about Girl Who Waited? Uh, good episode. What about God Complex? Very good episode. I'm certain I say this every time we talk about yeah. God Complex. What is that episode? I can never remember. Minotaur um, in a hotel. Everybody's That's going nuts. What about Ghost Monument? I I still enjoy that one. It's it's it got okay. its flaws, but it's it's um it, it, it people people some people really down on it, but I I I think it's solid. Uh, do you want some monsters? Sure. Great intelligence. Ah, oh, yeah, good one. And then I've put guardians, white and black. Ah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, then I've also put the Gelf. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Shall we do companions? Yep. I've gone for Graham O'Brien. Yep. Funnily enough, Graham was this week's uh, ban word, but nobody said it. Oh. I thought a lot of people were going to say it. Yeah. I should have picked a more obvious word that literally everyone said, but we'll come to that. Mm-hmm. What about Grace Holloway, the Eighth Doctor's companion? Yeah, sure. I guess. All right. Well, it's just she only gets the one one story. She doesn't get to make enough of an impression, I don't think. But what a story! What <laughs> uh, what a straight down the middle five out of ten story. <laughs> You've really upset me there, David. <laughs> uh, then I've gone for actors. I've gone for Karen Gillan. Yeah, sure. And Mandip Gill. Yeah. But my submission this week, David. Yeah. It's an episode. You might have noticed I missed one out. Uh, I was thinking about it, so I think I know what you're going to say. I'm going to go for Girl in the Fireplace. Yeah. Yeah. What? What a cracking story. Is that's? I'm presuming that is, the at the very least, still in your top ten. Yeah. Like, I just remember that as being one of the very first, like, good stories. Yeah. It was one of the ones... Is that it I series... Think- Two or three. Series two. Because yeah. you've got Rose and Mickey on board the ship. That's right. I just remember, like, it was just, like, a touch above other stories around it. I mean, what you got going on there is... Um, you've got Moffat firing on all cylinders doing his Moffaty stuff. Tennant really in the swing of it by that episode, you know, because this is, what, it's like fifth, sixth story, something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that that dynamic with Rose really firmly established. So, because, like, all of the groundwork has already been, lay, been laid, you, you feel safe going in this incredibly mad high-concept direction with it. Um, and I think that's what really helps it to be as impactful as it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just good. It's good. It's just good television. From start to finish, just good. Yeah. Uh, have you got any suggestions um, you want to add? Yeah, well, I might as well mention some of the the classic stories. Um, Galaxy 4, missing, not seen I'm it. saying classic. They're, they're just old. I say this every week. <laughs> you do. Uh, classic implies they're somehow good or of value. Yeah, like a classic car or... Mm. Yeah. Like Bessie herself. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Genesis of the Daleks. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if you heard of that one, Matt. Quite an obscure one. No. Uh, <laughs> you, you know we're going to... Literally, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's like one of those I, ones... I, it's... Yeah. It's made it come up in conversation. I don't yeah, know. it's 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 one we're gonna have to get around to one of these days. Um, Ghostlight, which is next on my list. I've just finished watching Battlefield, so it is. There'll be a, there'll be a fancy Latin word for it. It's not the penultimate story of yeah. of old Who, uh, but it's the one before that. Right. So, um, yeah. Not got a lot left to go on, on the McCoy era. And then I'm just going to loop back around and do the lot in order and do all the missing ones. I well, by the time no you're finished, life. we'll probably be pretty much finished. Why don't you just, like, watch Sarah Jane Adventures instead? I want to I, I want to do the pilgrimage, is the thing. I, I, I'm, I'm now comfortable enough with Classic Who that I want to do the whole lot start to finish listen to the audio for the missing episodes, whole shebang. I feel like I have to do that at least once in my lifetime. Okay. I'm not here to judge. <laughs> right. And you know as well, I, I will just be, uh, when I complete the, the uh, sort of classic Who pilgrimage, I'll just crack straight on with the modern series as well and just watch those on my spare time. Yeah. As as long as I don't cross the event horizon and get sucked in, I'll be fine. Yeah. You you do you. It's okay. Yeah. Anyway, um so we've also got Great Greatest Show in the Galaxy, which I saw not too long ago. Uh The Green Death, which is a Pertwee story, uh and is a just a banger. Uh Gunfighters, uh that, that's it as far as stories go. Um I think you've probably mentioned most of the uh aliens and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Oh, we haven't mentioned the Grask, have okay. we? Um, which I'm was familiar with the Grask. Well, that's because it was introduced in a BBC Proms video clip, um, and I think went on to appear in Sarah Jane Adventures. Okay. But yeah, so I'm I'm pretty much unfamiliar with the Grask. Um, well, there's also a Grosk, apparently. Death of the Doctor, what's that? What's Death of the Doctor? Oh, that's Sarah Jane Adventures as well. I wonder if it's... Yeah, oh, so it's an intentional... And, uh, yeah, Guardians, which you already mentioned. So not a lot going on there. Should we talk writers? Why not? Because that's what There's I no always There's no stopping like to do. you. Go on. Um, so we've got Neil Gaiman. Wrote two episodes, one of them good, one of them not. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh... Yeah. That wife of the Doctor, not good. <laughs> uh, we've got Stephen Gallagher, who wrote, I believe, two stories, uh, Warrior's Gate and Terminus, which are both quite... It's like late period um, Fourth Doctor, which is a very strange vibe, his final series. Um, but I don't... I, like, I don't dislike it. It's just a, it's a very... Very unusual series of Doctor Who, that one. Uh, Matthew Graham, who did Fear Her and the Rebel Flesh Almost People Uh two-parter. Stephen Greenhorn, who wrote uh, The Lazarus Experiment and The Doctor's Daughter. I I think I know where we're going with your submission, David. uh, We've got Peter Grimwade, who wrote Time Flight, Planet of Fire... um, 
and possibly one other. Let me just have a quick butchers. I'm on Wikipedia. I, if you can't tell, listeners, yeah. it's pretty I've obvious. I've just had a think. I think I know where you're going with this. I'm saving the best till last, Matt. Yeah. Mark Gatiss. Yeah. yeah. I think we you can't you can't talk about New Who, especially from a writing angle, and not not include Mark Gatiss in the conversation. You know, um, and I know his his episodes really divide the fandom. But I I think he is the most consistently underrated uh, Doctor Who writer um, of of New Who. You know, I think what I find interesting about him is that there will be episodes where he's where he's aiming for very mainstream Doctor Who. Uh, there are other times when he is entirely just indulging his own whims. Um, and actually, I think he's best when he's doing that, even though those episodes don't always work. I mean, look no further than Sleep No More. You know, an abysmal failure of an episode. But, I mean, it's a heck of a swing. And I would sooner Doctor Who is taking a heck of a swing than just playing it safe and doing mediocre Doctor Who every time. Um, But, yeah, I just think if you look at the range of, you know, he's one of the only guest writers who's kind of done a bit of everything in Doctor Who. He's done experimental, he's done straightforward, he's done historicals, he's done uh, future stories, you know, he's done Earth-based ones. There's there's a lot to be said for what he's contributed to New Who. Apart from anything else, he wrote The Crimson Horror, which is probably my favourite standalone episode of, of Series 7B. Mm-hmm. Um, if only because it is basically a backdoor pilot for a uh, Pat and Oster gang spin-off. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, but I don't know whether Gatiss is is my pick. Oh, I'm glad you've said that after I've written it in my book. Because <laughs> I think it's Gallifrey. Oh, David, you and everyone else. <laughs> I mean, it's true though, isn't it? I mean, just yeah. just look at the episode we're discussing today. What a shadow Gallifrey casts over both Classic Who and New Who. Spin-off media, everything. I think if you are a fan of Doctor Who, capital F fan, the concept of Gallifrey has this allure to it. The idea of a whole race of people both like and unlike the Doctor. You know, same abilities in a lot of ways, same knowledge, but a completely different ethos, mm-hmm. by and large. Uh, I, I think that's fascinating. Um, and whether it's, you know, destroyed or just around and basically just uh, just a bunch of corridors and offices... <laughs> Whether, whether it's in a pocket universe or whatever, I, 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 I do find it a fascinating setting, um, and one that I think has to be used sparingly in the show. But when it's used well, can be terribly effective. 
Yeah, I think I'd second that. So, what about you, Matt? What's What would your pick be? Uh, I've already said, David, it's Girl in the Fireplace. Mm. Thanks for listening. Of course. Sorry. Sorry. It's late on it's a fine. Sunday. It's fine. It's fine. But last last week where I couldn't find my tweets, you were like, oh, look what I've got to put up with everyone. That's fine. I'm a bigger man. Don't worry about it. So. So then. That ties uh, that up for another week. It does. Um, So it's... uh, H next week. Yeah. I've no idea what I'll be doing for that. I I mean... Um. might have to do some research. I mean, I won't. I'll just get a couple of wrists up on Wikipedia and wing it like I always do. Yeah, I always just was my way through the list of episodes. But I can't even think of one that starts with H. Um, yeah, there... I might, I might go for Horphan 55. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, that, 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 that classic episode, Horphan 55. Oh, oh, it takes you away. <laughs> No, just flicking through my book. There aren't any that start with H. I'll work something out. We'll get there. We'll get there. Right, that's enough children's jokes for the week. Shall we move into the A to Z of Doctor Who? Let's do it. Right. Let's do it. We're on H this week, David. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fewer choices than usual, I would have said. Yeah, possibly. Uh, do you want to rate some episodes as we go? I would love to. We'll start with Human Nature. Good. Hungry Earth. Uh, yeah, decent. Hide. Very good. Heaven Sent. Very, very good. Hell Bent. Very good. Husbands of River Song. Is okay, yeah. Haunting of Villa Diodati. Very good. Yeah, strong. Strong yeah. week. Yeah, very strong showing for, for H in terms of New Who. Um, of those, what would you say is your favourite, Matt? Uh, heaven Sent Hellbent's a good combo. Human Nature's good. Yeah. Um... Husbands of River Song's really silly with Nardole and Greg Davies, but I like mm. the ending. Ah, uh, it's a it, the the last twenty minutes is just Capaldi wonderful. goes full Capaldi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It might be like some sort of recency bias, but I'd say my least favourite's Haunting of Villa Diodati. Really, you like that less than say Hungry Earth? Hungry Earth's great. Yeah, you were surprisingly high on that one, weren't you? Yeah. 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 It's not generally considered to be like a stone-cold classic, but uh, I-, I think it's underrated, certainly. Do you want some uh, aliens this week? Yeah, go on. What about the half from The Doctor's Daughter? I like the half. I mean, to be honest, they are a design without much backstory to them. I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential with the half. Yeah. I, I I like them more than I like the Ood. I I think there's a parallel dimension where the Hath got that job. Yeah, yeah, I could see that actually. Um, what what about the headless monks from A Good Man Goes to War? 
Yeah, I mean they're not. They're, they get the the job done, don't they? I, I'm not a fan of the fact that they've just got lightsabers. Yeah, that that feels a bit cheeky. Now to make a decision for this week, David. Yeah, I looked to the Doctor. Yeah, and I thought we've got William Hartnell, obviously very very important, and we've got John Hurt. Yeah, and. It was a toss-up between them. But I'm going to say that the probably the best incarnation of the Doctor is Richard Herndall. <laughs> From the just five some, doctors. Yeah, just an old bloke just phoning it in for a, for a quick yeah. paycheck. Yeah, so like, <laughs> I, I really respect that. No, I, I think I'm going to go for John Hurt. Yeah. Just because, like, in my experience, my story of watching Doctor Who, that was a big shocker that I didn't see coming. I had yeah. no idea that there was this, like, mysterious other Doctor. It turns out now, now we're at bloody timeless children, there's thousands of the bastards. <laughs> but at the time, yeah. I was just like, brilliant, I'm all in. It is a great reveal. And just the perfect way to get you hyped for the 50th anniversary. Yeah, especially the way they do it, because it goes, introducing John Hurt, and I was like, oh, Christ, he's in it. And then it goes, as the Doctor. Yeah. You know, just all in for that. It is wonderfully done. And... You know what? Um, some people are down on it. I'm going to stick up for the the box sets he did for Big Finish. Um, mm-hmm. Then you know, not every episode is an absolute ten out of ten, but it's a really solid set. And also, kind of the legacy of that character, you know, now being played by Jonathan Carley. I've actually picked up the first couple of uh, box sets of uh, the War Doctor Begins. I just really like the War Doctor as a character. Um, as an incarnation. Um, Just whilst we're talking Big Finish, yeah. obviously, by now, by the time this episode comes out, my review of the Lady Christina box set will be out. Oh, uh, right. So, yeah. what did you think of my review, David? Um, I enjoyed it. To be honest, I I, I, I genuinely did listen to it. I was like, oh, I should... Oh, I thought... I, I was joking, because obviously it hasn't released at the time we're recording yeah. this. But no, I but I can I can just listen to it because you uploaded it onto the uh, yeah onto the podcast platform, um. So I have actually listened to it, Matt. <laughs> wow. Um, and because I was like, oh, I'm going to get spoilers here, and because I am going to listen to them at some point, I was like, ah, no, I can't be bothered. I'm curious to see what Matt makes of it. Um, the thing about Big Finish, right, is. Even when they're they're working with, you know, offcuts like Lady Christina, they hire really good writers. They make the actors feel really welcome and make it a very pleasant working environment for them. And uh, their sound designers are second to none. So they they are just very, very good at what they do. Were, Were you surprised I enjoyed it? Um, I wasn't sure because I was like, I, I wasn't sure how much you were just going to get on board with, you know, audio drama as a format because it is it is different, you know. Yeah. 
but if I find if you either I either listen to them in bed or if I'm doing something where I can keep my hands busy, like you know washing up or whatever, um, and I get I find them so immersive. Do you not do what I do, where you load it into your PC and spend four hours watching the little bar go across the screen? Because <laughs> I don't own a CD player. The only thing I could think would play them was my PC. So I just sat staring at my PC screen. No, I just uh, buy them all digitally and listen to them on the uh, Big Finish app. Right. Well, the curse is lifted because those CDs are at your house now. So, mm. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, have you got some H's? I do have, yes, yeah. So let's start by sort of uh, covering the classic H's, which you which you didn't cover. Um, so we've got the Hand of Fear, which is uh, Sarah Jane's final story. Um, it's not the best, but the the ending's really nice. Um, Happiness Patrol, which is a Seventh Doctor story, I watched fairly recently. Quite enjoyed it. Um, what else have we got? The Highlanders, which I've never seen because I think it is either partially or fully missing. It's one of the gaps that I need to fill. Uh, but it is the episode that introduces Jamie. Yeah. Well, that might come up in listener tweets. Ooh. Um, we've got the Horns of Nymon, which is on our to-do list. Uh, was it? Mark from All of Time and Space. Yeah, yeah. Requested Horns of Diamonds, so we've got that to look forward to. Horror of Fang Rock, which is uh, which is a belter. I've heard of that one. Everyone yeah. bangs on about that. Yeah. Uh, you know what, as well? It's one that I, I really like. Um, Big Finish for the Eighth Doctor did um, an episode that's got nothing to do with it, I think. I've not actually listened to it yet, but... It, um, uh, called Horror of Glamrock. Uh, right, which okay. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a fun little play I on that. I see what they did there, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's about it for the uh, for classic stuff. So as you say, it's, it's, not, it's not as much to get your teeth into, is there? Um, so in terms of writers, who have we got? We've got... Uh, Mervyn Hazeman, who wrote the two original Great Intelligence slash Yeti stories, um, which are pretty pivotal pivotal for the second Doctor. Um, we've got Peter Harness, who, I mean, say what you like about his episodes, they're never boring. Mm-hmm. He's always taking big risks as a writer, and I think that's interesting. Um he wrote, obviously, Kill the Moon, the Zygon two-parter, Pyramid at the End of the World. You know, um, an interesting writer, I think. Um, you've got uh, Brian Hales, who wrote uh, the Peladon stories, um, or the original Ice Warrior stories. One of those, just like, he do- he doesn't get talked about in the same way as some of the classic writers, but in terms of the black and white era in particular, quite a, quite a pivotal figure, really. Um, Ed Heim, who wrote It Takes You Away and Orphan 55. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got a target on his back as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, 
you got Don Houghton, who did Inferno and in the Mind of Emo, uh, Evil. Um, Malcolm Hulk, who is responsible for, you know, some absolute, you know, bangers of stories. Um, most notably, he co-wrote uh, The War Games with Terrence Dix, which is one that we will be doing one day. Uh, but you can't talk about uh, classic Doctor Who writers and not mention Robert Holmes. Okay. Robert Holmes, I believe, is responsible for more episodes of Doctor Who than any other classic writer. Right. In total, he wrote, uh, according to this Wikipedia list, I don't know how they've worked it out, 15.5, possibly because of a co-write. Um, and uh, a total of 64 episodes. Bad. Classic, Bad. Uh, and there are some there are some real classics in there. Um, you know, ones that are really highly regarded to this day. Um, but you know, as much as I always want to go with the writers on this occasion, I'm going to be obvious and say Hartnell. Oh, David, that's week. This I, week's block word. Well, I don't care about. I don't care. It's got to be Hartnell. You know, without Hartnell, we're not sat here doing this today. It's that simple. Yeah, it's his you fault. Know. It He's is. to blame. Blame Hartnell. <laughs> um, but, you know, his dedication to making that role work... Um, would you remember when I forget when I when I when I did it? I I read a, an extract from an interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a letter, in fact, that he sort of wrote to a child who who sent him some questions in the post, and he described what his working week was like on on Doctor Who. Yeah, and it was absolutely mental. Yeah, grueling, just grueling, sheer bloody hard work. And the end result is a timeless performance that captured the imagination of children all over the UK and indeed other parts of the English speaking world as well. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, and, and also kind of, there was, even though his exit was not, you know, the the most, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it was abrupt. Yes. And not and out of his hands to a large extent. But from from all all I can understand, he he approached it, it with just graciousness and humility, and embraced being the first in what would turn out to be a long line of actors uh, to portray this part. And I think, you know, we're talking about the timeless children today, so what better time to be kind of, at the very least, tipping the hat to the legacy for the man who started it all. So, yeah, it's got to be Hartnell. Right. 
well, let me just put that on. I do have a little list of everything yeah. that we say every week. Uh, my, mine's a lot more grounded in you who than yours. Understandable. Ex- except for that week where I said the five doctors because I, I love Herndon and his performance. <laughs> it is captivating, to be fair. All right, then. So, this week's A to Z, sponsored by Splash Cola. Yeah. We're up to I this week. So we are. Let me give you some episodes, David. Yeah. You tell me what you think. Okay. Idiot's Lantern. Good. Impossible Planet. Very good. Impossible Astronaut. Good. Into the Dalek. Good. It takes you away. Very good. Agree. To politely disagree there. <laughs> Would you like some alien races? Are we just discovering that basically I just like all Doctor Who? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's been jovial something. recently. Uh, there are some that I'm less keen on, but yes. All right then, Matt, crack crack on. So, alien races. Yeah, I, 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 this is going to be an exciting list. I'm looking forward to it. Ice warriors. Yes. That's it. That's the list for alien races. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not a lot going on for the letter no. I, is there? No. Uh, um, would you like some actors and characters? Yes, go on then. So for characters, I've got Ian Chesterton. Oh, I love a bit of Ian. And then for actors, I've yep. got Ian Malter, who played uh, Harry Sullivan. Harry Sullivan, yeah. Yeah, I had to Google who Harry Sullivan was because I forgot. I don't think you've seen any episodes with Harry yet. Yeah, no, I don't think I have. Yeah, yeah, we should rectify that at some point. Um, uh, that that is literally my list this week. Yeah, a, okay. A so, one. what what are you picking out of that lot? Um, I, I think I might go Impossible Planet. That was that was one of the first that really grabbed you, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it's definitely a standout of early tenant. I, I panicked then because I went to write that down, but last week I said John Hurt, and I thought that that was J, not H, and I thought we'd done the wrong letter. <laughs> now that's next week. That so is. I'll, write, I'll write down Impossible Planet. I might just go John Hurt again next week, just for convenience. All right. Well, I'll I'll do the thing of uh, bring up the rear and um, give you some classic as the, as the, stories. As the priest said to the actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, so, in terms of classic stories, you've got the Ice Warriors. Yeah. You'll never guess what that one's about. <laughs> you've got Inferno. Uh, you've Have got... we seen Inferno, or is that just one everyone talks about? Well, that's what everyone talks about. We, I think you'd enjoy Inferno. Um, it's it's Liz Shaw, um, which is I know is a companion you like, and. Um, 
it's got a whole parallel universe section where you've got evil oh, brigadier. Oh, it's like the eye patch. Eye patch brigadier, yeah. Yeah. I think you'd ha- I think you'd have a lot of fun with Inferno. We should do that one sometime. Um, we've got. Oh, did you mention in the forest of the night? I don't think you did. No, I probably didn't. But yeah, because uh, that's obviously not classic. But uh, that's the in only any one... way, shape, or form. That's the only one... new Who episode beginning with I that I I would say is probably not great. Um, so we've got the invasion. And Invasion of the Dinosaurs and the Invasion of Time. Okay. Three invasions there. Uh, the Invisible Enemy, Image of the Fendal. Um, is there anything else? No, that's it. Yeah. So some some good classic stories there. Quite a good crop. Oh. Um, do you want some writers? Always like to look at Yeah, look at I mean, you do them well. anyway. I don't care, but go yep. on. So that's all you writers. Okay. <laughs> with a with an I surname. <laughs> Literally none. <laughs> um so yeah, it's what it's it's the first time doing this segment where I felt like we are really I guess not quite clutching at straws, but it's slimmer pickings. So I guess I'm torn between um, I could go for It Takes You Away, which is an episode that I, I, I always want to stick up for. You'd be but, doing that just out of spite. In well, some ways, you're a very small man. The yeah. thing is, I guess I could just refer people back to our episode on that one because, you know, I said my piece there. I've got nothing additional to add to that. I could say Ice Warriors, you know. Uh, a, a, a stalwart of the of the the B tier uh, monsters, you know, along alongside the likes of the Sea Devils, the Zygons. Um, I could, I could go with one of the classic stories, like I say, Inferno is a lot of fun. Uh, I like the original Ice Warriors, the Invasion. One of my favourite Troughton stories. Um, I even have a soft spot for Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Ropey uh, animated dinosaurs and all. Um, But I think it's got to be Ian. Uh You know, it's that's... Again, it's I think a bit like going with Hartnell. It's one of those things where it's like... It's almost nostalgia for something I didn't live through and didn't grow up with. But there's something about those first couple of series of Doctor Who, that dynamic of the Doctor, Ian, Barbara and Susan, that is just really special. Uh-huh. And Ian obviously is a big part of that. Um. So he's just one of those characters that just has has cast a long shadow on the show. So, yeah, that's what I'm going with. I'll go with Ian. This Ian? Week. Yeah. Let me just add that to the ever-growing list. I feel bad that I didn't pick Barbara for B now. I know. Feels a bit sexist, you, doesn't it? Because you were trying to be all clever and went for Baker. Yeah. Just go for stuff you like. 
<laughs> it was early days in the segment, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Anything jumping in your head for next week when we do Jay? Oh, not a lot. I mean, journey to the centre of the TARDIS. Wow. It's an episode believe, that begins with Jay. I can't believe your brain went there instead of John Pertwee. <laughs> you see, I, I always think in terms of surnames with the with the actors. I don't tend uh, to think of... Um, if, you, if you've got, like, a slow week, just go for, like, whatever works. Remember yeah. when I had Bo face off as one of my choices. <laughs> Uh, let's do A to Z. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, so we're up to J this week. Mm. Um, Is there much going on for J? It's a pretty big list. Pretty cohesive list this week. Um, So, shall we start with episodes? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Right, so you can tell me whether you think these are good or bad, as per usual. Okay. Right, we start with Journey's End. It's okay. It's okay. It's a bit much. That that that's it for episodes. Oh, what about Journey to the Center of the TARDIS? No, no, isn't that Voyage to the Center of the TARDIS? Mm, I'm so no, it's Journey. Oh, I maybe skipped that. I mean, with oh, good well. reason. I mean, yeah. that still goes down in, in, in history. It's the, the only episode we've had to record twice. Yeah. For this pod- Do you remember that? Yeah. That was... Uh, of all the episodes days, to have to... wasn't it? I'd, I'd be fascinated to give that episode a re-listen at some point, just to see how deflated we sounded by the end of it. Yeah. Never go back, David. Um... Never go back. <laughs> um, do you want some aliens? Approach. Um, yeah, go on then. Uh, I've got Jadoon. That's the only one on Wikipedia. But then yeah. could we put the Jagrafess in there as well? <laughs> oh, let's be generous and say yes. You can have the Jagrafess if, if you so desire. Yeah. Do you want some characters? Yeah, all right. Uh, Joe Grant. Ah, uh, Great companion. Have you watched a Joe Grant story yet? I haven't. I haven't. But I'm we aware need of to address that. We need to address that, definitely. Uh, what about John Benton? Oh, yeah, Sergeant Benton. Yep. Uh, what about Jackson Lake? <laughs> oh, yes, everyone's favourite. <laughs> yeah. Played by David Morrissey, the other doctor. Yeah. Um, what about Captain Jack Harkness? <sighs> mm-hmm. Moving on. I moving mean, on. I, I, I mean, yes. I, 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 I think it's fair to assume at this point that we have now seen the last of Captain Jack in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, we hopefully can move on until, of course, we do flipping Torchwood for this podcast. Mm. Uh, do you want some actors and actresses? Uh, yeah, why not? What about Jenna Coleman? Uh, g- uh, yes, good actor. What about Janet Fielding? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say they're all good, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I generally it, it it takes a lot for some for me to dislike a performance in Doctor Who. Um, yeah, Janet Fielding plays Tegan. You've seen Tegan, haven't you? Yes, if you have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Saying to get choked out. Yeah. Oh no, that's Perry. Oh, you're thinking. Of oh no, Tegan's the Tegan's one. the Australian one, isn't it? Yeah, that you didn't realise was Australian. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's the one where she's like, acting. and I've got a surprise for you. That's her, isn't it? Yeah. That's her. Uh, her what famous about, catchphrase. What about your friend and mine, writer of cookbooks, signer of DVDs, John Leeson? Ah, oh, John Leeson. Um, and then yeah. under actors and actresses as well, we've got uh, John mm. Barrowman. Yeah, that's true. Moving swiftly on. It's all right, David. Moving swiftly on. Foolery. Um, But then I think my pick, just simply because he was, you know, kind enough to send us a nice message, uh, Mm. I might go Jamie for my pick. Ah, Jamie. Yeah. Do you know what? Actually, I'm going to go Jadoon. Screw him. (laughs) Let's go Jadoon. You partial to a Jadoon these days? I'm going to go Jadoon, then in brackets, fugitive of. Ah, I see, I see. Dad's sneaky. But sure, yeah. I'm not going to argue with you. It's a good episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, you didn't mention John Pertwee. Yeah, you shouted it last week and said that I had to do surnames. Yeah, but then you clearly haven't been this week, so... No, it feels like if, no. you get, if you're going to do John Leeson, you probably ought to mention John Pertwee as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's. I mean, there the the other big John that we should probably mention is John Nathan Turner, mm-hmm. who was the producer throughout the last uh, series with the fourth doctor and then all the way from that point on to the show's hiatus in 1989 so um tail end of the fourth doctor and all of the fifth sixth and seventh doctor eras mm-hmm. um so it, something of a complex marmite kind of figure within within the sort of history of doctor who but you know he, 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 he's, he has left an indelible mark on the show's history um, and the, the sort of various pros and cons within that can be discussed ad nauseum and, and no doubt will be. But um, as an important historical figure within the show's, you know, timeline, I think John Nathan Turner definitely needs to be um, part of the discussion. Do you want to hear some writers? Always. Um, we've got Matthew Jacobs, who was apparently a uh, scriptwriter on the the television movie of nineteen ninety six, and we've got Charlene James, who wrote "Can You Hear Me," which is a cracking little mm-hmm. episode. Uh, Glyn Jones, who wrote the Space Museum, uh, which is underrated 
as Hartnell stories go, I think, feel like. And uh, Matt Jones, who wrote uh, Impossible Planet, Satan Pit. All, all one-hit wonders. Mm-hmm. Nobody with, with more than one story to their name, which is interesting. Um, but, you know, all, all stories I enjoy to, to, you know, a large degree. Um, no classic stories, beginning with J, as far as I can tell. My list is literally just Journey to the Centre of TARDIS and Journey's End. That's mm-hmm. that. Um, so I'm struggling. I'm struggling, Matt, because I do like to stick to my um, my, my surnames only rule. So that rules out the likes of um, John Nathan Turner um, and John Pertwee. And if we're doing John Pertwee and John Barrowman, we might as well do do Jodie Whittaker as well. Oh, that's true. That's why didn't I even think of that? I feel, (laughs) yeah. Um, Gosh, it's hard. It Jay is really is causing me some problems. Um, You know what? I'm saying Jadoon as well. In fact, I'm going to say Jadoon mug. Oh yeah, the famous. I'm not drinking. Yeah, I'm not drinking out of it today. But that mug has given me so much joy over the years. Matt. It's got you through some dark times, hasn't it? It genuinely has. That's been that mug has been in my life for a very long time. At this point, probably it's probably my longest serving mug. See, I'm I'm drinking from my longest serving mug at the moment. Which is yeah. a Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, Darth Maul Sith Lord mug. <laughs> yeah, I that's, just love um... it. Like people can say what they want about Episode One, I love this mug. Well, that's the thing. It's there's something about a a, a piece of tie-in merchandise for a thing that isn't universally loved. It feels so much more specific. Like the other Doctor Who mug that I've got, it's just a little one. You know when you get those like mini mugs that come with a Easter egg, and it's yep. specifically the the colourful iPod style paradigm Daleks from uh, Victory <laughs> the Daleks. Yep. Yeah, and it'll say the word Dalek in it in a font that yeah. is never used in the show. Yeah, yeah, it's I I love all that stuff. I think it's it's really sort of it's special. So yeah, Jadoon mug is my pick yeah. for one of the more um, niche picks. The yeah. yeah, but uh, you know, I I feel like I'm I'm owed it at this point. You know, we're we're what halfway through the alphabet? Probably not. I don't know. Bad uh... at. Uh, Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Are we ten? I I don't know. I think I worked it out that I'm going to have to... If there's 26 letters in the alphabet, I'm going to have to do two nines and an eight if I'm breaking it up into three for our Christmas episodes. Yeah. um, So So this might be in the first episode. It might be in the second. Only people at Christmas will know that. Hi, guys. It's future Matt here. That recording made it into the second episode. 
Where do you want to start? Do you want to do A to Z or do you want to do some news? Uh, for my own convenience, we'll do A to Z because I've been editing together right. the super cut of the A to Z and then <laughs> I'll know it's always before the news. All right then. That's that's uh, that's as good a reason as any. What, um, so, can I fire some episodes at you, David? Uh, you certainly can, but make it quick, because, uh, f- full disclosure listeners, we've recorded this segment once and my recording failed, so let's make it snappy. Yeah, alright. Uh, what do you think <laughs> of Kill the Moon? It's fine. What do you think of Knock Knock? It's fine. What do you think of Kablam? It's fine. There's a Kablam level on Fortnite, but we've already talked about that. Let's move on. Do you want some yeah. alien races? Uh, sure. Carla Jacks. Yeah, good. Uh, the Carleds. Good. The Crefeus. Do- does the job it needs to. Uh, the Crillotane. Deserves a comeback. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm still holding a bit of a candle for the Crinitane, I will say. Well, I, I know that you want to race through this, but which RTD era monster do you want him to bring back the most? Is it the Crinitane? Okay, I might get a little stick for this. I don't know, but I'd say it's actually the Wire from uh, Idiot's Lantern. Idiot's Lantern, yeah. Specifically because I would love to have a sequel story for that set in the early days of the internet. Like, The Wire, instead of being in, you know, in in old black and white TV sets, imagine if it's lurking in uh, dial-up modems. Yeah. I just feel like there's something there. I'd love it. It It could become really powerful and everyone loves it. And then Metallica take it to court and shut it down. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'd enjoy that. But also, I mean, Critotane would be up there. Critotane's certainly in my in my sort of top five RTD creatures that that I think are, are due a comeback. I think you could do a lot with them with uh, modern CGI. Yeah. Uh, can I give you some characters and companions? Sure. Uh, Katarina. Yes, one of those sort of like uh, borderline companions from the classic era. Uh, is that the same for Sarah Kingdom? <laughs> it's, it is indeed. Okay. Is it the same for Chameleon? Chameleon? Yes, Chameleon. Yeah, uh, yes, it kind of <laughs> is, to be honest. Chameleon was in, what, I think like two or three stories? It's like this shape shifting robot. Um, yeah, it's one of those sort of like failed experiments, chameleon. And for a full house of are they really companions? We've got Yasmin Khan. <laughs> that is harsh. Um, you know she is like I I I'm trying to think in terms of like probably not in terms of screen time, but certainly in terms of length of tenure. I think Mandip Gill has probably broken Jenna Coleman's record for longest serving companion at this point or it must be getting close Mm. wow I wonder if she will there's a few trivia question for the future yeah yeah right but for my pick David 
And I apologise, because we've already recorded this, so you're going to have to sit through the same joke again. Yeah, it's all right. I I'm going to go for the Klingons. <laughs> it, it was funny yeah. the first time round, wasn't it? It was funny the first time, yeah, but sadly that's lost That's lost yeah. time at this point. Look, listeners, yeah. if, you, if you're listening to this, right, I might bed in the audio if it's savable, but just <laughs> take it take it from me and David. We had an absolute hoot getting yes. sci-fi wrong and, you know, we yeah. said Luke Skywalker was taking the... The ring to the Mount Doom in his spaceship, yeah. the Serenity. It was brilliant, but it's yeah. wasted. We, we had it's a lot of fun with it. Yeah. 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 Oh. Never going to recapture that magic. Right, so I just picked K9. Oh, There's tell you what, um, it, I can give you another of little Zorb's jokes, if you like, to, oh, to kind of always. cheer you up, to br bring, the, bring the mood up a bit. Um, so what is the snowman's least favourite part of his drink? The tea bag? The sausage strut. Oh, see, I, I just went for a part of a drink. That, uh, yes, that's that was your fundamental error yeah. in thinking my son is at the level of actually making, uh, like, genuine logical connections in uh, jokes. Though I did, I did come up... Um, with a uh, sort of sequel joke, if you like, which amused him. Uh, so, what is a snowman's favourite part of his drink? Is it also the sausage strut? No, nobody knows. Uh, uh, what What's the difference yeah. between a snowman and a snowwoman? <laughs> I don't know, Matt. Do enlighten me. Snowballs? <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Yep. Um... Yeah, I'm picking lovely K9. seasonal snow jokes. Yeah, well, it'd be good when this is clipped into that Christmas special, isn't it? Oh, that's true. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. Sleigh bells ring. You know, are you listening? In the yeah. line, snow is glistening. I did a little yeah. like little burp halfway through there, so I went in the line. So <laughs> don't worry, it wasn't like my weird Nissa Australian accent. Um, but yeah, uh, anyway, uh, I've said yeah. three times, David, I've picked K9. What are you picking? K9? Yeah. I think in the first time I said K9 and company, so I'll say that again. Um, if you're listening to this as part of the Christmas special, I'm so sorry we're really half arsing it, but you know, <laughs> have a mince pie, cheer yourself up. Look, it's, it's already 20 past nine, and I want to go to bed at some point. Sorry, yeah. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> this is all you're getting. Shall we attend to the small matter of the letter L? We're up this to week? L this week, yeah. L. Um, and I've retitled this segment. Okay. So it used to be known as the definitive A to Z of Doctor Who. It did. It's now known as the definitive A to Z of Doctor Who flux. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So that will last just for the next six weeks, presumably. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. Um, all right, then. Do you want some episodes uh, from the letter Yes, L? let's start there, right. as is traditional. What do you think of the long game? Uh, one of the weakest of series one. It's funny, I thought the same, but then in the context of our podcast, do we 
overrepresent the Jagra Fest. We seem to talk about it a lot more than we maybe should. <laughs> it's a memorable thing, the Jagra Fest, certainly. Yeah. But uh, what do you think of Love and Monsters, a favourite of the Married to Who podcast? Mm. I find it uh, tonally challenging. <laughs> wow. Uh, what do you think of the Lazarus experiment? Um, d- appalling. <laughs> d- dreadful episode. Do you think we've just got a sequence of really crap episodes this week? Certainly, L-, L is not a strong one so far, it seems. Uh, what about Last of the Time Lords? Um, that's the last of that trilogy, isn't it? Yep. Or is it Sound of Drums? Uh, it, yeah, it's Sound of Drums, then it's Last of the Time Lords. Um, so, yeah, the worst of those three. Yeah, I would maybe. Say. Maybe. I can't really remember them off the top of my head. Um, so, yeah. shall we break the streak of bad episodes and talk about The Lodger? Why not? Yeah. Genuinely good, even though I, you know, I, I couldn't give a toss about James Corden in anything else. It's He's good in it, that episode, you know. Um, let's kill Hitler. Just bonkers all over the shop. Um, I, I genuinely don't know if I like Let's Kill Hitler or not. Yeah. Is the honest answer. Uh, listen. Uh, one of Moffat's best. Last Christmas. My favourite Christmas special, I think. Yeah, I think it might be mine. Yeah, I, I don't really care for the bit in the middle where everything's really mental, but I just like the really sad, dour ending. <laughs> I love it all. I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know me. I like, I like a bit of bonkers. Who? <clears throat> um, what about Lie of the Land? Um, that's the last of the Monk trilogy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Right. Would you like some characters? Uh, yeah. Before we do characters, I'll mention the one. There's only one classic Who story, uh, which is the Leisure Hive, which is a bit of late period Tom Baker. It's kind of a trippy one. I quite like it. Think. So, think uh, I've been to yeah. the Leisure Hive. Say, uh, lap dancing club in Leeds, isn't it? <laughs> You'd know better than me. Right, well. Um, characters then, David. I, I've kind of yes, bundled these it. together. What about Lethbridge right. Stewart as a dynasty? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's a strong candidate right there. Uh, probably my pick of the week, Liz Shaw. Oh, yeah, great companion. I've only seen one Underrated. of her stories, which is so good in it. She Because she's so different, is the thing. She's mm. so different from pretty much... From the, certainly from the archetypal classic Who companion. Yeah, like I, honestly, I, if I did a police lineup and you put Tegan, Perry, and Nissa in the line, I won't be able to tell you which one's which, David. Yeah. Um, what, That's fair. What about Leela? Uh, yeah, I like Leela. I like Leela a lot as a character. Now, interestingly, David, Wikipedia had no alien races listed under L. Yeah, I noticed that as well, which is, you know, but, somebody needs to get on that. But the good news is this week we're talking about the Lupari. We are indeed. I won't attempt the accent because, uh, 
my, mine is less convincing than yours. Well, get used to it. You, this is the final time you'll ever hear me say the word Lupari. From now on, it is always going to be the Lupari. <laughs> Rightly so. Yeah. Rick Good Yorkshire um, Lupari. Indeed. From Space Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I know that. Is the pun that, like, he's supposed to be a Yorkshire Terrier? I think that must be the thinking. There. He doesn't look a lot like one, does he? He looks enough like one that I feel like it works. What I want to know, uh, well, you know what, we'll have this discussion later in the series, I think. We, you know, um, make, but I'll, I'll save it for the series wrap-up, I think. I was going to make him uh, mention something, but I'll uh, save it for later. Okay. Um, uh, so then, Matt. Do you, do you want some when... actors and actresses? Yeah, yeah, that seems like a good option. Yeah. Um, Jackie Lane. Who played Dodo, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, John Leeson. Uh, K9, obviously. Pro- I probably won't give, as much as I like him, I won't give him the nod this week because we, I did go for K9 last week. So. Bonnie Langford. Who played Melanie Bush, who you have not seen yet. No. I think uh, she was in Thingy, wasn't she? Dimensions in Time. That's a good, she was. a good way to introduce all the characters to me, I felt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you really got a good measure of each of them, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we need to talk about this one, David. Yeah. Bruno Langley. Um, no, let's move on, shall we? Yeah. To Matt Lucas. Oh, Nardo. Nardo. Yeah. Oh. You know, I've been struggling with what I was going to pick for L. Matt Lucas, that, that could be a winner there. I think I'm going to go Liz Shaw. Mm. I mean, have you, have you got some writers and boring cast members you want to talk about before we move on? Well, certainly, I've certainly got writers. I feel like that's the main thing to, to, to tick off the list at this point. Um, so we have Henry Lincoln, mm-hmm. who was responsible for the two um, Yeti slash uh, Great Intelligence stories of the of the Second Doctor era. Um, we've got Peter Ling, who wrote the Mind Robber. Um, I do, do you think? Do you even re- you must remember watching the Mind Robber, Matt? Um, I've had similar dreams that to that, like fever dreams this week when I had COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, is that you, you, Carcass? Have you come to save me? <laughs> well done on remembering that. That's a deep pull. Um, and uh, John Lucarotti, who was a writer who wrote three stories in... Um, the Hartnell era, only one of which survives, unfortunately, which was um, the Aztecs. And basically, his speciality was uh, historicals, back when they would actually try to make the historical stories historically accurate. And he would do, like, tons of research and, you know, really go for it. And then they kind of just quietly ditched his sort of style of story writing. And I think it's one of the great shames that we never got more John Lucarotti historicals. I'm, I'm 
if if it wasn't already clear, I quite like John Lucarotti as a as a writer. Um, but having said that, I think of everything you've mentioned, for me, it is a toss up between Leela and Lethbridge Stewart. Um, I, I mean, you didn't go Brigadier for B. I didn't. This is going to be one of my last opportunities, isn't it? And I've missed Ski for Courtney. Well, when we get to R, you can go for Robo Brig. <laughs> I've already penciled it in the table for you. Um, yeah, I'm doing it. I've, uh, as much, I, Lena is one of my favourite classic companions, but I think I'm going to have to give uh, the nod to uh, Lethbridge Stewart on this occasion. Yeah. All right, I'll get that in. Next week, David, we're halfway through the A to Z. Gosh, that's gone quick, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've been putting together the uh, the compendium. It's, it's about three hours long already. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be our Christmas Day drop this week, this year, sorry. Yeah. God, we uh, do waffle on, don't we? Yeah, so we're on to M next week. Anything jump out at M. you? Uh, not off the top of my head. Um, we'll just have to wait and see, I yeah, think. Let's not I, spoil it. I've already penned in mocks of Balhoon for you for next week. So. <laughs> well, you never know. It might, it might be the one that wins it. Shall we do A to Z? Because if anything's going to get us bogged down this week, it's going to be um, A to Z, isn't it? Because... Let's be honest. There's there's a lot of M's to get through. Yeah, but I think a lot of them are classics. I think you'll be doing the heavy lifting this week. It's possible. Right. Would you like to rate some episodes, David? Sure. Let's go for it. We start with Midnight. Yes. Uh, classic. Masterpiece of an episode. Moving on. Do you know what? Do you know what? One one of my friends this week basically told me that they'd discovered our pod and were giving it a little right. listen. And uh-huh. they they'd gone back and listened to our it must have been like series four wrap up. Right. Because their favourite doctor was David Tennant and they wanted to see what we thought. And like I, I stand by what I said there, just midnight's now special. Like I went back and listened to that episode. And we were having the same conversation we're having now, David, some three years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's obviously it's a hill you are prepared to die on. I just but... I just don't get it. Evidently. Yeah. <laughs> what did your friend is your friend a midnight fan then? Uh, I didn't ask because I didn't want to, you know, mm. berate them if they were. Yeah. It is a wild opinion you've got there, Matt. It's not. (laughs) Shall we move on? Yeah. Let's talk about The Magician's Apprentice. Um, yeah, good. Bit all over the place. Mm. It's one of those flabby Moffat episodes. Yeah. Yeah, like, I remember coming away thinking, overall, it was pretty good. But, like, yeah. with hindsight, I couldn't tell you which bits stand out as being great. So, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's mostly Missy, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, do you want some aliens? That That's it sure. for the New Who episodes. There's only two that start yeah, with them. Not a lot, not a lot. There's definitely a few more classics that we'll, we'll mention in due course. Uh, hit me with some aliens. Right, one I haven't seen but I've heard you talk about. We've got the Macra. Ah, uh, yes. You have seen the Macra, Matt. Yeah. Um, but you've only seen them in rather uh, underpowered form uh, in That's Gridlock. right. That's right. I have seen them. What about the Minotaur yeah. from that one episode I can never remember? God oh, Complex. Uh, the God Complex. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Every time we mention God Complex, I'm like, what? what is it? And it's this one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about the Monks? Uh, yes, yeah. Wasted potential. Yeah, Isn't it weird that, that that's a trilogy of episodes? And, like, it should... If it's called the Monk Trilogy, it's almost built up as, like, it, it should be quite good, and it just isn't, is it, mm-hmm. really? It's not, it's not as good as it could have been, for sure. No. No. Uh, what about the Mavellans? I don't think I know Oh, them. yeah. Love a, Ma- love a Mavellan. Uh, what about Mentor? Don't think I've seen that either. Um, no, no, you won't have. Uh, Vengeance on Varos, which was which was a contender for our um, Sixth Doctor story, mm-hmm. but we went with uh, we, we took a bit of a curveball and, and went with um, Mark of the Rani instead. I'm glad we did. I liked Mark of the Rani. Yeah, I've had time to think about it. it. I love that version of the Master, and I like the Rani. I'll yeah. I'll set for that. I think I think you you are a bit of turning into a bit of a Colin Baker fan as well, but from what I can the, tell, yeah, yeah, the two co- like there's only McCoy left to go. Then we've seen two stories from every Doctor, haven't we? Yeah, and I'd, minimum. I'd say Baker's the best so far. No, I, no, I like Pertwee. Yeah, did, yeah. Did you know? You know Mark from All in Time and Space podcast. I know him, yes. Yeah, doesn't like John Pertwee. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's wild. I'm still I'm still on their Hartnell era. So I, have I, they got to Pertwee yet on there? Well, I don't know if it's like a running joke, but quite often when there's like messages going around, because we've got a secret uh, Doctor Who podcast like text group, and Mark, Mark is not a fan. That's, that's really taken me by surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about some companions for you, David? Before we move on to them, can we? Can I? Can I mop up the rest of the? Um, there's a couple of well, it monsters. Sounds and, like you're going to anyway. Things. I mean, it's polite for um, you to ask, but kind of steamrolls <laughs> me there. It's fine. Don't go for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. You got the Mara. I think uh, we definitely have to acknowledge the Mara. Um, a um, villain that appears in in two um, fifth Doctor stories and is is. I think quite an interesting one, quite sort of psychological in nature. Um, you've got the Monoptera, uh, who uh, feature in the Web Planet, and oh gosh, I really want to watch the Web Planet with you at some point. I think that might be my next Hartnell pick, just to confound all all the people who understandably hate the Web Planet, <laughs> <laughs> because I just I have such a soft spot for it. Um, and not the monks, but what about the monk singular? 
Yeah, I've heard you Brackets meddling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I love me a renegade Time Lord. And the thing that's special about the monk is that they're, they're a little more comedic in tone. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not as, they're not evil or, you know, mercilessly amoral the way the Rani is. They're more just, they're just like dicking about. (laughs) (laughs) And and they don't really think about the consequences of their dicking about. And that's, again, it, it provides such an interesting counterpoint to, to the Doctor. Like, just imagine the Doctor, but without any scruples or any any ability to 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 think about the consequences of their actions um yeah and uh famously originally portrayed by uh peter butterworth from the carry-on films oh wow wow yeah no, I love the monk. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, good article recently in uh, this this month's issue of uh, Doctor Who uh, magazine, which was uh, looking at because of uh, Big Finish have have ended up casting three of their own versions of the monk. Do you, um, do you know what I I think how I, yeah. I, I thought about this the other day when I was in Tesco's because I stood and yeah. stared at it. I think when we finish the A to Z of Doctor Who, uh, yeah. In line with the news, I'm going to do a breakdown of Doctor Who magazine. I'm just going to like read it and just point out the bits that are good and the bits that are crap. Ah, uh, I'd be fascinated to get your like, opinion. I'm, on I'm the weirdly of intrigued Who by it. It's something that like I've never dabbled with, but it, yeah. it's like as thick as an Argos catalogue, and and it always seems to have you know plenty of stories and stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That is a line I'm unsure I'm willing to cross that, David. <laughs> I would be fascinated. I would be fascinated. Um, but that's the thing. It's like they, they manage to fill it every month. Yeah. What You know, what are they filling it with, Matt? I, exactly. I, I think it might be like the books of Saxon, those books that brought the master back. <laughs> the I'm going to read it and gain superpowers to jump really high. Uh, all right, moving on, companions. Right, you've got Mike Yates. Sorry, one second, I just need to rescue my cat. Knew that would happen. She insisted, just before I sat down to record, she insisted that she needed to go out. So I had to open the door for her. Lo and behold, 15 minutes later, um, she gets herself in a scrub. Right, okay, what, where were we? What, what do you make of Mike Yates? Oh, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's my favourite of the the sort of, quote-unquote, unit family, but he's an important part of it. You know, he's one of the things that makes that period of the show what it is. Uh, what about Mel Bush? Not, not a massive fan, it must be said. Um, she doesn't rank very highly for me in terms of uh, classic companions. Right. That's no slight on Body Langford. I think they didn't. There isn't. There's not a lot of thought put into her character. Right. Well, we'll move through this next one quickly. It's Mickey Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about actors, yep. David? I've got some actors to throw at you. 
Yeah, go for it. What about Katie Manning? Ah, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Unimpeachable. The, the fandom seems to absolutely love her. She just yeah. seems to love reason. them as well. She seems a good egg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she absolutely is. Uh, what about Ian Martyr, who plays someone um, I forgot to write down who? Harry Sullivan. Okay. And, again, you've not seen Harry yet. Um... Yeah, he's yeah, he's good. I think the thing that I find most interesting about him is after he'd done his stint on um, uh, on Doctor Who, he went on to write some of the Target novelizations. Like he wasn't a writer on the show, but he was just like, oh yeah, you need someone to bash out a few Doctor Who novels. I'll give it a go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I always find that kind of interesting. And then, I think quite a seminal actor, one that we haven't mentioned enough, really, based on their performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Kylie Minogue. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, what a legacy Yeah, she has left. Yeah. What, what an indelible mark on the show. And then, we're moving into my top three picks here, David. Okay. Um, in third place, I've gone for McCoy. Mm-hmm. Sylvester McCoy. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing more of him. I quite liked his silly bumbling. No, well, at the time I didn't. I, when we watched, no, it... that's the thing I was going <laughs> to say. You, you weren't, you weren't sold on it at the time. No, but I think now I kind of get it. I think I prefer yeah. Sylvester McCoy to his incarnation of the Doctor. He's a charming yeah. man, isn't he? He is absolutely. Mm. I mean, they all are in their own ways. Yeah, except Troughton. Um, <laughs> now, number two, I've gone for movie. The Doctor Who yeah. movie. My introduction to Doctor Who. And what, what a starting plot. Like, mm. you know. Yeah, it's so it much really... good, but so much bad. <laughs> yeah, it's what, what a fantastic jumping on point for new viewers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember finishing that going, that is great, I can't wait to see more. And then, <laughs> just, you know. And sadly wasn't to be, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm but certain you can guess game. what my number one pick's going to be, David. I mean, you, I think you're very much crediting my my uh, brain power being well above what it actually I'm, is. I'm going for The Master. Right, yeah. And, and just to clarify... Because we, we got a, a tweet this week, David, from those cockamamie sons of bitches over at the Who Can Convince You podcast saying yes. that they like the master, but they like the master from that one we watched with Carcass, where it's not really the master. <laughs> it's it's just someone else referred to as the master. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I've got a bone to pick with those boys over at Who Can Convince You. Did you yes. did you know on their pod every time I tweet them or send them a message before they read it out they start yawning to take the piss because they don't think <laughs> they don't think my opinions on Doctor Who are valid. <laughs> I, Rightly so. I, I was listening today and they they guested on the Cloister Bell pod, uh-huh. and I was listening and like Rob from the Cloister went, "Oh, we've got a message from Matt and Harry and Luke just both like went." Oh, and I was like, why do they always do that? And then they just explained it. And it hurts my feelings. 
Oh, they've they've instantly gone up in my estimation. <laughs> so from now on, I'm going to refer to them as a pair of cockamamie sons of bitches. Excellent. Um, alrighty then. Uh, shall we round things out with uh, a few writers? Uh, I guess we're going to anyway. So yeah. Okay, I am going to rattle through this list because there is a lot. So we've got Tom McRae, uh, Lewis Marks, uh, Dave Martin, Philip Martin, Jamie Matheson, Glenn McCoy, Andrew McCulloch, Peter uh, McTie, uh, Nina Matevier, uh, Paula Moore, who was a, uh, a pseudonym for Paula Woolsey. And uh, I'm just reading because I hadn't, I, this is a new fact on me that I'm just getting to now on Wikipedia. Um, the ex-girlfriend of Eric Sayward, who was a uh, script editor for during the JNT years. Uh, it's unclear to what extent she actually participated in the writing, which seems to have done principally by Sayward. Ian Levine uh, may have been involved as well. Wow, that's a weird one, isn't it? There's a story there to be unravelled for sure. Anyway, James Moran, Rona Monroe. And uh, one other writer that probably deserves a mention by the name of Stephen Moffat. Do you know what? How have we talked about the movie and not put Paul McGann as well? Yeah, that's very true. McGann. Yeah, I'm going to put him down as your pick for this week. You know what? I thought I had my pick locked in, but I hadn't thought about McGann. Were you going McCoy? I wasn't. I was actually going to go with Moffat. Oh, really? Because, yeah, Moffat's my favourite showrunner. Yeah, it was you a know, good, strong era, that, wasn't it? It is. It's like, it doesn't... There's no perfect era of Doctor Who, but there are so many episodes that I love. He cast two of my favourite Doctors of all time in Smith and Capaldi. I love them both almost equally. Very hard for me to choose between the two. Um, he created some of my favourite companions in the form of uh, Amy and Rory and Bill and uh, Clara's a complicated one but I appreciate that she's complicated, that makes her interesting Um, Bill Potts was so good, wasn't she? Why'd she only get one series? It's not fair, is it? No, like There's no justice in the world We really needed one more series of Capaldi and Bill knocking about Yeah I'm just I'm keeping everything crossed for big finish to uh, fill that void one day. I would I would pick up a set of Capaldi, um, Pearl Mackie and Matt Lucas back in those roles in a heartbeat. Can you imagine? Yeah, and I think they'd be keen. They all seem to have like a good time together. Mm-hmm. I think when the time's right, they will. I it, it will really just depend on Capaldi. I, I think. He's quite happy working at the pace he's working at, and um, I think he's probably quite enjoying having a bit of a breather. Yeah. From doing Doctor Who. Well, that's it. He's been doing you know. like his music projects and stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I think, but I think we'll get there one day with him. Mm. I hope so. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, but then on the subject of Big Finish. I love McGann's Doctor so much. It is entirely down to Big Finish and and the work they've done, but there is just ah, there is something about his his Doctor. I think I've said before. In some ways, he almost feels like the connoisseur's Doctor. 
mm. you know, not 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 one to to, to start with uh, for beginners. But if you're serious about your Doctor Who, you owe it to yourself to investigate um, McGann's audio work because there's so much good in there, and his performance is so effortlessly um, layered. Um, it's a sonnet, McGann. McGann's my it's answer. It's gone McGann. Yeah. Wasn't even mentioned earlier on. That is a turn up yeah. for the books. Yeah, we go. Wow. I talked myself round. So we're halfway through the A to Z, David. That's, it's gone quick, hasn't it, Matt? It, it feels it, yeah. I thought this project would run and run. But, like, I'm glad we're doing it. I am enjoying it. it yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it, it is nice to, to have an opportunity to think about just the scope of this show. Mm. It's one of the things that I've said, yeah, I've said before, I, I love about the show is the history, the depth of it. You know, it is, it, it it's the gift that keeps on giving for me <laughs> because I will never know all of it. There will always be more stories for me to dig out, you know. And Even like, if in some crazy world I will somehow catch up with Big Finish one day, there's still, you know, various comic runs going on for years. There's novels. There's just... It's endless. Yeah. You know? Well, well we, we've mentioned Big Finish a couple of times. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm going to shout out... I was talking to some people on Twitter today... There's a new project yep. coming on YouTube called Finish mm -hmm. Big, which is two guys who are going to listen to every Big Finish audio drama. Crikey. From Good start to that, finish. Uh, let me just pull my Twitter up and we'll say a proper hello for them. Because people used to shout us out, so it's nice to help people, isn't it, when they're starting? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'm... that is Mark and Joe. On Twitter they are at FinishBigTube. And their first two episodes are coming out on the 24th of the month. Oh, fantastic. I would actually keep an eye out for that. I'm mm. very curious. Whilst whilst we're talking about dates, I said the 24th yeah. there. Uh, are you aware of today's date, David? It's very special. What, the 11th? It's the 11th of April. Yeah. Do you know what happens I... on the 11th of April? No, that should, probably should have significance for me. Specifically, but thirteen years ago on the eleventh of April, it's oh, the anniversary that... yeah. of Planet of the Dead. Happy birthday <laughs> to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, Lady Christina de Souza! <laughs> I hated your audio dramas. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, then, Matt. You got any uh, N words for me this week? Yeah. Let me face that. <laughs> Let, let's sit down and, and say the N words together. So, in the A to Z, we're up to N this week, David. Yes, we are. Yeah, I've started putting together the second compendium of the A to Z for Christmas release. Excellent. Yeah, I th I, we're going to be lucky if it's sub seven hours. 
when I put that whole thing together. Good Lord. And I, I hope at least one person listens to those, all seven of those hours. Yeah. What, what I'm going to do is just edit in some, some new audio where I'm going to ask five questions where the answers will form some sort of riddle. And if you solve that and send Ooh. me the answer, like immediately inducted into the Martin McLean Hall of Fame. That's that's some pretty good high concept stuff. Yeah. Down yeah. for that. Right. Are you ready for N, David? Can I give you some episodes? I am ready for N. Yes. What do you make of, and I already know the answer to this question, New Earth? I, I, I love it. Instant classic. One of my faves. Okay. How do you feel about the next Doctor? <laughs> Uh, that's terrible. <laughs> Probably the worst Christmas special. Yeah. What about yeah. Night Terrors? Um, solid Gatiss, but not his best. No, Night Terrors is tinged with sadness for me, because that's the episode we had a big argument. It is, yeah. Yeah, we had our big old bust up that, that day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still don't think we've revealed why we fell out, so I'm just going to come clean no, now, of course. David. Yeah. So, obviously, the reason we fell out is... So, there yeah, we go. That, that's that. why that episode's tinged with sadness for me. Yeah, well, it's good that the truth is out there, I think, yeah. at this point. It's been long enough, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just don't get cold feet and, like, censor it in the edit or anything. What, what about an episode that has made absolutely no impact on my life and I can't remember a single thing about it? Nightmare in Silver. Uh, it was the second one by Neil Gaiman. Early Clara. Very fast Cybermen. Don't remember a thing um, about the it. Doctor play, the Doctor plays a game of chess with um, a cyber version of himself. Oh, I do remember that. Is, is it a bit where they're all in a castle yeah. and the Cybermen are invading a castle? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like an abandoned theme park on the moon. Oh, God. And there's it's some got a kids lot of there. ideas. Yeah, there's some kids there. There's a lot of ideas going on in Nightmare and Silver, but none of them come together yeah. to make anything substantial. Uh, what about an episode that I do remember, and I remember that I don't like it? Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. Ooh, yes. Um, yeah, I like that one. I think it is good. I suppose somebody's got to. Um, yep. Would you like some aliens, David? Uh, sure. Before we do, I'm just going to quickly drop in the the only classic story that begins with N, whilst we're on the subject, which is Nightmare of Eden. Mm-hmm. Which is okay. I think uh, I'm right in saying it's the, the the story that introduces K9, so it's got that going for it. Oh, great. If not, uh, yeah. Give me some. Give me some aliens. Okay. The nesting consciousness. Yeah, you're like an auton, don't you? Yeah, love them. Love them. Give me Spearhead from space again. Yeah. I mean, they did. They called it Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Except it didn't have, like, Pertwee going around, like, uh, saying the word facsimile loads over and over again. <laughs> um, I never know how to say this, David. What about the Nymons or the Nimons or the Nymons? Yeah, yeah it's N- Nymons. You're, you're correct. It's Nymons. Uh, you'll find out in due course, won't you? Mm, what you yeah. think of the nine one? Yeah, that was a listener suggestion, wasn't it? Was that Mark? 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, we got to get we got to get back on that train, haven't we? I'll be honest, Matt. I'm probably the the one holding us up at the moment. I've lost my Kindle. Oh really? I got halfway through damaged goods and then I've misplaced my Kindle and I've been saying for two weeks, oh, it'll turn up and it hasn't turned up. Now, so I think I'm going to have to take evasive measures. Now, in that vein, David, uh, today yeah. when we were recording, I lost my microphone. Couldn't find it anywhere. Um, oh, no. I, I did find it in the end. But also, when I moved house a couple of weeks ago, I found a Kindle. Forgot I bought one. So if you want one, I've got a spare. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Just like in amongst um, my bookcases, yeah. I thought it was just a funny little book, but it was just the box that the Kindle was in. Yeah, you're not, you're not much of a Kindle user then. Uh, I bought one and I put loads of PDFs on it and stuff, and then I, I prefer just the feel of a book. Yeah, I'm sort of the same. It, it, and it honestly comes down to me, there's some stuff where there's stuff that I, I want to read that isn't easy to get hold of, in, mm-hmm. you know, that's like out of print or, you know, is um, just so so obscure that it's only really available as an ebook and stuff like that. So um, that kind of stuff I, I tend to use it for. But if I just want, like, if I just want to read just for fun, I much prefer just getting a, a tatty old paperback and just digging in. Mm. Right, we're, we're getting well sidetracked here. Um, we would are. You like I'm some... in a chassis mood today, apparently. Say again, sorry? I said I'm in, I'm in a chatty mood today for some reason. Yeah, yeah. It's all right, we only started recording an hour and a half later than we wanted to. Um, <laughs> it's true. And, and this is taking up my Saturday night, because we can't record tomorrow, because you want to watch the new episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, that is true, also. Right. Uh, do you want some characters? Yeah, go on. What about Nardol? Nardol, yes. Yes to Nardol. I, I think I give him a pass just because I liked the season he was in so much. Yeah, and also, you know, Matt Lucas. Mm-hmm. Good egg. And then, what about Nissa? I like Nissa. I, we've seen Nissa, haven't we? I always confuse her and we all have. the others together. Those generic 1980s women. And that makes me sound horrible. It's just... But... <laughs> no, it's reasonable. It's it's a reasonable assumption to make. It's her um, and Tegan and Perry. And I only know which one Perry is, because she was the one that got, like, choked out. I think Nissa is probably... She's the one who tends to blend in the background a little more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's no slight on her as a character. It's just the sort of person that she is. Um, but, yeah, I do really like Nissa. Right. And then I've got a couple of actors. Yeah. I've got Nicholas, father of James Courtney. Of course. Yeah. And I've got Nicola Bryant, who, of course, played Perry. Indeed she did. Um yeah, I, you know, interesting story. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it when we've talked about Perry before, but um, do you know how she got the role? Um, no, I don't think we have discussed they'd, that. They decided they wanted to have an American companion in the same way that they'd recently done, you know, having an Australian companion in the form of Tegan. And so they, they cast an Australian to play 
her. And so they decided they wanted to cast an American actress um, as um, Perry. Nicola Bryant, of course, is not American. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was a casting agent had seen her in a sort of like, I think it was sort of like end of drama school kind of production in which she played an American character. And he just sort of made a note of her and assumed that she was American mm-hmm. and sort of had her on a book. So so the offer came through to her agent you know, saying we're looking for an American and we, we know, you know, you've got this Nicola Bryant on your books who is an American. So we'd, we'd, we'd quite like to see her for this role. And so Nicola Bryant was like, kind of on the fence, like, do I just show up and pretend I'm American for the entire duration of the audition? Or do I blow my chances? <laughs> or do I turn it down? And so she did. She just she just turned up and spe- you know, like even when she wasn't doing the lines, you know, just just pretended to be American, the entire duration of the audition. And then when they offered her the part, she kind of came clean. Wow. But they but by which point you know wheels were in motion. It was the BBC. It would be too much hassle to hire someone else. I, I'd have sacked her on the spot for a deception. <laughs> She'd be getting a P forty five and asked to leave. Yeah. It's a um, profession acting, isn't it? Yeah. Right, That that's everything from me this week. Have you got any suggestions right. you want to add? Well, I like to talk about writers for a bit, don't I? So, and we don't, it's not a long list this week. Um, we've got Peter R. Newman, who wrote The Censorites, uh, an underrated Hartnell story. Uh, we've got Simon Nye, obviously uh, best known for uh, being the creator of Men Behaving Badly, but also did give us... Amy's Choice in the world of Doctor Who. And we've got one other writer who I suppose it would probably be worth mentioning, given the fact that he's responsible for 56 different episodes of Doctor Who um, and probably the most iconic villains in the history of the show, a chap by the name of Terry Nation. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah. Uncle Terry, as us fans like to call uh, him. No, no, you're thinking of Terence Dix there. Uh, I've got two Terry. Uncle Terrys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Terry Nation. Now, I've never quite gotten to grips with whether I think Terry Nation is a good writer or not. <laughs> um, he certainly had some good ideas. And he knew they were good ideas because he kept using them. <laughs> Uh, and just reiterating them in various ways. Yeah, but if that's not Doctor Who at its core, then what is? <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, and at the end of the day, he he gave us the Daleks. Would Doctor Who still be, you know, a thing if it weren't for the Daleks and for their popularity? Probably not. So I kind of I feel duty bound to give old Terry Nation the nod this week. Um, I wouldn't say that many of his stories are... Excuse me. I wouldn't say many of his stories are amongst my favourite in Classic Who. There are a few that I quite enjoy, but he's. there are other writers of that era that I enjoy more. But I think we just have to acknowledge... 
the 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 extent to which the success of the show you know rested on his shoulders so, so uh, are you going yeah. for Terry Nation as your nomination this week I think I, I think I am yeah I, I don't think there's anything else. I mean, I'm not, it, 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 you know, I'm not going for the flipping name on, am I? Well, I, I've actually withheld my nominations, and I'm nominating a pair together. I'm nominating Knight and Name of the Doctor together. Ooh, nice. Because, yeah. like, I know, I know Name of the Doctor's, like, the big one, but the end of Knight of the Doctor yeah. is the best bit. Like, I think the reveal's better than the payoff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like it. But, uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. It, there is just... There is something kind of magical about that whole run towards the end of Matt Smith's era where it's sort of you know starts barreling into the 50th anniversary and there's just there is a certain kind of fairy dust over that that little stretch mm. that Moffat manages to, to to sprinkle onto proceedings do, just, do you not feel the same way with just, flux with its absolutely mental thousand mile an hour storytelling that doesn't make a great deal of sense <laughs> I don't feel exactly the same, but I will tell you right. I will tell you right now, Matt. I genuinely love this series. Mm, I can tell unapologetically. Um, but but also, I agree. It's bonk. Um. All right. Um. Shall we do the old A to Z? We shall. We shall. Uh, let me just turn back in my notes and find it, and we're good to go. It's slim pickings this week, David. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to tell the listeners what uh, what letter we're on this week? Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh what, Matt? What, we, oh, what, what letter we're doing this week? Let's just dedicate this to the song Oh, What a Night by Frankie Valley. That's going in the Hall of Fame for me. All right, okay, that's it's your choice, ba- It's mate. better than um, any of the Doctor Who options. Uh, do you want some what have you epi- got that? Some episodes? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. What do you think of Oxygen? I quite like Oxygen. I think it's a good episode of Doctor Who. Uh, I can vaguely remember it. Um, what do you think of Orphan yeah. 55? Um, I think... That is a mixed bag of an episode, but um, severely underrated. It does not deserve its reputation as the worst episode of New Who. From last week, David, what about Once Upon Time? Um, yes, uh, I yeah, I, I think I said at the time. I think it's a good a good episode. I, like, I get why it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I just admire the ballsiness of that episode right shall we do some aliens yeah go on okay ogrons yeah you've not had the 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 pleasure of encountering an ogron yet have you no but they were a popular choice in listener tweets this week 
Yeah, that I think Ogron's a due a comeback. We've t- we've ticked Sea Devils off the list, so I think we we're getting down towards Ogron's in the pecking order in terms of classic monsters that are due a a re uh, a revival. What about Ogre? Ah, the Ogre from uh, Stones of Blood. Yeah, I mean one of my absolute favourite classic Who stories. So uh, yeah, love an Ogre. What about the Optera? Uh, now, are they from... Yes, Web Planet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I lo- Yeah, I love everything about the Web Planet. Okay. What about the Ood? Loads of people suggested Ood's this week. And they all put the same yeah. message. It was like, I think it's Ood. I love an Ood. Like, yeah, all right, I yeah. get the joke. Okay, yeah. I got it the yeah. first time someone said it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say that. I love a nude. Right, well, you're lucky, because I was very close to banning and <laughs> blocking. Yeah, I mean... I think it's fair to say that Oods are probably second only to the Weeping Angels, more on which in due course, in terms of... New Who creatures uh, that are that have become iconic in their own right. You know, if if you know, heaven forfend, Doctor Who went off the air for an extended period again. One of the things you would do to really make people feel like, oh yeah, uh, Doctor Who is back, is throw some moods into the trailer. That would work, you know, wouldn't it? In, in terms of like getting people to take a, a revival seriously in the same way that, you know, in the original trailer, you've, you've got the Daleks and stuff like that. They, they they are iconic at this point. Cancel the lot, that's what I say. <laughs> um, do you want some characters? Yes, please. Clara Oswald. Ah, yes. Yep. What about Graham O'Brien? Yeah, he was fine. And I'll be honest, David, I, I only ever Google companions and then sometimes I have a think, and I totally forgot, there's obviously Osgood as well. Oh, yes. Yes, there is indeed. Oh, Oz not very good, if you ask me. Oh. Right. And uh, that, words, that, Matt. that is literally it for me this week, David. Yeah. I've well, got any um, actors want... or anything. Uh, do you want some writers? Uh, not really, but it's never stopped you in the past. No. Um, Jeffrey Orme, who wrote The Underwater Menace, often considered one of the very worst uh, stories of the black and white era. Two of the episodes are missing from it. And is that considered Didn't a good any... thing? <laughs> Some people probably would say it is. It's, um, yeah, it's a wild one. I, <laughs> I don't entirely hate The Underwater Menace. You know my theory that, you know, there are two kinds of bad Doctor Who stories. You've got your um, complete disasters and then you've got your noble failures. I'd say Underwater Menace is more of a noble failure kind of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh yeah, it's like great family entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it's weird and bad. <laughs> but... Uh, anyway, yeah, so, Jeffrey Orme, that's it. That's all your writers. It is slim pickings this week, isn't it, mm. It really is. 
Just going to be a shot. Um, so what's your what's your nomination then? What genuinely? What what are you going for? I don't know. I thought I might go for Clara, but when I yeah. thought about it, I I quite like Clara's era, but not because of Clara. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, in isolation, she is not a likable character. No, but that's sort of not the point, and that's kind of refreshing, you know. Up until that point, in, especially in Yu Who, the companions were, you know, there to be kind of like your best mate, you know, carrying you th- through this adventure. And then suddenly you get Clara, who is, you know, manipulative and mean at times and a bit full of herself. And, uh, yeah. I, I, but I think very, very interesting as a character, as a result. Um, and a very welcome change. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Clara would be my choice. No, I think I, think I am going to go Clara, just because, yeah. you know, I'm not going to pick Orphan 55, am I? Well, you can pick Oxygen. You yeah, can pick can... Uh, Once Upon Time. You had a good time with that, right? <laughs> no, I, I'm going to go with Clara. All right, okay. What was yours? You know you... what? I'm... Oh, I yeah. just randomly started yeah. playing some noise there. Sorry, what oh. was yours, David? You know what I'm going to say, Matt. You're going to go. Do for I need two, to spell it out for you? No, I'm not going for rude. Sounds good. I, I, you know, Osgood's great. But she's not, David. She is. She's not. I'm not happy about this. <laughs> what What makes her so good? Um, in large part, I think it is Ingrid, Ingrid Oliver's performance. I think she makes a very... Yeah, but um, when, whenever I've asked anyone what makes her so yeah. good... It's all full-on, like, Doctor Who nerds who are like, oh, yeah. she's one of us. She's one of us. Well, she don't represent me. I'd be, I'd be very upset if that was representing me. <laughs> yes, but also you're not a Doctor Who fan, Matt. No. In fact, I think the character that best represents me in Doctor Who is the Scovox Blitzer. <laughs> Just a merciless automaton. Yeah. You know, it was just like Sir Killalot and people do sweet flips over the top of me all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, actually. Um, if I had to think, yeah. who represents me best? In, I don't know, maybe Rory. Like, everything's just a bit of an effort and, you know, I yeah. feel burdened yeah. by activities a lot of the time. In some ways... You are the Rory to my Amy Pond in the sense whoa, that... Whoa, 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 whoa. They were a married okay. couple. They had children. No, 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 no. But, let, but hear me out, Matt. Hear me out. In Specifically in the sense that I am dragging you on week after week on adventures in the world of Doctor Who. And let's be honest, generally speaking, you don't enjoy them. But you're sort of... You're, you're indulging me. You're still doing it. You're coming along. 
You could have ended this a long time ago. And I, I can only presume it is because you're madly in love with me. Well, I, I don't know if you've listened to uh, Britain's worst Doctor Who podcast, Who Can Convince You This Week. But they... they, uh, oh, they uh, is, 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 is official, the... the um... You know, the, the votes have come in. Yeah, the ballot's been counted, and they were voted the yeah. worst. Um, oh, congratulations, but, lads. But they read some Doctor Who fan fiction this week. Mm. Uh, it was quite weird. There was a lot about Dan and Carvinista and the Doctor and... Uh... Oh, yeah, D- Dan Vanista. That, what a ship that is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want one where it's like me and you, now that you've planted that rumour in their head. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe you see us as a married couple. You've never once mentioned that to me, and now I don't know what to think. <laughs> Alrighty, well, uh, shall we move swiftly on, eh? Yeah, an awkward end to the A to Z this week. <laughs> <laughs> Is it A to Z time? Yeah, alright. Oh, that sounds too enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm just aware there's a lot to get through with this week with uh, P. It's a s- strong showing. Yeah. After a few weak ones. Mm. Would you like some episodes? Uh, yes, I would. Okay. Can you please tell me your thoughts on Parting of the Ways? Um, yeah, a, a very solid um, closer. Arguably... The best regeneration scene of New Who? Do you think Eccleston to Tennant? Yeah, maybe. I like it's. I like how understated it is. Things get a little self-indulgent from Tennant onwards. Yeah. Like, after, as much after as that, everything Peter just goes Capaldi's. wrong and the TARDIS just gets smashed up every time, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I love Capaldi's speech, don't get me wrong, but it's... It's definitely an indulgence, and there's there's a lot to be said about Eccleston's understated. Um, before I go, I just want to tell you you were brilliant, and oh no, sorry, you were fantastic, and so was I. You know, there's something so nice. It, it's very fitting for Eccleston's Doctor, I think. As a yeah, as a bowing out. Uh, anyway, let's not let's not get you know spend half an hour on just one episode. <laughs> What what do you think of partners in crime? It's fine. I, I still don't get why um, the uh, the adipose have become you know one of the most over marketed <laughs> things in the history of Doctor Who. Yeah. Some weird fat babies that exist in one episode. Uh, what do you think of Planet of the Ood? Um. Uh, yeah, it's it, decent. It's got its flaws, but um, very much hearts in the right place, that episode. What about Poison Sky? It's, uh, it's alright. I, I had to look that one up, I didn't really remember it. Yeah. What about Planet of the Dead? Don't you dare Shut. say anything bad about my lady Christina, <laughs> David. I've got my signed picture up on the wall now. Okay, I will say, Lady Christina is probably one of the best things about that terrible episode of Doctor Who. She's the best thing about that terrible show, Doctor Who. I've come full circle 
From now on, yeah. the running joke in our pod, David, is I love Lady Christina. <laughs> Alrighty. Duly noted. <laughs> right? Just make a note of that next week when we go yeah. through whatever we've got to talk about. Five minutes on Lady Christina, please. Uh, Okie doke. What about the Pandorica Opens? Uh, yeah, good. What about the Power of Three? Uh, also good, let down by the ending, but, uh, you know, that was kind of out of everyone's hands, wasn't it? What about the pilot? Uh, yes, uh, a, a, a good episode of, you know, great introduction to the best companion of You Who. Yeah, when I wrote down the names of all the episodes, I was like, that's my favourite out of all the ones that start with P. Yeah, solid choice. I'll apologise if you can hear some drunk people shouting outside my flat. That's all right. You'll just have to tell them to come back later. Yeah, because it's the bank holiday. They're all off out getting yeah. drunk. I can just hear him like, going, Terry, Terry, the pub's this way. <laughs> but Terry's going the other way. Uh, well, that Terry, that's classic Terry, classic. isn't it? Classic. I mean, when will he learn? Uh, what do you think uh, of Pyramid at the End of the World? Uh, not good. Now, probably my worst <laughs> one that starts with P. And the final one, Praxius. Also not great. I mean, it, it on paper, lots of elements that could be great, but fundamentally does not work, I think, as a piece of television. Right. Would you like some aliens? Yes, please. What about the Peladonians? Ah, uh, yes. Love a Peladonian. Love a Peladon story. I've never heard Would of them, love... I've heard of Curse of Peladon and, I don't know, John from uh, Peladon, whatever the other one's uh, the, called. The Monster of Peladon. That's it. Um, yeah. Big finish. I've done a few Peladon stories as well. I, I feel like Peladon is due an on-screen comeback. Um the closest you've got to it so far is, do you remember, at the end of The Empress of Mars, there's that weird uh, monoptical alien on a, on, a, on a screen with a high-pitched voice. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, called Alpha Centauri. Uh, she strongly features in, in the Peladon stories. Right. I'm sure you told me that at the time. But... Yes, yeah. Uh, but that's 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 the only sort of brush with Peladon you've had so far. What about the Plasmavore? Uh, I mean, it's it's a classic example of one of those does the job creatures, you know, monster of the week. There's it's no reason to keep it going uh, beyond that. I don't think. So, what do you think about the Pating? Love a Pating. Would genuinely like to see the Pating make a comeback. I don't think Saranga Conundrum is a great story, but the Pating is a great concept. And I, I imagine if the Doctor had to go up against the whole gang of the buggers. Yeah, I don't you, know. You could. I, we've only ever seen one, haven't we? And then we saw one we in have. the prison. And I don't know. For some reason, I assumed that was the same one, and there was only ever one. But it makes sense. There's like a full race of them. Yeah, I mean, well, either way, like, definitely, I think the Pating, I was going to say the Pating has legs. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, in a physical sense, yes, it does. 
But beyond that, I, I, I genuinely believe you could do more Pating-centric stories in the future if you were so inclined. Yeah, but is, is there not only really a couple of things you can do with a Pating? Like, their yeah. threat is very specific, isn't it? And I suppose it once is, you've but... done it on a spaceship, how do you ramp it up? Oh, there you you there you could find ways for sure. I mean, you could say the same thing about the Weeping Angels. Yeah, and I suppose. Yeah, we've we've had multiple very high quality stories with with uh, the Weeping Angels. So, it, where there's a will, there's a way. Right, the last alien, David. What do you think about the Pyroviles from that non-important episode about Pompeii or something? Yeah, um, again, like the Plasmavore, one of those ones where it's like it, it does what it needs to do for the purposes of the story. Can't see any need for them to make a comeback. Mm. Right, on to casting characters. Yeah, go for it. Okay, now any one of these, as I was writing them down, I was like, any one of these could be my pick for like the whole yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. We start with Polly. You know, that, yeah, that's who Polly. you really want by your side when you're a 95-year-old man who needs to go to bed. Yeah. Uh, Perry. You'll, yeah, she's great. You obviously need Perry around if you've got cramp in your hands and you just need a neck to wrap them around. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and then this is where we really got into, like, what I consider, like, high, high-tier choices. So I've put uh -huh. P for the ponds, you know, any, yep. either of those. Yeah, and then P for the pots, Bill Potts. Yeah, and then I, I think this is obviously going to be my pick this week. P for Pertwee. Pertwee, yeah, yeah. Hard but, to disagree with that. It, it's weird because I was thinking, like, I was thinking back on like a conversation we had recently because I was like, I really like Pertwee, but yeah. then. I've also really liked both Colin Baker stories we've watched. And mm -hmm. I'm certain once upon a time I ranked all the like classic Doctors. And I, I would love to know what episode it was so I can go back. I think it was when we did our first McCoy story. And I'd love Possibly. to see how that's changed. Yeah. I, um, if, if any of our listeners can remember off the top of their heads and, uh, and uh, save us the job of combing through the archives, yeah. do let us know, because that might be a fun thing for us to revisit um, in a few weeks' time. In fact, uh, but I'm certain it'll be written in the back of one of my notebooks, so I'll dig it out. Uh, I might have it. Excellent. Hi guys, it's Future Matt here. Just check my notebooks and it's not there. So if anyone can remember this episode and send us the list, that would be much appreciated. Thank you. That would be great. That would be a great thing for us to revisit soon. Um, all right then, Matt. I'll, uh, shall, I, shall I mop things up with uh, some classic stories and some writers? You always do. It's time for me to go make uh, a coffee. Okay, so Paradise Towers. I can't wait to show you Paradise Towers one day. Um, yeah, what a gem that one is. Okay. Um, both, and I'm sort of being both ironic and unironic at the same time. <laughs> it is, it's a trip. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, uh, we've got the Pirate Planet. Just, you know, classic bit of Tom Baker. 
Douglas Adams, great time. Uh, we've got Planet of Evil. Cannot remember what occurs on Planet of Evil. Can't even tell you which Doctor that was. Probably <laughs> Tom Baker, um, but it might not be. Um, Planet of Fire, uh, which is, you know, a decent Davidson story. Planet of Giants. Um, which which planet do you reckon that is? Planet of Giants. Uh, one with is it a specific one we've seen? It's it is it is a planet that has been featured in Yoo-Hoo, Yeah. Um, planet of Giants. Yeah. I feel like that's a reference I should really know, but I don't. I'm going to have to apologise. It's Planet Earth, but it's it's a story where uh, Hartnell and the gang get shrunk down so they're teeny tiny. See, I I only know it by its formal title of Orphan 55, so (laughs) you can understand my confusion. I can. Um, Planet of the Daleks, solid Dalek story. Planet of the Spiders. As you can see, there's quite a lot of planet stories in Classic Mm. (laughs) Planet of the Spiders, which is uh, Pertwee's regeneration story. Okay. It's too long. (laughs) Is is, is it one of those that's like 18 episodes or something stupid? It's, It's only six, but the entirety of one of those six parts is just John Pertwee driving around on a variety of silly vehicles. Oh, amazing. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun, but it, it, it does drag a bit. Um, okay. Uh, the power of Kroll, uh, part of the key to time series, of course, uh, the power of Daleks, is a good Dalek story, to say the least. No um, such thing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the timeless classic, Pyramids of Mars. Yeah. Mm. So, there you go. A lot of very strong classic uh, stories there, and also some that I literally cannot remember any details about. <laughs> um, writers. We've got Vinay Patel. Demons of the Punjab, Fugitive of the Jadoon. Ah, yeah. Even if he never writes another thing for Doctor Who, that's quite a legacy. Yeah. Yeah, two two uh, of the best from the Chibnall era. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, we've got uh, Victor Pemberton, who wrote Fury from the Deep. Not a story I've experienced yet. Uh, I must pick up the animation at some point and give that one a go. We've got Mark Platt, who wrote Ghostlight, um, which was one of McCoy's final series. Um, I watched it not too long ago, only a few weeks ago. I still haven't decided whether I liked it or not. Oh, wow. It is... I mean, you know me, Matt. I like a bonkers Doctor Who story. Yeah. You like it out there, don't you? Yeah, I do. Ghostlight might be a little too much for me. Right. It is that bad. Um, I think I think I liked it, but I, I need to give it another watch at some point. Is it more mad than that one we watched where with Carcass? Is that called The Mind Robber? I always forget what that one is. Um, I'd say it is more mad because that one 
is uh, that one is very Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. But they very they very dis- they make a very conscious choice to like take the Doctor and his companions out of out of the normal realms of time and space and like we've in the land of fiction and you know mm. it's very you know here we are we're gonna we're gonna adhere to dream logic here because we've we've bent the rules ghostlight ostensibly seems to take place on our earth but nobody in that story acts like an actual human being <laughs> and um it's just it's it's wild. It's it's like art house Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I liked it, but yeah, I'm not sure. Um, uh, any anyway, subsequently to that, I think Mark Platt's done quite a lot for Big Finish because, of course, coming in right at the very end of of Classic Who, he never really got a fair crack of the whip. I think as a writer, um, and <coughs> Eric Pringle who uh, wrote The Awakening, apparently, which... Do I even remember The Awakening? Which one's that? I'm just Googling it now. Fifth Doctor, Tegan and Turlow, <clears throat> set in the fictional vi- vi- English village of Little Hodcombe in 1984. In the serial, a psychic alien creature called the Malice takes control of Sir George Hutchinson to feed and awaken it with the help of deadly reenactments of the English Civil War. Ah, yes, no. And it was that very last bit at the end is like, where I suddenly remember. Yeah, because before then, that was just the most generic description of any episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh no, really... an alien menace is plaguing someone. <laughs> <laughs> Some small English village. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's like a whilst you were reading, that, I was like, "Is London. that the demons?" <laughs> like, could have been anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I d- yeah, I, I'll be honest. Not it, it, it obviously didn't leave much of an impression on me. So, um, the other writer that I've I've kind of saved till last because really does merit a bit more discussion is Kit Pedler. Okay. Does that does that name ring a bell with you? Never heard of him. What if I tell you that he was a writer or co-writer on the following stories? The Tenth Planet, The Moon Base, Tomb of the Cyberman, The Weird in Space and The Invasion. The thing those stories all have in common, Matt, is the Cybermen. Oh, God. He, he He's to is, blame, then, is he? He's to blame. He is the creator of the Cybermen. Right. So, um... And... As I've said before, many a time, Cybermen, my favourite uh, classic monster. I think I gave Terry Nation the nod, didn't I? When we did N. You did. So it would be churlish of me not to give Kit Pedler the nod on this occasion. Especially as I like Cybermen more than I like Daleks. But it's Pertwee, isn't it? Yeah. It's got to be. I think this is the first time we've both picked the same thing. Yeah, I I try to go different to you, when um because but I can't you know, to to say it's anything other than Pertwee would would be completely disingenuous of me. Do you know what? Do you know what? It's on the record that I did say Pertwee, but I'm going to change mine to Bill Potts. 
Go for it. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Then we're covering the ba- all bases. There's two very you know, strong picks. Yeah. And frankly, I think I don't think any either of us would have disagreed if one of us had said Pons either, because, mm. you know, a great... Moffat, Moffat had some good companions, didn't he? Yeah. He like, really did. like I say, uh, I, I, I think about... I was thinking about this a lot in the wake, because... I, I keep defending Matt Smith and going, yeah, he's my favourite Doctor. And yeah. I, I, again, I think I've probably even said this on pod, but like, I, I enjoyed his era because it was fun. But like, I even said this on the after show when we were recording. Now, if someone says, you know, picture the Doctor, it's Capaldi for me. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think... Yeah. Like I say, Capaldi's the best Doctor, but just that first series just wasn't very fun, <laughs> you know. No, it's not. But it's like I think with the thing with Capaldi, it's like you've got to acquire the taste. Yeah, you've got to really put the time in. Let let him sort of sink into your consciousness, and by the end of that run, you, you know you'll be hard-pressed not not to love his Doctor, I think. Yeah. You have to be in it for the long haul. You have to see his yeah. progression. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what a great run. Um, all right, then. I think... We didn't even mention the Peters, did we? Peter Davison, Peter Capaldi. Yeah. Yeah, you know, even more Doctors there to consider. But anyway, no, I'm sticking with Pertwee. Yeah. No. Okay. A lot of high-caliber choices this week. Absolutely. Uh, Should we do the A to Z? Because it'll take us about 30 seconds this week. Yeah, go on then. What letter are we doing this week, Matt? Uh, We're doing Q this week, David. Okay, great. I, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. There's surely loads of stuff to talk about for I the mean, letter Q. Obviously, so much comes to mind. Uh, would you like some yeah. episodes that start with Q? Boy, would I. Well, tough luck. I haven't got any. <laughs> uh, would you want to hear some cla- some classic uh, stories to begin with Q? Always. Yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, there are none. So. Excellent. Uh, would you like some yeah, got that up, cast and characters that start with Q? Yes. Yes, I would. Uh, well, tough luck, there aren't any. <laughs> well, um, let's talk about writers then, shall we? Yeah. Um, do you want, you want some writers that begin with Q? Oh, yes, please. So do I. <laughs> hey, we're racing through it. Do you want some aliens? Yeah. Yes. Uh, what about the Queen Bat? <laughs> oh, from Caves of Androzani? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so far, that is our front runner. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then there is a character. Well, it's a race, but also a character mm-hmm. from class. Obviously, my favourite Doctor Who spin-off. Uh, yes. Called the Quill. So then one of the, oh, yes. one of the characters adopts the name Miss Quill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that counts, I guess. That's something. Yeah. Uh, 
But only true connoisseurs uh, like me that have seen class know that. Mm. So, it's, I've never had to do this before, Matt. But I'm I'm tempted to look at production codes. Right. Well just to get something for Q. I, I did a deep dive today. Okay. Yeah. I kind of have four or five go to websites I check, like the list of alien names, mm-hmm. the list of episode names, list of cast and crew. And I've had to do yeah. a bit of a venture away from them to look for probably more niche references. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I've got one from the TV. I, you might know this better than me. I think it's a classic story. Sharda? Mm. Oh, yes. Well, Sharda was the one that was never completed. Okay. Due to, due to uh, industrial action. Okay. Um, was it ever released as like an audio? Well, that's the thing. Because it, it was this sort of like this rarity, a, a, a lost Tom Baker story, um, it, it, it very quick... And also it was written by Douglas Adams. So it very quickly took on a bit of a life of its own. So if I tell you, Sharda, first of all, Douglas Adams reused elements from the story for the third Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy novel. Uh-huh. Um, it then spawned um a, a a big there was a big finnish audio adaptation featuring the eighth doctor there were i think there have been two separate novelizations okay there have been uh fan attempts to um like salvage the because mat- the, the material that was shot is out there um there were fan attempts to i think to like sort of use those and like combine that with animation um ultimately a couple of years ago there was an official bbc version um i think prior to that there was a vhs release which had tom baker doing like linking duration for the existing elements um there have been just countless versions of shahada so despite being a, a story that never actually aired on British television, it probably has more iterations than almost any other classic Doctor Who story. Right. Well, you might have to pardon my ignorance because I don't know which version this comes from. Okay. Okay. So this is from... I'm going to read you an extract from TARDIS Wikia that I believe links to that story. Yeah. Okay. Q was the 17th letter of the alphabet following P and preceding R. When trying to remember young Parsons' name, Professor Cronotis went through the alphabet with the Doctor and Romana too. They started at ABC ah. and eventually got to PQR before he skipped to X and Y. So, actually, David, I'm going to go for the letter Q as my submission <laughs> this week. Ah, <laughs> oh, fair enough. Um... Right, before I nail it down, I'm, should we do production codes for a change? Yeah, it'd be interesting. Let you know to which know. production codes we. So, first all up, those, we have. All those nerds that listen, they'll be loving this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've got the Space Museum, was the first production code featuring the letter Q. Then we had, in the Second Doctor era, QQ, 
The Web of Fear. Two stories that I like so far. Then we go into the into the triples. We've got QQQ. That's Frontier in Space. Um, which is, yeah, a decent Pertwee. 4Q, The Face of Evil. Um, which is fun Tom Baker story. So we've got one per Doctor so far. 5Q, that's another Doctor, uh, a fourth Doctor one. Megloss. Uh, 6Q, Planet of Fire. So we're into the fifth Doctor's era there. Does, um, uh, Colin Baker doesn't even get a Q story. By the time we get to 7Q, it's Ghost Light. Which we talked about last week. And then that's that, because uh, the new series didn't even use uh, letters in their production codes. Wow. So, I mean, I'll be honest. I like a lot of those stories, but there's none in there that I'm like, oh, wow, yes, Stone Cold Classic, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is this is off, off the top of my head. Just because when you mentioned the Queen Bat... I started thinking about other queens in Doctor Who. And I think I'm going to go with Queen Elizabeth II. No, not sorry, not Queen Elizabeth. No, that's the current one, isn't it? Let yeah, me try that is, that is again. the queen, yes. <laughs> no, I, I meant, of course, Queen Elizabeth I. Um, purely because I love the payoff in The Day of the Doctor when we've had all of these oblique references in New Who prior to, you know, uh, you know, obviously it starts with the Shakespeare Code when uh, Queen Elizabeth turns up and sort of sets her guards yes. on um, on the Doctor and he's utterly clueless as to why, because it, it hasn't happened yet for him. Um, and then we get that payoff all those series later. Um I think that's great fun and 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 something that only Doctor Who could do. Hmm. I'm just trying to think of other queens. I might I might go for Queen Elizabeth the Tenth. I might go for Liz Ten. Ah uh, yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, I it, as cheesy as it is, I love that line. Basically, I rule. What about Queen Nefertiti? Uh, I, I mean, she was there. She oh. was present for an episode of Doctor Who. I might go Queen of the Ragnos. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Have we had any other alien queens? I don't believe so. Uh, I mean, well, there probably have been, and I just can't... I can't dredge them up, you know, just on the fly. Um, But I think that's it. I I can't... Yeah, I'm sticking with it. Queen Elizabeth I is my answer. Right. Queen of the Ragnos is mine. Right. Okay, go. right. I'm really, really sorry, Matt. I'm going to have to quickly dash to the loo. Wow. Um, this is a new so, segment oh. I didn't see coming. <laughs> Please edit this out, Matt. David Poop. <laughs> David Poop. David Poop, 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 Poop. Oh, yeah. David, 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 David Poop. So yeah, that about does it for Q then, I suppose. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so hopefully with R next week we'll have something something more substantial to get our teeth into. I expect so. It's a one-pointer in Scrabble. There ought yeah. to be a fair for you to discuss. Um, should we do? Should we do the old A to Z? Yeah. Get it out of the way. Get it out yeah, the way. we've got a fair few to discuss this week, I think. Yep. Right. Would you like to rate some episodes? Uh, yes, I would. Absolutely. Right. Well, we'll start at the very beginning, David, with Rose. Uh, um, yeah, it's got its problems, but it, um, it sort of did the impossible, really, didn't it? Mm. It managed to present... Doctor Who in a form that felt true to the spirit of Doctor Who, but fresh and modern. Um, an amazing feat in that respect. And I'm so fascinated to see if RTD can pull that trick off twice. Because as fresh and modern as Rose felt in 2005, you can't put that on TV in uh, 2023. No, no. And expect people to think it's anything other than incredibly dated. So, um, yeah, I, I I cannot wait to see how RTD tackles. It, it's in many ways the exact same problem that he had back in 2005. How do you make Doctor Who relevant for a modern audience? Mm. Be interesting to see. It will, it will. What do you think of Rise of the Cybermen? That is the first part, I yeah. think, of the the uh, Cyberman two parter. Prob, I'm trying to think whether I think that's the stronger of the two or not. I don't know that that whole story is just kind of just cruises along on a nice even six out of ten, doesn't it? Pretty much the whole way through. What about the Runaway Bride? Um, I, I've I've warmed to it a bit over the years. Didn't like it uh, back in the day, but I think my love for Donna in series four makes makes me more inclined to kind of look favourably upon it. And the Ragnos are ridiculous. Mm. We'll get to them in a moment. Yeah. What about the Rebel Flesh? Uh, yeah, I'll still stick up for it. I like it. Rings of Akatep. Uh, visually, I think it's got some great stuff going on. Uh, but one good speech does not a story make. Uh, what about Robot of Sherwood? Uh, yeah, it's good. It's not though. Uh, Return yeah, of Doctor Mysterio. Also good. It, there's a, I, I, there's there seems to be a good chunk of fandom that claim that Return of Doctor Mysterio is like the worst Christmas special, the worst Capaldi episode. People will really give that story a beating. It's charming. Yeah, it's okay. I didn't mind it. I, I don't know what people are on about when they bash it that like that. Anyway, um, what about Rosa? Uh, yes, good. 
overall good. And then two episodes I had to Google because I didn't know which one was which. Resolution and Revolution of the Daleks. Um, yes, both solid. I like Resolution slightly more of the two. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Should we do some Aliens? Uh, yes, let's do it. Or, do it or do you, you or, to, you well, do you want to, do you want to do the, I was just thinking, do you want to do the classic stories first? Yeah, go Last on. Last run stories. So the ones I need to mention are Reign of Terror, Remembrance of the Daleks, The Rescue, Resurrection of the Daleks, Revelation of the Daleks, um, and, uh, the Rebus Operation. Oh, oh, and, uh. Some robot ones. We've got robot, robots of death, the Romans. I think that's everything on this list. That, of those, uh, the rescue is the best. Um, you've not seen the Rebus operation yet. No. Remembrance but... of the Daleks. I remember I wasn't a fan of that, but I'm excited to do a little bit more of McCoy Doctor. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy McCoy. You might enjoy McCoy more than me, to be honest. I'm not sure. Um, I... Um, I, I will say when it comes to all of the Dalek stories beginning with R I, I have such a hard time keeping which one's which in my head so don't expect me to, to kind of tell you which of those I liked and which I didn't um, yeah Rebus Operation is a personal favourite of mine from that list um, can we tackle aliens? let's do it what do you think of the Rock? I do not know who they are off the top of my head. No, me neither. Uh, and then I can't... Basically, on the list I looked at, it had the Slovene, but under their full name, so the Raxif Florian, blah, 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 blah. Ah, uh, yeah, can't sure. Up. I can't remember it. Right? Yeah. What about the Ragnos? Um, yeah, great design. Yeah. And, and great OTT performance. Like... I think in a regular episode, it would be a bit much, but for a Christmas special, sure, ham it up. Mm. What about a personal favourite of mine, David? They're coming back under RTD. It's the Reapers. Reapers? You know what? I'd kind of love it if they had the balls to just be like, yeah, we've decided this particular time anomaly is going to be a Reaper-worthy one again. Mm. (laughs) Don't ask us why. But we're doing them again. I'd love that. Yeah. What about Rodians? Um, I don't know what they are. No, they were just. Oh, I think they're a class thing. Looking at this list. Oh, they are. Yeah. They're the main enemies in class. They're the one that hate the quills. Oh, the shadow elf people. Yeah. Uh, uh, wasn't a big fan of the design. I love everything about class. I'm yeah. Absolute Doctor Who connoisseur. Uh, yeah. What about the Ribosians? Um. Uh. To be honest, they. I'm pretty sure they're basically just humans, just on a different planet. Yeah. At least that's the way they come across in in the Rebus operations. So. And then the final one I've got, David. This is the one word that was getting people blocked this week. Yeah. You know I hate them. It's the Rutans. The only race oh. not welcome on Earth. You 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 uh, side with the Sontarans on this, yeah. do you? Yeah. 
I realised after I watched that yeah. episode last week, I've seen the Rutans. They're in the Doctor Who adventure game I was playing. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I will mention, because <laughs> this is this is I don't know whether you're like this or not, Matt. When you say something wrong and you realise afterwards, but it's too late to correct it, does it slightly eat away at you? Oh, for, I, mean, I don't sleep for weeks long. after things like that. So, cast your mind back to series four. <laughs> okay. Do you remember when we did the Santara two-parter? Yeah. You mentioned that because there's a reference to the Rutans in that that story, you know, the ongoing war between the Santarans and the Rutans, and you asked me, I think, have we ever like seen them on, on classic Doctor Who? And I think I sort of offhandedly said, no, nah, I don't think so. I forgot that they feature in the horror of Fang Rock. And I realised a couple of weeks later, but I was like, it would be so petty to retroactively correct myself two weeks later on the podcast. So I was like, next time it sort of comes up naturally and I have an opportunity, I'll address it. It's fine, David. You, you can sleep in peace now. <laughs> so that's, that has been just vaguely in the back of my head for about two years at this yeah, point. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I and our listeners forgive you. Yeah. I'm not a fake fan, guys. I really do like Doctor Who. Yeah. I'm sure you'll be fine. Right. Um, all right. So, Last thing I've got uh, is some cast and crew and characters. Yeah, go for it. I've got Romana One. Yeah, my favourite of the Romanas. Oh, Fight me. I feel bad having Romana Two next then, after you've slammed her performance. Well, to be fair, she is my my second favourite of the of the Romanas. So. Just to be controversial, even though I've never seen them, I prefer two to one. To be fair, that's that's probably the more common opinion. Then we have Rose Tyler, David. We do, yeah. Okay. And then we have... I, I feel like, we, you know, we've discussed Rose enough yeah. at this point, surely. And then we have my pick for the A to Z. As soon yeah. as I knew we were doing R... It was always going to be River Song. Yeah. Solid choice. Yeah. My favourite character in all of Doctor Who. Really? Yeah. That's... Um, Except I mean, for I can't... Lady Christina, that girl out of <laughs> class. Um, <laughs> that, that pig from Daleks Take Manhattan. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know. But she makes you top five anyway. Yeah, yeah, she's she scrapes her way in there. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I'm going to mention a few writers quickly. There aren't many to go through. We've got um, Gareth Roberts. No further comment needed. Uh, we've got Hel Helen Rayner, who wrote the. Um, Daleks uh, in Manhattan two-parter and then in the following series did the Sontaran two-parter we mentioned earlier um, Anthony Reid whose sole contribution was the Horns of Nymon we're getting Look, there. Really we'll, get, we'll get yeah. to it soon enough don't worry we, we will we will and uh, Ella Rhodes who uh, wrote the episode we're going to be talking about next week Legend of the Sea Devils so not a not a massive list, and none of those, to be honest, 
jump out at me. Um, I'm just trying to rack my brains to think if there are any actors that I've, I'm, I'm blanking on or anything. Uh, you could have had Michelle Ryan. Oh, yes. Um, oh, Eric Roberts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, none of the doctors have got our surnames. No. So, otherwise, that's, that's usually a good fallback. I'm going to be honest, I'm struggling this week. I might have to pick a pick a story. Um, Go for the Reapers. Nah, I, I think I'm going to say Rebus Operation. Really? Uh, it's, the, it's the first story in The Key to Time. It's a great Robert Holmes script. Um, you've got Fourth Doctor and Romana One. It's a, it's a real uh, comfort watch for me. That story. Nice. Um, I was when I was when I was in a bit a bit of a rough place uh, last year. I ended up throwing on the Reboss Operation, and then over the following couple of months, just rewatched the entirety of the Key to Time series. Um, just and, and it made you, know. you feel much worse, if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Did not help. Um, so there we go. Yeah, Reboss Operation. That's going to be my pick. Right, you best sit comfortably because there's loads this week. Yeah, yeah, there are. Right, do you want some episodes? Go for it. What about school reunion? Good. Mm, disagree. Satan Pit. Good. Great, I'd say. Smith and Jones. Good. Yeah, it was okay. Sound of Drums. Ah, uh, that's the middle one of those three, isn't it? Yeah, so I'll say uh, decent. Is that the one where the master can blast off like a rocket? No, that's the end of time. Oh. He's I... not gone quite that far at that point. Yeah. It's the... So you've got Utopia, which is the one where he regenerates. Yeah. Then Sound of Drums is the first of that two-parter, and it ends with uh, the Doctor locked up, and I think it's the, the last... The last episode of that is Last of the Time Lords, and that's the one where you've got the Doctor in in Dobby form being magically restored through the power of prayer. Because I, I know I say the Master blasts um, off like a rocket. What yeah. I actually mean is he blasts off like a sea devil, as we'll talk about later. <laughs> oh, we will. We will. Yeah. I had the same thought, Matt. Yeah. What about the Sontaran um, Stratagem? <clears throat> it's uh yeah it's okay it's it, it's a decent introduction to the Santarans, i think mm. what about silence in the library good episode yeah i'm with you on that i'm with you on that stolen earth i don't love that two-parter finale as much as a lot of people do I think it it's. I don't like RTD so much when he tries to go big. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's a great use of Davros. What about the Snowmen? Yeah, good. One of my favourite Christmas specials. What about Sleep No More? Uh, swing and a miss. Smile. 
good. I can't remember that one at all. Um, it's basically uh, uh, twelve and Bill walking around uh, a weird empty uh, base with the you know the little emoji robots. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do yeah. know it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. Worth a rewatch, I'd say. I mean, it's it's good because it's 12 and Bill, basically. Mm. That's what makes it good. What about the first episode we reviewed this year, Spyfall Part 1? <sighs> it's okay. It's okay. What about... The second episode we reviewed this year, Spyfall <laughs> Part 2. It's slightly less okay. What about an episode we reviewed about three weeks ago, Survivors of the Flux? Uh, it's alright, but the, the weakest part of Flux, I'd say. Right. Want some aliens? Um... Before we do, shall I do the classics? And yeah. we'll, we'll, you know, we can we can wrap wrap that up. So, uh, classic stories we've got to consider: uh, the savages, the seeds of death, the seeds of doom. I can never remember which of those is which. <laughs> one of them's Troughton, one of them's Tom Baker, but don't uh, don't ask me any more than that. Uh, the censorites, the story that never was and then was a thousand times. Sharda. Um, oh, you didn't mention the Shakespeare Code, did you, man? Oh, I don't think I did, no. Yeah, yeah. I like it's to shite. that out of my memory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Silver Nemesis. Um, the Smugglers. Snake Dance. Um, I like the sound of Oh, Snake Dance. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, uh, the Space Museum. Uh, the Space Pirates. Spearhead from Space. Oh, it's a great one. Yeah. Uh, State of Decay. The Stones of Blood. Personal favourite of mine. The Sun Makers. And, of course, Survival, which was the final story of the McCoy era. And, therefore, depending on whether or not you count the TV movie, the final story of the classic era. So um, they could go. Lots of stories beginning with S there. Lots of directions you could go in. So, for aliens, I've cut a few out here, David, because there's bloody hundreds yeah. of them. Yeah, we'll just do the big ones. Right. The Saturnine. Oh, uh, from Vampires of Venice. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I. Yeah, they could they could come back, couldn't they? You could do something else with them. You'd have to do it at an earlier point in their history. Hmm. Or, you know, be like, oh, they thought they were the last, but actually there was this whole other colony of them or or something. Yeah. It is, because it is, regrettably perhaps, one of many stories in, in the modern era that ends with the genocide of an entire species. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Right. What about Scarecrows? Uh, from Family of Blood. Yep. Yeah. I. 
villains. Yeah, not real. They're not the they're real just, villains, are they? So they're, they're just scarecrows. They're just yeah, they're cannon fodder. Right, one we'll talk about a lot today: Sea Devils. Love them. Uh, last week, David, you know, you said, "Don't you hate it when you get things wrong and it follows you for ages?" Yeah. Right. I think we said that the Rodians were the bad guys in class. And they're not. Right. I'm pretty certain oh, okay. they're the good guys, because the bad guys are the Shadowkin. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, it shows how many people I mean, listen, because we've got no complaints <laughs> or no corrections. I think it, it shows you how many people give two shits about class. <laughs> it's better than Doctor Who. But only connoisseurs like me know that. Yeah. What about the silence? The silence, yeah. I don't know. A, a great concept absolutely run into the ground. By the time you get to the end of the Matt Smith era, I'm like, I never want to see what these guys ever again. What about Silurians? Love a Silurian. Now, I wrote these down again because I thought I'd missed yeah. them, but I've just realised I've just written it down twice. What about the Sea Devils? <laughs> yeah, they're good. Yeah. What about the Sisterhood of Khan? Um, yeah, I... I mean... You've got you've got the Sisterhood that, that feature in the Brain of Morbius, which you've seen, obviously. Yeah. And they're kind of... They're there for that story and then kind of not a big deal afterwards in that very classic Who way where, you know, continuity just isn't really a thing. But I kind of, I really like what Moffat did with the Sisterhood of Khan. Like giving us just enough to make make them feel more significant. Not that they aren't significant if you take at face value everything you learn about them in The Brain of Morbius. It's just kind of weird that you would have this race that are basically pivotal to Time Lord history and they're mentioned in one story and then never again. But, you know, that's Doctor Who for you, isn't it? What do you think of the Slovene? I don't like them. I, I I get that there is a generation of fans at this point who are genuinely nostalgic about this living, but uh, you know they 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 nearly they nearly put me off watching uh, the Eccleston series back in the day. What about the Sontarans? Uh, yeah, I really like the Sontarans. I I think they are probably top of the B tier, aren't they? They're better than those stupid Rutans, aren't they? <laughs> Certainly if you ask a Sontaran. What about a Star Whale? I mean, it, sure. I thought you, we were just doing the, the important ones. Alright, what about the Stenza? Missed opportunity. Some people have, have been like, oh, the Stens are always rubbish. It's like, no, you could do something with them as a concept. Chibnall just chose not to. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know that anyone's going to be rushing to bring the Stenser back at this point. 
What about the swarm from my favourite episode? Uh, what, Planet of the Dead? Oh, yes. Shite. Crap CGI sting race. I think you owe me an apology there, David. <laughs> um, and finally, for me, the Sycorax. Yeah, another one that I'd say is due a comeback. Kind of surprised that that's one um, Chibnall didn't consider dusting off. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Right, do you want some characters? Uh, yeah, alright. Have you got any classic aliens I missed before we move on? Nothing that I can be asked to talk about, no. Right, what about Susan Foreman? Uh... I mean, talking about wasted potential, I don't think there's a better example in the history of Doctor Who. What about Stephen Taylor? I like Stephen. He's all right. Have we watched any uh, Stephen stories? I don't think so. No. No. What about Sarah Jane Smith? (sighs) She... That this that's the first thing in the world I've I've really thought you know there's a contender for somewhat uh, for my actual nomination for this week. Mm. And then I've only got two more. I've got yeah Sylvester McCoy. Oh yeah, yeah. And Matt Smith. <sighs> Sarah Jane. Is suddenly not looking quite so, uh, quite so. Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like comfortable mm. in her position there. I'd say. Straight um, off the bat, I'm going Matt Smith. Hard to disagree. Uh, before before we uh, I, we do, I'm gonna quickly mention some writers, if you don't mind. Oh, go on. It's got Eric Sayward, uh, writer and and also script editor for much of uh, the uh, JNT era, wrote The Visitation, Earthshock, Resurrection of the Daleks, Revelation of the Daleks, and, you know, had a heavy hand in a lot of other bits as well. Uh, Leslie Scott, who wrote The Ark, um, which is, you know, a personal favourite of the Hartnell era. Robert Shearman, only the one TV credit, but widely credited as kind of one of the kings of Big Finish, you know, hasn't got a massive back catalogue in a way a lot of Big Finish writers do, but pretty much every single story with that he, he is credited with is like a fan favourite. So very high success rate. Derek Sherwin who uh, co-wrote The Invasion um, and I believe was also a uh, script editor for a while. Um, Robert Sloman, who wrote The Time Monster, The Green uh, Death and Planet of the Spiders, all co-writes with Barry Letts. I kind of quite enjoy... (laughs) Yeah, I, 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 I enjoy their work together. It must be said. Uh, Andrew Smith is an interesting one. Um, He wrote Full Circle for late period Tom Baker uh, and never came back to Doctor Who because 
when he wrote Full Circle, I think he was the youngest ever writer on Doctor Who. He was, I don't know, 17 or 18, something like that. Which is an incredible feat to get your yeah, script produced pretty, at that age. And after that, he went on to have a full-time career in the police force, worked his way quite quite high up the ranks there, and nowadays he's enjoying a happy retirement and uh, knocking out the occasional Big Finish script in his spare time. Oh, wow. Um, so he's, he's kind of, if you like, come full circle. Um, but yeah, life. yeah. So I, I, a really interesting story. In some ways, you, you, you could say he was almost the first fan writer for the show. In the way that you know, every writer of New Who mm-hmm. is kind of writing from the perspective of a fan of the classic series. He was sort of the first to do that in a way. Um, Dennis Spooner. Uh, wrote Reign of Terror, The Romans, The Time Meddler, The Daleks Master Plan, also was a uh, script editor for a while. Anthony Stephen, your favourite classic story writer, I believe, um, gave us the all-time classic The Twin Dilemma. Oh, he's royalty. (laughs) But, you know, you must be torn between choosing him or Eric Sayward, who, of course, wrote the novelisation of the twin dilemma, yeah. which you've also greatly enjoyed. Yeah, just the pair of them. There should be yeah. a little Mount Rushmore just with them two on. <laughs> the dream team. So a couple more writers: Robert Banks Stewart, who wrote *Terror of the Zygons* and *The Seeds of Doom*, uh, and Bill Strutton, who wrote *The Web Planet*. Um, you know, for good or ill, take your pick there. Um, so a lot of writers, a lot of interesting writers there, uh, covering a really broad swathe of the show's history, but none that kind of leap out as, oh yeah, that guy, uh, to me. So in, in a rare example of us being on exactly the same page, I'm also saying Matt Smith. Oh, really? Brilliant Doctor. And I think, you know... It was, I've said before, it was around the time of the 50th anniversary was when I realised just how far gone I was. And I was like, oh no, I'm I'm a proper Doctor Who fan. You know, up until that point, I, I'd sort of assumed I liked it about as much as most other people. Mm-hmm. And it was the 50th where I realised, oh no, I... I, I I like this more than most people do, don't now, I? Now that I've watched all of New Who, yeah. am I a yeah. Doctor Who fan? That is maybe something we should address next week, Matt. But we're not here next week. This is our last ever episode. <laughs> all right, then. If you want to do it right here and right now, sure. Are you a Doctor Who fan, Matt? No. All right. Um, Moving yeah. on. Great. <laughs> Well, I tried. You can't say I didn't try. If you were a Doctor Who fan, would Matt Smith be your favourite Doctor? Um, I, I've changed my mind on that. For a long yeah. time, yes. I think I think Capaldi probably is, but Matt Smith's era is my favourite. Right, so you enjoy the stories more of the Matt Smith era. Yeah, we were talking about this this week. Uh, yeah. The boys from the... Not the Cloister Bell. Who can convince you? We're asking yeah. about Matt Smith, and I, I, it was just good fun. Yeah, 
it's I, 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 I'm firmly of the opinion that I think of all the new Who doctors, Matt Smith was the most adept at taking a mediocre or problematic script and just spinning it into something wonderful on the strength of his performance alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking about episodes like The Power of Three or... Um, uh, oh, like Cold, Cold War. You know, episodes like that that just like... this. It could have been boring, it could have been underwhelming, but there is something about his performance where he just brings such dynamism and energy to the screen that you can't help but be swept along by it. Mm. So, yeah, yeah it's, Matt, it's Matt Smith for me, definitely. I, I just like a lot of his stories aren't let's go blasting around the universe. It's like, oh, mm. I'm sat at home having a cup of tea and something's just interrupted it. You know what I mean? It's like grounded yeah. more yeah. than others. And I think, you know, Rory and Amy are, are key to that in a way. There's something about having a couple in the TARDIS that gives you gives you something to root for because obviously the kind of the... the you know the thing with with uh, with couples is ultimately what they tend to do is kind of settle down together. So there's that tension, isn't there? Of like sooner or later they're going to have to settle down, mm. and this is all going to end. So so there's something pulling them back. Um, I don't know whether I'm making any sense or not, but like I I say, so you compare that to someone like Rose where it's just she decided she's going to just tag along with the Doctor and then that's it. She's kind of like cut loose from our plane of existence at that point. Yeah. In a way that um, I feel like the ponds kind of weren't. So Um, here's a question to wrap up the A to Z this week, David. Yeah. We have matched on Matt Smith. Hmm. Can you think of any other instances where we have matched in the A to Z? Oh, I think if we did, it would have been another Doctor. I'm going to say maybe Pertwee. Uh, I went for Bill Potts when you went for Pertwee. Oh, did you? Right, okay. I can't then. I can't think what else it would Uh, be. That's good, because we didn't. Uh, The closest we've come... Is I said the Judoon and you specified your Judoon mug. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. And then one week you said K9 and I said K9 and company. Yeah. Did did I did I mention on pod that about a week after that episode I broke my Judoon mug? Oh, I don't think you did. <laughs> no, I think I was genuinely too cut up about it to mention it at the time. Oh. It fell out of the cupboard. Oh, that's like... It's fitting that we send it off in our last ever episode. Yeah, I kind of felt bad at the time. I was like, well, at least... I mean, as Jadoon mugs go, it's got to be one of the most celebrated and beloved. Oh, David, so I'm going... It on, had a good innings. I'm going on eBay. Just... We did a bit of eBay in last week. Let's have a look. Jadoon mug. Um, oh, there's quite a few. 
There's quite a few. Different designs. Yeah, but I, weirdly, I know what yours looks like, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think yours is there. I'm going to have to have a look here. Right, I can save that for off-pod. I'm sure that's very boring <laughs> for any listeners. <laughs> That's 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 probably enough on that, isn't it? Uh, shall we do the old A to Z? Yep, we can do. So we're up to T this week. We are. We are. Where do you want to start, Matt? Um, I don't know, because as much as we've joked about our pod coming to the end, it hit me today that the A to Z's almost coming to an end, and I need to... <laughs> we've got about two months left of this. I really need to think about where we're going after this. Yeah, I mean, when it would, it's not going to be that much longer that we'll be into. Um, uh, but, but, well, I'm blanking on it now. Really big quiz. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, maybe we can just hold on until then. Yeah, we've always got meal of the week in the back pocket if we need to. <laughs> we can do a limited run. Yeah. On meal of the week. Yeah. Um, all right then. So, you got some episodes for me? I do, I do. Um, what do you think of Tooth and Claw? It's okay. What about Turn Left? <sighs> well executed, but I don't like it. What about Time of Angels? Good. What about, and I've decided, David, this episode is like... Probably in my bottom five ever that we've ever watched. Uh-huh. What about Town Called Mercy? <laughs> Whoa, that that's a strong opinion. It's, it's, it's decent. I like it. I've just decided I really don't like it. <laughs> All right, then. I'm not entirely certain why, but I just didn't like it. Fair enough. What about Time of the Doctor? Uh... <laughs> Absolute hot mess, but what the good bits are really good. What about Time Heist? Uh, yeah, really solid. Like that one. What about Twice Upon a Time? The word time's coming up a lot, isn't it? Yes, it will continue to. Um, so, Twice Upon a Time. Uh, yes, good. Lovely send-off. What about the Saranga Conundrum? Boring. And what, but I like the pating. What about the timeless children? Uh, also boring, but I like the concept. Just not the execution. What do you think is the best episode that starts with T? Uh, it's none of the ones you've mentioned. It's Thin Ice. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know why I skipped that one. Yeah. Is that the submarine yeah, th- one? Uh, no, that's the, uh, the Frost Fair one with Bill. And the big ah, the big tent. fish. Yeah. Yeah, that one's that's okay. A, that's a great episode. That is just a great way to spend 45 minutes. Mm. Love that story. Would you like some um, uh, aliens? Or are you going to do classic episodes? Uh, I'll do the classic episodes and then I can look at a different list. Um, okay, so you said that time's going to come up a lot. You've, you have no idea, Matt. Right, so uh, Talents of Wing Chiang. Good story, but deeply problematic. Sounds very culturally insensitive. <laughs> oh, 
yeah, we we don't have time. We don't have time to, to dwell on on uh, just how insensitive talent of Wayne Chiang is. Um, the tenth planet. Oh yeah, which you have seen, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Pretty important episode. Uh, Terminus, Terror of the Autons, Terror of the Vervoids, Terror of the Zygons. Those are your terrors there. Uh, the Three Doctors, which we must get around to at some point. Uh, Time in the Rani, which again you have seen. Uh, Time Flight. The Time Meddler. The Time Monster. The Time Warrior. Time Lash. Tomb of the Cybermen. Uh, and the, uh, the Twin Dilemma and the Two Doctors rounding us out so a lot of very strong uh, classic stories beginning with T there mm, twin dilemma I mean, what a classic yeah yeah I mean there are some genuinely significant ones you know you've got uh, time meddler first fe- uh, first story to feature another uh, time lord even though the, the phrase time lord itself is not used in that story but uh, you know, that character is spe- specifically referred to as being the same species as the Doctor. Uh, you've got uh, the Time Warrior, which introduced the Sontarans. Uh, you know, Terror of the Autons. Oh, there's loads of good ones in there. Hard to choose, isn't it? Mm. Uh, let's talk aliens, then. Uh, I've got the Tenza from Night Terrors. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Not to be confused with the Stenza. No, just the Tenza. Yeah. I had to Google uh, what right it then. was because I just had no idea. Is that what the little boy is? Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, and that is it from New Who. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the ones, the main ones we've got to mention are Terraleptils from The Visitation. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely love the Terraleptals and I would love to see you who have a crack at updating them because uh, do, you, do you want to quickly Google Terraleptil? Uh, I will. And you can have a look at the design and just think about what an interesting challenge that would be to try and make a a modern take on a Terraleptil that actually holds up in the HD era. Um, yeah, leave them where they are. <laughs> Just leave those well alone. I mean, okay. what are they? Like a fish frog monster? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but they're they're a very they're reptilian, but they they are very like scientific and advanced. They're not they're not just like uh, you know bumbling monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I always prefer that, you know. I like a scientifically advanced race that can really go toe to toe. Otherwise, you know, what if I had one criticism of Yu Who in general is its tendency for the monsters to fall into the realm of basically a slightly novel twist on zombies. It's like, ah, uh, we're doing mud zombies this week, or we're doing um, brick zombies, mm. or whatever. Um, and, and they just become sort of cannon fodder. Whereas I, I like, I like uh, an alien race that you know has access to space travel or, or you know, technology that is advanced by Earth standards. 
Anyway, um, the Tet Traps as well, probably worth a mention. Uh, they featured in Time and the Rani, uh, which... Let's say that you, you'd watched Time of the Rani. You've, of course, watched Mark of the Rani, haven't you? You've not watched Time of the Rani. That's right, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Tet Traps are fun. And I genuinely, again, I like the design on them. And uh, The other one we really have to mention, I think... Uh, well, there's two, actually, looking at this list. Uh, the first is the Thals, who... Um, were the other race that occupied Scaro. Okay. And it's very deeply connected to Dalek lore. But I don't think you who has really touched on Thals very much. That's you know, no, they've pretty much been think, relegated to Don't think I know them other than like in passing, maybe mentioned. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um and uh we should probably also mention Time Lords, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose if we have to. Pretty, uh, pretty fundamental concept for the show. Um, I'm just scrolling down to see if there's any others I can be bothered to mention. Tritovores? No. Can't be doing it with the Tritovores. Uh, so there you go. That's that. Yeah. Should we talk about writers? Uh, we can do. We haven't done companions or... Oh, or yeah, yeah. Give, give me some companions. Uh, Tegan. Yes, great. You are in for a surprise. That's my Tegan impression. <laughs> it's uncanny. It's... It's, uh, it's like she's in the room. Janet Fielding was on the call right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then... I've kind of clumped these together. What about Torchwood? Oh, yeah. Torchwood's probably worth a mention. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll be mentioning Torchwood again a little later. Oh, we'll tease we? for you, listeners. Uh, I mean, a peek behind the curtain, I literally have no idea what the plan is, so that might be news to me there, <laughs> David. <laughs> Don't worry. It's nothing you needed to prepare for. Okay. And then in terms of other cast, I've got Troughton. Yeah. Uh, Tom Baker. Yeah. And Tennant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We've got two doctors beginning with T this week. Yeah. If you go for Troughton, I'm going to walk to your house and punch you. <laughs> you haven't mentioned another companion, Turlo. Oh, yeah. He's one of my favourites as well. He wasn't on the list I looked at. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. No, I'm not on board with this Turlo erasure. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, lots to chew on there. Um, I'll quickly mention uh, some writers. We've got Keith Temple, uh, who wrote Planet of the Ud, and has never done anything since. I wonder what what else he's written outside of Doctor Who. Uh, we've got Stephen Thompson. Now, are you familiar with? Um, the conspiracy theory that Stephen Thompson is Stephen Moffat's pseudonym for when he writes a script he's not happy with. Oh, really? Well, if I tell you that he, all of his contributions are in the Moffat era, and the three episodes are The Curse of the Black Spot, Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS, and Time Heist. Uh, time Heist is okay. Yeah, I think Time Heist is decent, but I believe that is a co-credit with Stephen Moffat. Right, because the other two so are maybe absolutely, he's been like, yeah, this is... absolutely poor. 
And it is kind of astonishing that he that he does curse of the black spot and they're still like, hey, do you want to have another go? And he's like, right, what about Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS? And they're like, yeah, great, do you want to have another go? Mm. Uh, I feel like, you know, I mean, I guess maybe it's three strikes you're out, but it, that's very generous for such a, such a high-profile show. Anyway, um, we've got Donald Tosh, who wrote The Massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve. And I believe may have served as a script editor as well for a while. I could be uh, mistaken in that. And uh, Catherine Tregana, who of course wrote The Woman Who Lived. Yeah. Which again is decent, but she's she's not come back. I think I'd quite like to uh, see another story from her, see what else she's got. But there you go. So that's writers. Um you almost spoiled for choice, aren't you? Yeah. With this letter. But I'm actually... I, I, I'm pretty certain I know what I'm going to pick, and it's nothing we've mentioned so far. A few, as long as it's not Troughton. It's not Troughton. It's the TARDIS. Oh. Because I think, to me, second, or maybe even, more important than the character of the Doctor is the TARDIS. You take the TARDIS out of Doctor Who, it is a fundamentally different show. You know, that idea of a magic door that can take you anywhere in time and space. What a beautiful concept that is. Mm. And add on to that, I love... Uh, again, this this kind of, to me, speaks of the, the, the Britishness, the humility, the ramshackle nature of Doctor Who as a thing, is that... His spaceship, it's not some all singing, all dancing, you know, thing of ethereal beauty or, um, you know, an astonishing feat of engineering. It's not the Starship Enterprise. It's, <laughs> on the outside, it's a battered old wooden box. And on the inside, it's just a load of stuff. You know, yeah. in every iteration, it is variations of a load of stuff. And it always... But to me, that is so fundamental to the charm. And I think... I think Doctor Who would feel like a very different show if the Doctor... If the TARDIS functioned in the same way that it does in the show, but looked like a sleek piece of space-age technology. Yeah... Yeah, I mean, even when we've seen the TARDIS in its raw form, it's just like a big metal cylinder, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it. It still feels kind of perfunctory. Um, yeah, I, I just think I, I think the TARDIS is probably it's tied for me with the Doctor as the thing I love most about Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. You know. The two are kind of inextricably linked to me, and uh, you know are fundamental to to the to the appeal of this show. What kind of makes it unique and and different from any other science fiction or fantasy show, um, it, you know, ever. It it's so special. So uh, yeah, it has to be the TARDIS for me. Uh, what about you, Matt? Uh, I think I'm going to go Patrick Troughton. <laughs> Lol, jokes, hate him. Yeah. I'm, of course, going to go for Tenant. 
yeah. I guess, I mean, no denying, he's a very popular doctor. Um, I know and... I know you don't like him, but I'd rather have ten tenants than one Troughton. <laughs> Who knows, your wish may come true next year. Yeah, well, that's it. I don't see anyone... Depending on I don't certain rumours. don't see anyone rushing to get Troughton back for the 60th. No, no, it's like, um, and I'm sure... I didn't see Trout and welcome Shooty Gatwan into the Doctor Who family. Like, no, what's his problem? Uh, it's shocking behaviour. He's, he's rude, David. <laughs> he is a rude man, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh... Yeah. Whilst, whilst I'm on it, I don't think I've seen Hartnell <laughs> yeah. welcome him either. No, Hartnell's been surprisingly tight-lipped, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Really, to be honest, after the three Doctors, he he hasn't really just... He's not done anything to promote the show. You'd think, you'd think he'd be more proud of his legacy, really, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, they had to even flip in recast him for uh, Twice Upon a Time. I'm disappointed in Pertwee as well. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to have thought better I mean, of him, but... To be fair, Pertwee's, Pertwee did do a little bit for a while. Like he he did some audio stuff, uh, but a long time ago before Big Finish. But uh, you know, uh, but he has gone very quiet in recent years. It must be said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some people would say he's gone underground. <laughs> it seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Should we move on, Matt? Yeah. Should we stop <laughs> him smirching the good name of all the dead doctors? <laughs> I think we better have. We've got uh, we've got the A to Z to do, haven't we? We do, we do. And oh dear, oh dear, this. I mean, I don't want it to, to take up half the podcast, but it's uh, the letter U this week, I believe. Uh, we're here for a long time, not a good time this week. Uh, right, okay. Strap in, listeners. What um, have you got for us, Matt? Um, I've got five entries in total. That's what I've got. <laughs> um, okay, what are they? Should we do episodes first? Let's do it. Okay. An episode you like and I hate, The Unquiet Dead. Yep, good one. No, it's not. Um, An episode I think we both quite liked, Utopia. Yep. An episode where a woman shags a wasp, it's the unicorn and the wasp. (laughs) Yep, that is what happens. Uh, And then I think I know which episode this is, but it made no lasting impression on me. Under the lake. Ah, uh, yeah, that was uh, one part of that two-part... Is that uh, the Fisher King thing? Yeah. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, so that's all the episodes done. Uh, great. Should I give you some classic ones as well? Oh, please do. The Ultimate Foe, which is the final two parts of Trial of Time Lord. I believe the consensus is that it's crap, but I had a good time watching it, so shrug. Uh, the Underwater Menace. Uh, That's one I've under- heard of a lot. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I, I, it has a reputation of being quite poor, I guess, is why. Um, Underworld, which also has a reputation for being quite poor. And my main, my abiding feeling is that I have literally no memory of it. Right. I'm sure I have watched it, but it, it left absolutely no impression on me whatsoever. Um, an episode you might have heard of, Matt, uh, An Unearthly Child. 
Someone ringing any bells? Oh, yeah. How did I miss that? <laughs> uh, and that, I think, does it for the classic stories. Uh, do you want to hear a list of uh, writers? Oh, please. So do I, but uh, there aren't any, so... <laughs> Should we move on to aliens? Aliens, I've got one for you this week, David. Right, okay. I've got what the is it? Ultramancer. From the Rings of Akaten. Yep, that very same one. I think it's yeah. the big sun monster. Oh, is it that, or is it... I thought it might be like the sort of the, the dudes in cloaks. Ah, uh, maybe it is. Who cares? No one likes that episode. <laughs> Certainly the Ultramancers are not the thing that people talk about when that episode yeah. comes up. Yeah. I don't even um, think... I, I haven't got my notes for that episode with me, but I'm certain I didn't write the word Ultramancer once. Oh, no, that's... Uh, I'm looking at, at something here, but no, that's a Sarah Jane thing, so I won't worry about that. Um, there's, some, there's a couple of... Uh, Entries on Wikipedia for classic monsters. You've got the Abankans from Fall to Doomsday. Um, the Assyrians from the Sunmakers. But to be honest, I think they're one of those ones where they're just humans, but they're on another planet. Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, Classic Who does a lot of. Um, and the Uxarian from uh, Colony in Space. Cannot picture them to save my life. So, um, yeah, not a lot going on there. Uh, any any sort of companions or other characters? Not a sausage, no. Mm. So, um, yeah, then, of course, we've got an, an unearthly child. I think that's... That, uh, that, that poses a problem, David. Why is that? Because uh, that was your nomination for A, as well as you. <laughs> ah, right. So um, you, you've opted for an unearthly child, and then later on, just unearthly, unearthly child. Unearthly child. I think that's reasonable, don't you? <laughs> Why don't you put unearthly children, and then you can have all of them. You don't have to specify just that one. <laughs> um, you know what? Having said that, um, Utopia stands out for me. Um, I think, in terms of New Who, it's up there with, with the most significant stories. You know, the introduction of the Master, that's... That's pretty important, I think. Mm. It's one of those moments where you, you get the sense RTD is saying, look, you may not like what I'm doing, but this is every bit as legitimate and vital to the history of the show as uh, the classic series. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I love everything about Utopia, but it stands out as quite a watershed moment for the series as a whole. Yeah, I, I think I might have Unicorn and the Wasp as my nominations. Oh, yeah. Um, or the Ultramancer. Yeah. I mean, both both absolute standouts, you know. Yeah. Real high points. I mean, it is slim pickings this week, but Utopia does <sighs> stand out as an obvious choice. I would say so, yeah. It's the one that makes most sense to me. Um, did our listeners have any other suggestions? Uh, who cares? <laughs> um, actually I, I didn't ask them this week because right. there were so many questions coming in for the Q&A bit yeah we we, we we have already sort of a, a outsourced half of our episode to them 
Yeah, and I don't want them to think that just because we've invited them to be involved that we respect them, David. Oh, no. Heaven forfend. No. Right. Should we do the A to Z? Let's do it. Where do you want to begin? Uh, well, we're up to letter V this week. We are, yeah. So, can I throw some episodes your way? Of course you can. We start this week with Voyage of the Damned. Not good. No. But still the highest rated episode of New Who. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense when you think about it. You know, Height of Tenant Mania, Christmas Special... Um, Kylie Minogue guest starring. Yeah, Banner Carter. Yeah, pulled in massive numbers in the UK. Alright. What about an episode I don't remember fondly? Victory of the Daleks. Uh, it's good. It's good. It's not. Uh, it, it doesn't quite stick the landing, but there's some solid stuff in there. What about the Vampires of Venice? Absolute banger. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say what I was thinking, which was absolute bang average. No, um, I think it's. I think in terms of like character interactions and stuff, it's really solid. Like it's, it's the one that kind of really establishes the uh, Amy and Rory mm, dynamic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just remember that kind of just being a monster of the week type thing. Yeah. The, my big criticism is it of it is that the the denouement is just uh, the doctor climbing a big tower and switching something off yes <laughs> he just good. has a little look at it finds the off button and and, and yeah. saves the day as opposed to the idiot's lantern where he spends the whole episode climbing something to turn it on <laughs> um, yeah what about it, it's a fan favorite i have a lot of time for it uh the who can convince you pod reviewed it recently Vincent yeah. and the Doctor. Very good. Got to be in the right frame of mind for it because I've, there are times where I, I find it comes across a little too mawkish. But uh, I mean, the central guest performance is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it definitely succeeds at what it sets out to do. Yeah. What about Village of the Angels? Uh, a good one. And Vanquishers, The Vanquishers. Uh, yeah, also good. Probably not quite as good as Village of the... I can't remember which way I ranked them now. Flux is still very fresh for me. Yeah. I was going to put that Villa Diodati in here, but it was crap and undeserving of a place in the A to Z. <laughs> right. Do you want some aliens, or are we going to do classic episodes? Well, do, we'll do classic episodes quickly whilst we're on the subject of episodes. There's only a couple to mention. Uh, there's Vengeance on Varos... Which is a Sixth Doctor story we should probably tackle. Uh, it's one I've heard a lot of. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch, that one. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, and uh, we've got The Visitation, which is a bit of a personal favourite of mine. Uh, which is a Fifth Doctor. Right. Uh, would you like some aliens? I would indeed. Uh, now, I've gone for this from Vampires of Venice, but there were a lot of entries under Vampire. Mm. Doctor Who has a really weird relationship with vampires as a concept. There's like there is loads of extended universe stuff, and like like they're one of the sort of like ancient species of of the universe, and so there's a lot of like you know 
you know when you start getting into that sort of really in the weeds time lord lore bullshit stuff <clears throat> there's loads of that relating to vampires so lots of like stuff in new adventures novels and big finish plays and tie-ins and even as recently as um the time lord victorious uh thing from last year was that last year was it the year before um but that also had a whole plot thread that was all to do with the vampires and to be honest i've never managed to make head nor tail of it mm. state of decay is pretty good though okay speaking of pretty good next up it's the vashta narada uh yeah i'd say more than pretty good um one of my favourite uh, New Who aliens. Do a comeback, I would say. Mm. I I enjoyed them. They're, they're yeah. part of the uh, Doctor Who adventure games that I played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyed that. Yeah, they've, they've 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 yeah they've. Uh, I think they popped up in a in a book or two. They've certainly popped up on Big Finish. But uh, yeah, I, th- I I would like to see somebody else have a crack at Vashta Narada for uh, TV. Uh, then we have the veil. Ah, uh, is that the thing from uh, Heaven Sent? It is, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's all right. Uh, a particular favourite of yours, the Vespiform. <laughs> oh yeah, love the Vespiform. Yeah, unicorn and the wasp. Those sexy, sexy wasps. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one we've got, and I didn't write down what episode this was from, is The Vigil. Oh, from The Rings of Akadena. Again, who knows which which of the many weird alien things. Yeah. Let, let's is. just say The Vigil and The Ultramancer are both the big sun. Mm-hmm. There we go. That settles that debate forever. Sure. Um, um, we got any classic aliens? Oh, loads. I won't. I won't mention them all, but uh, I think we should probably make particular mention of the vervoids. Okay. Uh, do yourself a favour, Matt. Google a vervoid. Uh, can you tell me how it's spelt, please? V e r v o i d. Vervoid from Terror of the Vervoids. Um. They. <laughs> if. If an avocado <laughs> yeah. looked more like a vagina, it would be a vervoid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's all we're uh, going to say about that. Let's move on. Yeah, that is uh, something else. Uh, we should probably also mention the Vord. Okay. Uh, as featured in The Keys of Marinus and Never Since. Um, basically just they just look like blokes in scuba diving outfits. Um, and it was, this was like early days of Doctor Who and it's a classic example of like them just not quite knowing what to do. Right. <laughs> um, uh, so people like have attempted to, to deepen the law when it comes to the Vord, but it, it I don't think the Vord are going to be showing up in New Who anytime soon. Nah, I'm excited to see some like deviant art where they've been modernised. <laughs> right. Do It'll you want cast there. and companions? Yeah, go on. Okay, I've got Vicky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great companion. 
And then I've got Victoria. Uh, not as much fun as Vicky. Uh, and then we've got what's probably going to be my pick for this week. Yeah. You know I love him. Vizsla Turlo. Oh, yeah, good old Turlo. Yeah, just little, little horrible creep. I love him. <laughs> little weird ginger creep. Just... <laughs> yeah, in his little school uniform. Yeah, which makes him even creepier. Yeah. Yeah. He I does, think that's he, gonna be my I pick. mean, this is no this is no slight on Mark Strickland, who by all counts is a really lovely bloke. But Turlo as a character very much reminds me of you know those kids at school who you think by any rights should be the target of bullies, but somehow have managed to flip the script to become bullies themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Like, just someone everyone should hate. Yeah. yeah. And, and in that respect, perfect casting for the role he was given. Right, well, you know. can, I, can I... Can I tell you something? Yeah. I, I'm going to send you something here. All right. Let's just see. Let's just see if we can... In fact, I might just send you this whole screenshot. When, yeah, when he doesn't look creepy and weird... Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on, where are you? He's pretty dreamy. Oh yeah, he's not—he's not a bad-looking bloke by any stretch. Wait, wait till you see this picture. He's rivaling Anthony Ainley here. Uh, very nearly sent a picture of Turlow to my mum there. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, just I just as an had. aside, let me tell you a story about when I texted my mum today. Uh, yeah. We were discussing money, and I sent her a message saying, take care of the pennies, the pounds take care of themselves. Uh, which predicted text auto-corrected to, take care of the penises, the pounds take care of themselves. <laughs> um, check out this guy. Oh, that is sultry. Yeah. He might be going in, uh, going in my... Mount Rushmore of handsome Doctor <laughs> Who characters. Fair enough. Can't disagree with you there, but uh, but yeah, there's just he, he does a really good job of just evoking that just uh, annoying little creep vibes. Mm. Um. Uh. Yeah. So that probably does it for characters. Then, uh, do you want to hear some writers? Uh. Always. Yeah, I've got none. So uh, best move on. Uh, I think I know who you're going to say. Who do you reckon I'm going to say? I then? think you're going to go, oh, it's got to be Verity Lambert, because uh, without her, we wouldn't have the show yeah. today. Same as yeah. you and every other dork on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it it is the obvious one. Uh, in all honesty, though, I, I mean, I can't remember. Did I say F for L? Or was that, did I, was that uh, an oversight? For L, you went for Lethbridge Stewart. Ah, uh, yeah, no, stand by that. Um, but no, sorry, I'm going to say Vashta Narada because I really, I want to like yeah. manifest that comeback. Can we just take the time to say that is an absolute dig at anyone that tweeted us about Verity Lambert? <laughs> Get over yourselves! <laughs> uh, in fact, last week I specifically censored it all out, but I made a big point of saying F- Terence Dicks. Uh, I. 
No, I can't say fuck Ferry and Lambert. That's incredibly uncouth to say that about one isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. But she's... Look, at the end of the day, um, Verity Lambert is, is a fascinating figure in the history of British TV. She definitely did a lot to help... Um, create the groundwork for you know the solid foundation on which this show was able to then just run and run in perpetuity um however i do think doctor who fans have a bit of a tendency to romanticize and mythologize something that was for the most of the people involved just a job they did for a couple of years do you know what I mean? Yeah. Was, I, I think if you ask Verity in that, Lambert... Uh, in that an adventure in space and time, she was pretty yeah. good in that. But, like, that was a work <laughs> of fiction, wasn't it? It certainly... It, 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 it was, uh, an adventure in space and time is certainly guilty of a certain degree of uh, romanticising history. And, uh, you know... Uh, fudging certain details in order to take um, to give it a shape of a more satisfying story um but i and i do think that has contributed a little to i i i, I now having said that she was already you know one of those figures who was widely um i can't think of the words i'm trying you know what i'm saying you know, I, I think I don't, I I don't think, want to seem like I'm bashing anyone. You know, I, I at the end of the day, Verity Lambert is a very important figure in the history of Doctor Who, and we're we're right to recognise that. But um, what, at the end of the day, it was just a job for her, and but I think there were probably other things she did that she was equally proud of, if not more so. Would you say it was a mistake on her part not to come out and congratulate Shuri Gatwan on getting the part, the role of the Doctor? It's not a good look, let's no, be honest. No, come on, Ferry, you're better than that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, I like making that joke whenever we talk about <laughs> someone who's died. <laughs> it's a good one. It I just lightens the mood, doesn't it? We're it all does, sad she's yeah. gone, but we can, we, we can have a bit of fun. We can. All right, then. Uh, where Do we have anything else to, to discuss? What What is your... The pick for V. Have we, uh, uh, have we covered I, that? I've gone for Vizsla Turlo. You're, you're sticking with that, right? Vizsla yeah. Turlo. I've only seen a couple of stories with him in, but he's good in all of them. He is indeed. All right, great. Tick. There we go. That's w off the next. list. W next week. Ooh, that'll be a meaty one, I reckon. Yeah. I think we'll have plenty to be digging into. Um, so, uh, do you want to start with the A to Z? Well, yeah, we can do. We're up to W. W. Well, they've got three weeks left of this. I can't wait. Yeah. Got some big ones. Yeah. For W. Yeah. I was trying to think what we're going to do next. I liked your suggestion, but I'm going to keep that to myself. Yeah. We'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. So, what have you got for W, Matt? I'll tell you what I haven't got is Meal of the Week. Mm. That's not coming back. I'm just putting that in It's now. not. Right, for W, would you like some episodes? I certainly would. Okay. What do you make of World War Three? Um, 
heart's in the right place, but it's not brilliant. Okay. What do you make? Uh, probably the better part of that of that two parter, though. To be fair, I think it ends strong, doesn't it? I, 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 I can't even remember what happens. Yeah. Uh, like I can't remember Waters of Mars. I remember liking it, and I remember it being yeah. somewhat of a big deal. I have. I, yeah. I know it's got like wet men in it. It, it does have wet men and wet ladies. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I can't remember what I said at the time of Waters of Mars. Overrated. Yeah. I think, you know, I think everybody loves it because of the denouement. You know, of of the Doctor going a bit doolally and trying to uh, uh, rewrite a fixed point in time and and all of that, but. Um, is that the time Lord Victorious that, end in one? Yeah, yeah, but that. But to be honest, because the next episode is uh, End of Time Part One, there really isn't enough payoff for that. I don't think it. It all feels rather rushed, so I don't feel like that moment should be enough for for everyone to be singing the praises of that story as much as they do. It's it's decent though, don't get me wrong. It's a decent watch. Um what else you What got? about the wedding of River Song? Complete Codswallop. But highly entertaining Codswallop. Yeah, I think I'd go with that. I think I'd agree. Like yeah. I, all I can remember is like well, basically, anything that's got River Song in just gets, like, yeah. plus 10 points from me. Yeah. No, I mean, it is good, uh, but it's... Uh, <laughs> it needed to be a two-parter, I think, that one. I think that's its biggest issue. It feels very rushed for a, you know, a se- season finale, wrapping up so many loose ends. It, it just comes across a little slapdash. What about The Witch's Familiar? I like The Witch's Familiar. Um, is, that the, is that the first or the oh, That's the second, isn't it, uh, of that two-parter, the one that largely takes place on Scarrow. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, good times. Enjoy that one. What about The Woman Who Lived? Uh, yeah, better than people give it, give it credit for. Decent. Is that what? What's that thing called through that series? You know, the two things together. The hybrid. Yeah, is that the worst story arc for a season? Uh, I don't think so. I like it. I like it because it's very ambiguous. Yeah. See, I, I wanted it. I wanted like a definitive answer, but it just kind of yeah. Like us. David, maybe nah. you're the hybrid, and we all maybe. we all go ooh. Yeah. Right, maybe maybe our podcast is the hybrid. Oh yeah, there are two of us. Yeah, maybe our podcast and the great nation of the Netherlands is the hybrid. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like series nine. I'll tell you what, good stuff. Uh, do you think we could get some free stroop waffles now that the Netherlands loves us? Oh, I think I thought they were Belgian. Have I got that wrong? Uh, I'm certain. Certainly, last time. I had friends go to Holland. They brought me back some street waffles. I mean, I'll take any Stroop waffle anywhere, anytime. Yeah. I don't really care if it's, if, it's if, country of if origin. If you are the listener, I, I assume there's only one that <laughs> boosted our position in the Netherlands 
film and TV podcast rankings, please yeah. get in touch. Okay? Because we need to set up shipping for Stroop Waffles. Yeah. You know, it probably is something like that. It's probably just like one mad person binging yeah. uh, our back catalogue at an unhealthy rate. <laughs> yeah. Which I know people do do. Um, that's probably what's happened there, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I don't even know what the population of the Netherlands is, but thanks either yeah. way. Yeah, no, we appreciate it, for sure. Uh, any more... Uh, oh, I've got loads. I've got stories? loads, David. What about World Enough right. in Time? Banger. Yeah. What about the woman who fell to Earth? Uh, a good start. It's sort of more or less downhill from there for uh, for Series 11, but uh, start strong. What about the Witch Finders? Uh, yeah, I, I, largely I enjoy that one. Uh, I think the the uh, the monster and the resolution of that is is a bit pat. All, all I remember from that was our listeners going mad for Alan Cumming. Yeah, I I still don't get the Alan Cumming thing. No, no. I don't get why why he's a big deal, but yeah. What about War of the Sontarans? Uh, oh yes, yeah, good one. I can't. Remember. I think I ended up ranking that quite low over for Flux, but I, I just really like Flux. Yeah. Right. That is all the episodes. Any classics? In fact, can I give you a classic? Yeah, you can give me a classic. Today I was listening to the always excellent Married to Who podcast, who were reviewing uh-huh. the Web Planet. Ooh, oh, I I like the Web Planet. They I know hated it, has a, it. Yeah, it has a bad rap. It, to be fair, it is quite boring. But I, I, there is something about the vibe of that story that I just love, um, and I, I, I can't, you know, I can't explain why. <laughs> I just, I'm always going to defend the Web Planet for whatever reason. Um, yeah, we've got a few other classics to mention: the War Games, obviously. Oh yeah, that's what I've heard of. Yeah, The War Machines, uh, which is a late period Hartnell. Warrior's Gate, which is a bit of trippy late period Tom Baker. Uh, Warriors of the Deep, uh, which is one of the stories that probably did more than any other to uh, result in the eventual cancellation of Doctor Who. There's there's an anecdote there, which we won't get sidetracked with. Um... The Wheel in Space. And uh, I think there's one more. Where is it? Oh, no, maybe there isn't. No, those are all new who. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. Not quite as many as I expected, to be honest. But uh, of those, I think uh, War Games is probably the obvious standout mm-hmm. as a bona fide classic. Though I do have a soft spot for Warrior's Gate as well. Is it War Games that's about 18 episodes long? Uh, it's 10 parts, yeah. It's too many. Too many. <laughs> I vowed that we We're gonna watch it never review the War Games. You were all for it at one point. I know. I ch- I, you know me. I like to change my way, mind like the, like the tide, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, 
Who knows? Who knows what Would you like some aliens? Yes, please. What about the Weeping Angels? Uh, yeah. Uh, the the most iconic New Who uh, creation, I think. That's an absolute of, uh, disrespect uh, to the Ood. <laughs> what do you think Vanna Cafalata is going to hear? Iconic as well. When Vanna Cafalata hears this, how do you think he's <laughs> going to feel, David? Pretty cut up, I'm sure. Uh, what about just werewolves? Uh, yeah, I guess they've done a, they've done a couple of takes on werewolves in in, in Doctor Who over the years. Um, sure, yeah. Okay. What about Whispermen? I love the design of the Whispermen. Uh, it, it saddens me that they didn't have more to do. Yeah, I think I agree. I think they look great, but yeah, they're just they're just a bit meh. Uh, and and I think it's it's not helped by the fact that they only appear in the name of the Doctor. Imagine if they'd been popping up throughout like series seven, as just this ominous presence. Mm. Once in a while, I think that could have been really cool. Yeah, uh, it's a shame they just sort of came and went. Yeah, well, I mean, Series 7 is just a bit of a jumbled mess, let's be honest. Uh, would you like some cast, characters, whatever? Before we do, we must mention uh, a, a classic monster you've not seen, but uh, the Wirren from uh, the Ark in Space. Uh, I, I won't go into details, but it would be remiss of me not to at least acknowledge the Wirren. Okay. So, uh, there we go. Um <clears throat> Uh, yes, uh, what, what, what do you got character-wise? Okay, so we have, obviously, William Hartman. We do, yeah. William Russell. Mm -hmm. uh, I have yeah. no idea how to say this. Annika Wills. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Played Polly. What about Wendy Padbury? Uh, yeah. Played, uh, oh... It's is it Zoe or is it Vicky? I no, it is. It's Zoe, isn't it? She played. It, who cares? Uh, Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. Then we have she Lala was. Ward. Uh, yes, yeah, Romana too. Uh, Matthew Waterhouse. Yeah, aka Adric. Yeah, he deserves better. You, what, you've you've seen an Adric story now, haven't you? Uh, I think so. I think so. Yeah, Black Orchid. He was in Black Orchid. So oh, definitely yeah. seen at least one. But yeah. with Black Orchid, there's so many good bits to pick from. Uh, I can't single him out. What an episode. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, uh, it is, it is a, 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 a cornucopia of delights. And then story. I've got Bradley Walsh. Yeah, sure. Um, but then I think everyone knows what my pick's going to be. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with Wilf. Uh, Wilfred Wilf. Ah, uh, Wilf, yeah. Hard hard to disagree. Um, the most... The most lovable character in uh, certainly the RTD era. Possibly the history of Doctor Who. Yeah. Like, you'd have to have an absolute heart of stone to not 
come out of of those couple of series adoring Wilf. Yeah, just like he's just got such a warmth to him. Yeah, and you know that's as as good as the writing is. Really, it's Cribbins who's who needs to take the credit for that because that man is just it exudes loveliness. Yeah, in a way few human beings yeah. manage. Um, he makes me want to watch. Go back and watch Balamari. Yeah, say go for it. Have you ever seen uh, Old Jack's Boat? That might be what I'm thinking of. Was he in Balamari? Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, Balamari rather passed me by, to be honest, Matt. <laughs> I was doing other things at the time. I'm, I might be thinking of Old Jack's Boat. Yeah, but yeah, that that's a lovely watch. Yeah, um, when you Google yeah. Bernard Cribbins, Jack, uh, Bauer, Maury, it just comes up with old Jack's boat. Yeah. I'm getting a new but office anyway. at work. Do you think I could pick, folk, take a picture of Wilf and put it on my desk and tell everyone it was my granddad? <laughs> it would be fascinating to uh, to to see the, the responses you'd get from that. Yeah, especially if I got one. I might, I might just get one of old Jack, where he's got his little dog as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want, do you want to hear some writers? Oh, you're gonna do it anyway. Go on. David Whittaker. Never heard of who, him. Don't like him though. He was the first story editor for Doctor Who, uh, and also was quite a prolific writer on the early uh, days of the series. Uh, with credits on uh, The Edge of Destruction, The Rescue, which, you know, is still, I think, your favourite classic Who story. Um, behind The Twin Dilemma and yeah. Mark of the Rani and what was the other thing we saw that had Anthony Ainley in? Five Doctors. Yeah. Okay, it's up there. So it's certainly the best half. It's up there. Uh, the Crusade, he did Power of the Daleks, Evil of the Daleks, Enemy of the World, Weird in Space, and The Ambassadors of Death in 1970. Um, and uh, you know, like I say, he 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 was the first story editor for the series. Uh, it, you know, covered all, all of the first season and 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 some of the second as well. Uh, you know in that sort of 1963 to 1964 run. So, quite a significant figure. Then you've got Toby Whithouse, who, you know, like it or not, is is uh, credited with uh, six stories, seven total episodes over, over the run of uh, the Arctic and Moff era. Um, so he's definitely one of the more significant New Who writers, one, one of the few to, to be, to you know, get over the threshold of more than a couple of episodes. Uh, Joy Wilkinson, who uh, wrote the aforementioned Witchfinders, and Stephen Wyatt, who wrote two stories in the uh, RTD... Uh, in, RTD? What are we talking about? The Sylvester McCoy era, uh, namely Paradise Towers and The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah... Lots to chew on there. Lots of different directions you could go in. I think I've probably already tipped my hand a little bit. I, I think I have to say David Whittaker on this occasion. Okay. Um, because 
he did so much to shape uh, early the, the early days of Doctor Who and is certainly one of the people who deserves credit for its continued existence to this day. I think he was one of those people who was a bit of a sort of steady hand on the tiller at a point when, when the show's immediate future was deeply uncertain. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he definitely deserves a lot of credit for that. He also wrote my favourite classic uh, Dalek story, The Power of the Daleks. So, you know, uh, lots, lots to... Uh, to recommend him i would say uh what about you matt are you, are you sticking with wilf i'm going wilf yeah there's no yeah. contest there for me yeah i mean do you not think that's the obvious choice you know the maybe or, or almost you know twitter ban worthy choice how dare you how dare you just saying just saying it seems a little bit obvious no 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 let me have a look i mean the obvious one is because it's all the classic fans. They were all going, oh, it's William Hartnell. We love William Hartnell. Yeah. You know. If William Hartnell's so great, you can bloody congratulate Shuri Gatwa on getting the role. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of pay too much attention to the the, the, the rumours and anecdotes around uh, Hartnell's attitude towards minorities. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Cancel you know, William Hartnell. Hashtag it, cancel William Hartnell. Certainly his 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 silence on this matter is deafening. Mm. Isn't it? Yeah. But hey ha. Alright. <laughs> Moving on. We should probably retire that joke soon. <laughs> I don't know. It makes me laugh every week. When I it know. Pops up. Yeah, likewise. Likewise, I don't think it's going anywhere no. anytime soon. But uh, it, it it may be sure. Just wait till we get on to Sarah Jane and Elizabeth Sladen, because she's she's been quiet recently, hasn't she? That's true. She has. <laughs> or anyway. Before we get there, Matt, I think we need to uh, dive into to the old A to Z. We've got, you know, a huge one to cover this week. Well, David, we don't, because we're up to X. <laughs> and uh, there's basically nothing from New Who, and there's probably some scraps from Old Who that I won't want to talk about. So I've, I've come up with a plan. What's your plan? Well, when I was thinking about the pod today, and yeah. I was thinking about how much I hate our listeners, like, you know, yes. you know the uncultured swine that listen to this drivel? Yes, I'm familiar with them. Yeah, so I thought instead I'd bring a bit of culture to the pod. Right. Uh, so I put a message in the WhatsApp group to our podcast friends, and I just said, mm. without any contact... Without any context, sorry. Um, should David and I do a little bit of theatre, like reciting a script? Or should we do poetry? Um, and Harry from Who Can Convince You has literally just texted me saying, um, just do some poetry. So instead of the A to Z, David, 
Um, I'm going uh-huh. to read Invictus by William Ernest Henley, if that's okay. Go for it. Okay, so. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. And yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. There we go. So there's a Stare dramatic stuff. reading of Invictus in place of the A to Z this wow. week. Well, I appreciated that, Matt, but I think before we move on... Oh, I, here we I, go. I, I've done... Here we go. Oh, there was Planet X in 1967. Don't care. We're moving on. Do have I got who's for you? Uh, Matt, I just wanted to tell you, I have done the number, uh, I've uh, I've crunched the numbers, I've done my research, I've popped on TARDIS wiki, there are 145 pages for things beginning with X. Mm-hmm. So all I want you to do, Matt, is to just pick a number. Between 1 and 145. Oh, and that's going to be my pick for X. Um, 18. Eighteen, eighteen. So that is Exit Bar and Restaurant. Let's have a, have a look at that. The Exit Bar and Restaurant was a bar in London from which Jack Harkness stole a customer's debit card while on the run from the British government. It was advertised as being open daily. And that is a Torchwood spoiler for you, Matt. Oh, no. Right, so, so there you, you go. What was that? Exit bar? Yeah. I'm just going to get a pen. With an I'll... X. Uh, can I have number 48 for mine? <laughs> number 48. You're going to pick one as well. Okay, right. Uh, 48. Ooh, the Xantha Empire. Sounds a little bit more exciting, doesn't it? Not Let's have a look at the Xantha. <laughs> Are you ready to find out everything about the Xantha Empire, Matt? Oh, go for it. The Xantha Empire was the empire of the Xantha that is the that's it. That's it. That extent of the page. Um, it, it, the citation is an audio uh, entitled "Fear of the Daleks." Let's find out which Doctor that is. At least, uh, second story of the first series of the Companion Chronicles, produced by Big Finish, written by Patrick Chapman, narrated by Wendy Padbury, featured the second Doctor, Jamie and Zoe. Right, well, there we go. So there you go. 
That's it. The A to Z going out not with a bang, but with a whimper. So yeah, uh, well, not quite going out yet. We've got uh, we've got two whole weeks left, Matt. Mm. Yeah. Where we will actually do it. I'm not going to read poetry every week. Uh, yeah, they'll, we'll, they'll be slightly... I, I don't think we're ever going to be scraping the barrel quite to the extent we have been with X. Yeah. You know, in, it's if always you a picked theatre, um, I was like, what What famous like theatre scene just features two men talking? And the obvious answer is pretty much all of them. Um, but we would have done yeah. a reading yeah. of the classic scene... Uh, steamed hams from The Simpsons. <laughs> that would have been excellent. Yeah. I would also have been quite happy to to, to do um, perhaps a, a an entire performance of Waiting for Godot, but uh... yeah, yeah, no, I yeah. I'm one for the classics. Uh, steamed hams was my pick. It holds up. Let's not pretend it doesn't hold no, up. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, there you go. There's. I tell you what, when I put together the supercut of the A to Z, which is already over five hours long, do you think people are going to be yeah. pining for X? <laughs> Who knows? Right. Okay. A to Z. Let's do it. It's the finale. It is. Here we go. <laughs> Where do you want to start, Matt? Uh, well, I want to start, David, with yep. a little, little tale. Right. Because, as you know, I mentioned this last week, yeah. that the Who Can Convince You podcast had sent us a gift. Yes. Now, I didn't realise that gift was in recognition of completing and finalising the A to Z of Doctor Who. Oh, Wow. Right, now I have opened this gift, mm -hmm. I have perused this gift, but it is something I genuinely want you to have. Ah. Oh. And God knows when I'm going to see you again, because we were meant to play D&D &D this weekend, but it's my mum and dad's wedding anniversary, so I'm not going. Oh, that's, that's a shame, because it's the first one I've been able to get to for months. Uh, well, this, this gift... Uh, uh, is genuinely beautiful mm. and when the time comes I'll put a picture on our uh, Twitter but I'm going to send you a picture here David right okay, okay. I'm ready yeah just uh, just opening it up oh that's that's your f foot again yeah there is a picture of yep. my mangled foot again yep. uh, I that's, you uh, that's a real up. picture here you go that, that, that was very upsetting thank you for that Matt Oh, that is gorgeous, though, isn't it? David, honestly, it's beautiful. Ah, uh, that is a picture of uh, of a book. Um, ver this is very twentieth century. Who I I I guess I would say probably published uh, early to mid eighties. Looking at the logo, it is the. I just checked. There you go. The Doctor Who Illustrated A to Z. That is lovely. Honestly, uh, uh, the that, the pictures in it, in fact, yeah. I just spotted there was some in colour. Um, mm. It is beautiful. I'm going to send yeah. you the picture for Z, 
for this week. Yeah. I love that. I love that it's got an axon front and center. Mm, I've been hoping for the maybe. axons to make a comeback for a very long time. Um, I've lost the color picture. I flicked through, and I clearly saw Colin Baker. There he is. Oh, it was the the color picture is D for doctors. Ah. Um, in fact, oh, I might, that is I, I might get this image tattooed on my chest. <laughs> Ah, oh, look at them. Look all, at them all six of the doctors. Like, uh, genuinely, uh, like, I want you to have this book because it's so beautiful. Yeah. Like, I know you'll give it the love it deserves. I definitely um, but will. But off the back of that, I don't think Harry updated his eBay shipping address, so he also bought some sheet music that's coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, I guess you you can. Uh, you, you got any instruments knocking around, David? I have your place. the same musical ability as a loaf of bread. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm sure you can give it a bash anyway. Just sing it, sing it, sing it when it arrives. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll try. But anyway, yeah, that well, well, thank you, Harry. That that is a a, a gorgeous thing, and I'll I'll enjoy leafing through that with um with little Zorbs as well, because he's not watching Doctor Who yet, but he really enjoys uh flicking through Doctor Who magazine with me every month, and uh, looking at all the uh, robots and aliens. There's actually quite a few pictures in colour. Um, mm. I might send you some more because some of these like it's got morbius in color oh nice like i, I know this isn't great just like an audio medium some, <laughs> of, some of these pictures um, yeah when when you look through stuff like this do you like get doctor who fandom a bit more because I find it's this sort of thing that makes me really... It makes me sort of understand what must it have been like to be a child in the 70s or the 80s and, like, this was your escape, you know? Well, I, I love this book because it reminds me vividly of two books from my childhood. I had one mm. that was quite simply just called Dinosaurs. Yeah. Um... Oh my word, I've just seen the picture of the Sontaran. It's uh, it's beautiful. Oh, and the sea devil. David, I'm just going to send you so many pictures. But, uh, <laughs> I also had a book, I'm certain I've talked about it on pod, that was yeah. called Monsters, Ghosts and UFOs. Mm. And it was very similar to this. Yeah, it, it just, it, th there's something about oh, this. Oh no, of... I've just sent my brothers a picture of a Sontaran. <laughs> they're gonna think you're such a nerd matt oh david like wait till you see the picture as well how can i explain to my <laughs> brothers that like like um no uh, like it's just a picture of that <laughs> and, and explain to them that that is something that genuinely gives you joy yeah like um 
you know those potato-headed aliens? Um, oh. oh, wow. Look oh. at those. Those are gorgeous. Anyway, um, we should probably move on. Yeah. Because we can't we can't do a full hour and a half of just us reacting to pictures that our listeners can't see. Yeah. Uh, but we will we'll we'll stick some pictures up on 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 Twitter. I say we, Matt will. Um, that will be a lovely thing. Um, but anyway, Matt. Yeah. Uh, in the spirit of um, the A to Z finale. Shall we? Uh, shall we dig into things? We, we we're doing we're doing Z. Obviously, there must be tons for yeah. Z. So I, I can't lie, David. Uh, yeah. This is the first and well only time from the A to Z where I haven't done any research because I was really <laughs> pressed for time tonight. So <laughs> off the top of my head, uh, I don't think there's any episodes. Maybe the Zygon Invasion, Zygon Inversion. That is is literally the only one. Right. I don't know if there's any companions other than Zoe. Uh, I think, again, that is the only one. Um, for Alien Races, I think in New Who, there's the Zygons. Uh, yes, and Classic Who as well. Okay. But obviously, there is uh, the Zero Room, a natural environment aboard the TARDIS. Uh-huh, yes. Uh, as featured in, in Castro well, there is Zolfathura, a Zan- uh, barren sandy planet supporting the five screens built by Megalos to harness the destructive power of the dodecahedron. Uh-huh, yes. Um, is it obvious I'm just reading this book? It, uh, it, it is, rather. <laughs> what about Zar, leader of the tribe of Gum, whose knowledge of the origins of fire died with his father? Oh, what a throwback that is. All the way back to an unearthly child. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's well. You because remember we only watched the first episode of that, and then we skipped the caveman story. Ah. Um, but that's that's from the remaining three parts of that serial, which is is the sort of caveman story where ah, they are stuck. I think underneath in. the references in this book, yeah, it tells you the episode. Ah. So, for example, for Zar, it says the tribe of Gum. See also Cal. Well, there you go. One I've heard a lot about but haven't seen. What about the Zarbi from the Web Planet? Oh, you know I love a Zarbi, Matt. These cheriping insects resembling giant ants were possessed by the Animus for whom they guarded the enslaved Menoptera on Vortis. Yeah. Now there's a sentence I didn't think I'd say when I woke up this morning. <laughs> so just to round things out, I will just clarify there, there are no writers uh, with a Z surname to mention here um no classic stories uh you've mentioned all the um all the major aliens do, do we want to mention the zochi who are the race uh the race that uh banner Kafalata comes from ah very nice very yeah nice. first of i think probably two mentions for banner Kafalata that will uh will fit in this episode yeah yeah. I'm confident he will come up again, um, uh, and we could we could also mention a couple of villains, not necessarily creatures, but uh, we've got Professor Zaroff, um, the villain from the Underwater Menace, and more recently Zelin from Can You Hear Me. All right, there you go. I'm glad you've done and, your homework. 
Yeah, <laughs> but that's about it. So um, the obvious answer probably is Zygons. Yeah. You know, one of a, one of only a handful of creatures who've featured prominently in both old and new Who. You know, in fact, the the, the sheer fact that they've fe- they they featured not only in the fiftieth anniversary special, but then got their own dedicated two part story in series nine. That's that's pretty good going. Like, by contrast, Sea Devils. I I think Chimnall's done a pretty good uh, job of of ruining their chances of coming back again anytime soon. <laughs> um, I'm 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 genuinely quite bitter about that. <laughs> Don't know if you can tell. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, it probably deserves to be acknowledged, but that's not my pick, Matt. My pick has got to be the Zabi. And more specifically, the one Zabi that uh, crashes into a camera uh, in one of in, in an episode of the Web Planet. Wow! There's a lovely scene where there's a whole line of them walking towards the camera, like marching along like ants, and you know these big, cumbersome fiberglass costumes and one of them accidentally bonks the camera and the whole thing like wobbles quite substantially um but you know for whatever reason the uh the director and the editor were just like yeah no we're just leaving that in (laughs) we're not we're gonna go gonna reshoot that um and so it, it it's there for all of time and if i'm allowed to be sentimental for a moment matt always um yeah, it's very out of character for me, isn't it? Um, that I, I'm, I'm not just being facetious when I when I mention that moment, because when the first time I watched the Web Planet and I saw that, the feeling it invoked in me was one of pure undiluted joy. Because I I love Doctor Who, warts and all. You know, there, and there, there are a lot of warts. Um, but to me, that is fundamental to the charm of this show in that it is a series of ludicrous, infinite scope continually being hampered by the limitations of... Uh, budget, time, um, you know, resources, the era in which it's being made. Um, and so it becomes always a reflection of of the circumstances in which this particular story is trying to be told, you know. Um, and and I think it's it's almost, you know, it's unique in that way. So, yeah, I think... Doctor Who is is kind of unique in that way that it will just uh you know be be this kind of prism with through which you can view you know not just the story but the whole context in which that story came to be because you have so much else to compare it to and so many eras and you know it's kind of it's a fundamental part of the appeal to me um so 
that that you know gaff with the zabi that it will, will never go away it was there on the broadcast version it was there on the vhs release it's there on the dvds and the blu-ray and the streaming services <laughs> yeah. it is forever, forever part yeah part of the history of doctor who um so that to me i think is is i can't think of a better note for me to end this a to z on excellent what about you matt um, based on my limited knowledge, yeah. part of me thinks, even though I said it's like a basic response, I might just have to go to Zargon. Yeah. Do you want to pronounce it properly or are you going to stick with that? Um, uh, well, I was looking at this book <laughs> and I said half Zabi, half Zygon, didn't I? You um, did. But in fact, I'm going to go for an alien race covered in sucker-like Oh, it's a good word I haven't seen in a while. Protuberances. Yeah. Protuberances, oh yes. Whose semi-organic spaceship crashed into Loch Ness. I didn't know that. They oh, yes. Oh. Should we go on a road trip to Loch Ness? <laughs> I don't know, it's a fair distance. Yeah. They possessed a chameleon-like ability to adopt the form of their human prisoners. The Zygons plan to restructure the Earth prior to its full-scale colonisation by their wandering spaceships. But, David, they fell foul of the, do the Doctor who destroyed them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, and I think we can all agree the true A to Z is the friends we've made along the way. <laughs> Sure, I guess. <laughs> um, any thoughts, David, as we draw the A to Z to a close? Have you enjoyed <sighs> this project? Yeah, it's been all right. It's past the time, hasn't it? Uh, if you're listening to the uh, compilation version of this, uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> hope you've enjoyed revisiting these. If you imagine if you start listening to our podcast in, like, October... And you've heard us reference the A to Z, but never gone back mm. and listened. And this is your first experience, the five-hour supercut. <laughs> well, well done. If you, if uh, genuinely, if anyone listens to this in one in one sitting, I guess you technically could, uh, but you shouldn't. But if you have, let us know because I don't know that deserves a medal or something. Yeah. Uh, while, whilst we're on David, whilst we're recording, should we do a quick yeah. intro, outro for that edit? Uh, yeah, can do if you want. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Welcome to the A to Z. Of Doctor Who. Probably worth mentioning that. It's the, it's not just us uh, just reading the alphabet out. All right, all right. Let's go from the top. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Leave it, leave, leave it. it. I'm not, yeah, I'm, take, I'm not retaking this. Right. Because... <laughs> let's do let's do an outro. Wow. Okay. What a great A to Z. Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. There we go. Easy. <laughs> One and done. It's finished. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. A huge congratulations 
to everyone who's listened to the whole recording, all 5 hours 38 minutes of it. Hopefully, you've managed to pick up on that little quiz question. I know some of you will have uh, kept a keen eye out for it. And as I say, we just need your answers either via Twitter or email and a prize will be winging its way to you soon. All that's left for me to say is, if we have released this at Christmas, we hope you're having a fantastic holiday season. All the best for 2023. And as always, dear listener, thank you ever so much for listening, and bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.